On this episode of Those Conspiracy Guys, we ride the King's Highway and break on through to tell the story of one of the most enigmatic rock stars of all time, and a man known as much for his antics offstage as on. This time, we're talking about Jim Morrison. Born in 1943 to parents George and Clara, Jim grew up a military brat, being moved from town to town as his father, a naval admiral, was promoted and moved post during the 40s and 50s. Not settling anywhere and having a disjointed upbringing, it was no wonder Jim was a dreamer and a little bit of a prankster. He was a well-read and gifted youth who was on the Dean's list often and delighted in poetry and psychology and went to study this in Florida, but swapped his yearning for universal truth for the California lifestyle by transferring to UCLA to study film. Here, his bohemian artist streak was nurtured, as well as his notions of artistic integrity. In this film class, he met Ray Manzarek, soon to be the keyboard player for The Doors, and they started a band. They gigged all around California and eventually worked their way up to the venue hierarchy to be signed by Elektra Records, and the phenomenon began with TV appearances and topping the US charts. With fame came complications for a still very young Jim. His burgeoning alcoholism and newfound penchant for psychedelics made routine and systematic control abhorrent. He had a healthy disdain for authority and wanted to test these limits. So experiments with live crowds at the door shows, run-ins with the police as they toured the country, and even some TV and musical experimentation left some people worried for Jim's sanity. This long, prolonged derangement of the senses left Jim in a vulnerable place, and his long-term girlfriend Pamela Corson was now addicted to heroin. Their turbulent private life started to spill out into public, and something just had to give, and eventually did. Jim died at the tender age of 27 from heart failure in a Paris apartment. Some say it was a heroin overdose, as he and Pam had fled legal trouble in the US to live a life of semi-anonymity in Paris. Jim had allegedly developed this drug habit and overdosed in a Paris nightclub, and his death scene, some say, was fabricated to save face. Or others still say that it was all fabricated altogether, and Jim never died at all, and that he faked his own death, as he often joked he would, and disappeared into obscurity at the height of his fame. Some say he became a ranch hand in Oregon, others claim they've seen him bloated and drunk, playing harmonicas on the streets of LA. Was Jim's disruptive upbringing the cause of his feelings of disconnection? Was having a father in the military a constant shame for someone of his standing in the alternative community? Would Jim have been as famous if he pursued the filmmaking angle he longed for? Was fame too much for him? And was his character Mr. Mojo Rising a system made to cope with this overindulgence? Did Jim fake his death and could he have kicked his habits and lived on into old age? Failing that, was his death scene fabricated to save face of him dying from a drug overdose? Were Jim and the Doors a mind control experiment operated by the government to sabotage the counterculture? Or was this the story of a starry-eyed poet who made a ban and got too famous too quickly and then died tragically young after a short life of substance abuse? So join us, co-conspirators, as we take that moonlight drive and ride the King Snake West down to the Roadhouse, where we tell the story of Mr. Mojo Rising, his easy ride to superstardom, and how he eventually came to 
the end. This time on Those Conspiracy Guys, it's the story of Jim Morrison. Welcome to another of those conspiracy guys. This time uh, we're taking the trip on the scaly back of the world serpent uh, and on his scales are the next four to five hours written uh, before we've even made them. The world is infinite and time means nothing uh, and I think this acid is kicking in. So with us in it's the studio. It's about time. <laughs> Wait like 45 minutes. In the studio with us, uh, the, the dulcet tones you hear uh, is Emmett Quinn back once again with the Renegade Master. Uh, one of your heroes, Emmett. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Yeah, welcome mm. to the welcome to the studio, and also join us the the Lizard King of Loud, uh, the, the, the a, <laughs> a philosopher in his own living room, and uh, one of the weirdest guys I know, and that's a compliment, uh, Mr. Robert Coyle. Thanks, Gordo. Thanks I for coming back fully again, as man. a compliment. Well, it is. I mean, come on, we're all fucking exactly all a bit weird. So, uh, joining us live for the first time uh, o- online, we're broadcasting this out through the Discord. So, for Patreon people. I'm going to try and live stream these uh, from now on. So if you're a Patreon person, um, you, you should dive into the Discord and watch for the uh, notifications for the next time. Uh, this this episode is all about Jim Morrison, the Lizard King, yeah. and we're going to uh, we're going to get into it. We're, we're we're being joined by a couple of couple of people here now already. So Christine is in, Dan's in, James, Jean, uh, Amy, Ash, Sophia, and a few more. We're going to get more as the evening progresses. But uh, do feel free to join us the next time and get onto Patreon at patreon.com slash guys and throw a dollar in. It helps support the show and you also get loads of stuff, including now uh, an insight into the live show with no edits and all the bad jokes and the, the <laughs> defamation and all the stuff that I have to cut out in the edit room. Uh, so Jim Morrison, lads, uh, I mean, I, I, I've tried to cut out a lot of the social uh, announcements at the start of these shows mm. and I think it flows a lot better for season six. They're so just jumping straight into it. He's obviously a hero of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm I'm guessing when I put the, these topics out to you guys uh, that you jumped on it uh, yeah. like a dog on a <laughs> on a wet rag. A hero of yours? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you usually ask how do how do these uh, come into your life? You know, whatever yeah. the topic is. Yeah. So for- I, how, how did you first discover Jim? Like, I mean, we're going to obviously talk about like the conspiratorial aspects of his life. But as we do in any of these like uh, kind of celebrity biographies, yeah. look at his early life, see what made him tick. Mm-hmm. And that all leads into the conspiracy of Jim Morrison, yeah. like the parts where, uh, you know, his dad's in the Navy and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. I found him and it was just music at the time. Oh, yeah, same here. And Absolutely. I felt it naturally. Yeah. It was like, what the fuck is this? Like, so you yeah. you just discovered him. I, I was. I was actually, it was the movie. It sounds pretty lame now to somebody uh, of a certain age that it was just the movie that turned you out the doors. I had no idea who the hell the doors were yeah. until, and I was in. Well, in 91, you were like 17 or 18, right? That was the year, was it? The, mo- the 91, movie. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to yeah. figure that out. So, yeah, I was 17 yeah. and yeah. Uh, I, I'd gone to a new school and... Uh, so there's a friend. And you needed a new persona to yeah. reinvent yourself. <laughs> I think at this stage now I had the long hair and all that, and I was in a band, and and uh, my friend Tiernan, Tiernan Caffrey, he he shouts to Tiernan, shouted to Tiernan, R.I.P. Unfortunately, oh, but it was just nice. It was a wonderful memory I have of him just turning me on to the Doors, and he gave mm. me the. Uh, it was the actual the, the Doors soundtrack on cassette. <laughs> oh Christ! <laughs> on cassette, and uh, I remember taking it home and listening to it after school. And it was mm. early in the evening, and I was sat in the uh, uh, sitting room 
of, of my house, right? This is sounds so cliched. I'm sitting there, school uniform, yeah. long hair. In awfully. Plugged, in awfully, <laughs> uh, plugged into the stereo with uh, the doors tape uh, uh, ready to go. My first time ever listening to these dudes. My father is sitting on the couch, the sofa, kind of, you know, probably in a bad mood, looking at me, go, look at that long-haired lout, you know what I mean? Listening to his music. Listening to his rock and roll. While he watched Ireland play an important football match, right? So he's probably looking at me going, why are you more interested in the football? <laughs> What's wrong with this? What the hell are you doing? And I sat there and I listened to the soundtrack of the, uh, the Doors movie. And that was the first time I heard uh, The Doors. And that was that day I listened to The End for the first time. <laughs> yeah. I sat there and went, it might sound so cliche, but I was like, what is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it, it really, I was like instantly taken by it going, that's it. I love this. This, this music is fantastic. Yeah. I'm wonderful. I want more. And my friend Tiernan then just kept throwing tape, tape, tape after me. And were you, were you like into music of that time? Yeah. This already? The, I, I remember like it was getting into it because I remember saying to a friend, he also had a cassette and it was Voodoo. Uh, it was uh, Jimi Hendrix. And I went, oh, Voodoo Chili. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never heard of it We'd all done that. And he went, uh, it's actually Voodoo Child. And I'm like, what, dude, how give, do you know? Give me a break. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. this time last year I was listening to Vanilla Ice for Christ's sake. You know what I mean? Voodoo I, chili thought, I sure thought MC return. Hammer was cool. And now that's what I used to call it when I used, you know, you ha- like you get like, you know, fucking Gandhi's revenge on your butthole after some spicy food. And I was like, voodoo chili, a slight return. That's, that's, I used to joke about that. And then it's like, oh man, no, it's voodoo child. Yeah. You're at the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Um, Be more respectful. So, so that was it. That, that I remember listening to it that day and then I couldn't get enough uh, 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 doors. So yeah, he was hugely influential then to me. Yeah. Yeah. Because he actually like, you know. Almost like an acid trip. It did. It did change my perspective. It's not like the Beatles. It's not like the Beatles. Day, we were just listening to the end there, and I yeah. went back to that sitting room yeah. with those headphones on, end. listening to that music, and thinking about my friend here. And like, it's just my a, only friend, Tierno Caffrey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was it. I was. Uh, I don't think I look back after that. To be honest, yeah. like yeah. yeah. And, and when you heard it first, like how did it? How did it resonate? Like, were, were you like, this is like nothing I've ever heard. Certainly 91, the 91, you're talking about a lot of like trance and dance music. You're talking yeah, about a yeah. lot of. Oh, no, um, no, I wasn't. I wasn't in grunge was really on the up and up. The man, mm. Mad Chester scene was really leaking into Irish. So uh, trance uh, and Mad Chester weren't yeah. for me. I was all about uh, rock. rock. So it was yeah. Metallica and stuff like it that. Metallica, it was Nirvana, it was Pearl Jam. It was all of that. That, that was all swirling around at yeah. the time, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, 91, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. Guns N' Roses would have been huge as well. I remember being with McGee's for the first time and we heard. You know, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah, yeah. For the first time, that's a moment. It's yeah, like, we were like, "What the what fuck? What the fuck is that?" Jumping around the floor, like, "Fuck you! I won't do what you tell me." I was like, well, "This is incredible." These yeah. are the words that I think. Yes. Yeah. And but, Rob, for you, when you heard Jim Morrison, you just went, "This is this is my sauce." I got into it through. Uh, I had. I was. I. I remember again. I remember where I was. It was. It was eighty six. It was a little bit. Wow. Uh, got a bit younger and. Uh, me and a bunch of mates from school were staying over in one of the fellas' houses and the Doors tape came out. And I think like the first time I was break on through, didn't really notice it, but I heard Crystal Ship and Crystal Ship yeah, that's, that's a lot of people blew favorites. my mind. And so Crystal Ship and really the only Doors I knew for, for a bunch of years was like Crystal Ship and uh, LA Woman. Yeah. I mean, the, the bass in the intro and LA Woman is like, that's just smooth as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so good. So yes, that, I was just there all the time. Didn't really kind of um, 
get into Jim Morrison himself until maybe two or three years later, kind of 88, 89 kind of type of time. And I'd seen like my, my major or mate's brother, someone had like the greatest hits. Yeah. And it's the, the picture of, you know, the young line kind of photograph. Yeah, my brother got that it, tape like, and, I, and I wore it out. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, that's fucking I had that cool. and the poster. And I was like, that makes me feel funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, for, but for me as well, like I, because the movie was coming out, it was literally on the way. Yeah, so yeah. I got into the doors and I was listening to the doors. And next thing I found myself in darkened cinema watching an Oliver Stone movie about yeah. the dude's life. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. So I was yeah. like, I'm sold. <laughs> and as soon as you saw it, you were yeah. like, the mystique is, is firmly. Yeah, because I've just, just, I've just the guy's just come to life in front yeah. of me and I've just, just yeah. learned his whole story. And this thing like 50 We'll talk about the movie later on about Kilmer and how it affected him. Like 50 in school, like um, the, the book like no uh, no one here gets out alive that would have done the rounds like, yeah, like kind of porn that's that's, that's true <laughs> it's like, actually. like a porno tape <laughs> like, have yeah. you read have you yeah, deadly yeah. deadly yeah, man's deadly I, I believe he turned and had that book as well yeah yeah, yeah he, he, he. but it is it is one of those things where it's like a, um, a kind of a cult following he did yeah. have that shamanic vibe about him and even when you didn't know what it was mm. he was coming out singing some songs there were poetry there were creating images yeah. in young people's minds yeah. and you were like fuck I I don't I this makes me feel funny. I don't know yeah. why I'm I am feeling this way or whatever. Like I was listening, uh, very eclectic as a young lad. You yeah. know, I listened to, to some of the more contemporary stuff. Like we were into like Counting Crows and <laughs> oh God. Uh, you know, uh, um, uh, stereophonics and yeah, these kind yeah, of things. Yeah. So it was like a little bit of rock, a little bit of pop. Yeah, I, yeah. I obviously I'm from Ireland. I'm from the country in Ireland, and there's a big kind of country music vibe. So any of that kind of stuff, like if you were going backwards, you were going into like Neil Young or Bob Dylan or, yeah. you know, some of the some of the more kind of folksy uh, uh, country stuff. Grateful Dead, I was a huge fan of the Grateful Dead, that kind of lap steel guitar sound and yeah. all this stuff. Yeah. And Rage Against the Machine was obviously a big one. Guns N' Roses, my older brother listened to a little bit of Guns N' Roses. My little brother got into Metallica. I got into hip hop a small bit. It was a bit of a mix and match with Rage Against the Machine then. But just like I decided at about 16 that all the new music was too difficult to keep up with and I was watching all my friends like flit from fad to fad or whatever yeah. and some of my like closest mates like Dave and Owen and Brian and Fitzy and Pip shout out to the lads I don't I don't know if you're listening I doubt it but like the crew you know mm. they weren't like super into music Fitzy played guitar and we, we would listen to Counting Crows and he was kind of like a folky singer like and I always felt that he was you know playing guitar for per pussy it wasn't yeah. going to be like a career it wasn't a thing for him <laughs> And uh, we jam, we play guitar. I was in a few bands, like uh, guys like Eddie Lowney and, and, and these kind of guys in Wexford, who are, like, I think still some of the best musicians I've ever seen. Yeah. Eamon, who's who's regularly on this show, I think he's one of the best singers in real life that I've ever heard. Like, mm. he's so so good. Uh, another friend of mine, Wayne Driscoll, like a fucking gifted drummer. Like, Wexford, I, I maintain, I've said on the show before, Wexford, if it had had the infrastructure that America had in the early 90s, it could have been another Seattle. Mm. We were pumping out music and, and it was some seriously uh, talented people. Yeah, same, um, same in Eden Dairy. Like that guy who had the Voodoo Chili yeah. album, he was my rival. He was the lead singer in the band. Yeah, and, and he had that stuff. Band, we were rivals. <laughs> yeah, you had that stuff. Excellent. Like I, we, there was one guy in our, in our town, like Ken Stafford, who's another gifted guitar player. Like, And he was like rivals with other guys. Yeah. You had all the bands and they play gigs and the lads be in the, back, in the fucking dressing room being like, you think you're the me of here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I remember, but it's just all in your own town and no one went on tour. You might do a gig in Dublin like once a year. Oh, yeah. In the rock garden. In the rock garden or in, or in Temple Bar Music Centre or in Fibbers yeah. and the rest of it was all just like 
you know, playing in the fucking clubs. in the in the town hall or in yeah, the pub up yeah, the road, yeah, you know. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. I, 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 I played in the rock garden and then we played in U C D then the next night and I met Oh a, man, U C D you get your fucking dick whistled. Me and that girl uh, she she introduced me to acid like it. This all sounds <laughs> like a go. fucking the first twenty minutes of some biography. Yeah. It sounds so cliche, but that all happened. When they make the biography of you, that's what it's and you're yeah, gonna be out by, by, the, the, by the fountain in U C D just yeah. going kiss the snake on the lips. <laughs> oh you don't know how close that is yeah <laughs> thank you Francesca you snake. changed my life <laughs> shout outs to Francesca so many shout outs to Jim Morris yeah, you know? yeah, well, yeah. because it so, is so close so to my teenage yeah. uh, you know um, transformation oh, yeah, yeah. Your, yeah. Your, your chrysalis opening of yeah. consciousness it's oh that's beautiful yeah. far out far I, I, <laughs> when we were talking earlier on I wasn't able to think of words and now look was at like, you yeah. what was it preparation preparation you're like no I'm fucking alliteration shit so the whole the whole thing with Jim for me like it was the same as like with Bob Dylan it was the same as Grateful Dead it was the same as like Joni Mitchell or it was the same as like Simon and Garfunkel or Queen or any of these like most of the fucking good musicians were dead by the time I got into music yeah talking about like mid 90s I'm a little bit younger than you Emmett not rubbing it in and like when I when I was in like when I was uh, let's say my formative years like when I was 16 like that's 1998 yeah. Do you know, like, that's, it's nearly all over. <laughs> My 1998. Yeah. The good times are done. That's mm. it. Mm. Uh, we were in the, the Celtic Tiger and we had internet. We are getting all these MP3s. They're like, MP3? Like, I had a mini disc player. And I used to get all the all the, <laughs> the CDs off all the lads and download, you know, listening to fucking uh, uh, Fate No More. Or oh, like, yeah. Um, Angel Dust. Yeah, album. like, like so many mad, like, uh, bands that I would never buy the album of. Yeah. But I'd be all like, hey, what's that you're listening to? Oh, cool. Just lend that CD with you. <laughs> yeah. Get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. And I go home and I copy it and I have it on a mini disc. And I'd be yeah. like, Bush, like 10, 10 CD albums beyond one mini disc. Yeah. And I just go around listening to that. I got into Tin Lizzy. I got into um, The Violent Femmes. I got into like loads of these, like Stone Roses. Like Stone Roses were done yeah. before I started even listening to music consciously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like they were done. I'd yeah. never get a chance to see you them live. You could say Oasis had peaked. Oasis, ha- well, I mean, Be Here Now was like quite good. Be here now is dirty, yeah. but that's, that was 97. 97, fucking hell, Rob. You're making me feel old. <laughs> yeah, no. It's terrible. So, like, the doors, when I got it, I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is what I want to live, mm-hmm. right? And it was over. But we were trying to recreate, and the 90s was a very kind of 60s re- yeah. reiteration. 1998 was kind of like 1968. You had yeah. that whole thing. And we all wanted it to be that so when I started drinking and doing drugs I was like yeah I'm going to do it like the greats I'm going to single-handedly I'm going to do cocaine like fucking Rick James yeah and, <laughs> and, and, and you know what I did in 1999 I did my own little Woodstock I had a little fet- we only put a thousand people in a in a big hotel hall you know and it was all done up like it was like the desert excellent and I had all like cowboy stuff and I had loads of, and we had like 10 bands play from 2 in the afternoon till 2 in the morning amazing and a thousand people came in we all had wristbands and everything got fucked up and dicks were sucked and titties were jiggled and <laughs> Do you know it was it was a consensually of course yeah, well, all exactly. consensually and you were I trying even, to create heaven here on earth uh, sure <laughs> I mean I was trying to spread the music make a few bob at the same Belinda time Carlisle, was that, yeah. but I had like a German guy called Thor no joke <laughs> bring down all his gear from Waterford and record the whole thing like a, like a live album White Snake and he had like 25 microphones into a big massive desk and we recorded the whole thing and I have it on, on 
mini disc at home in my house. Like all the, the greatest bands of Wexford at the time going, one of these cons will have to get famous. And I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? I told somebody about your mini disc collection and you said you didn't have, you couldn't play them anymore. You didn't have a mini disc I don't player. have a mini disc player, yeah. Well, I, I, I know someone who does. So I have a mini you'll be able player. to listen to your I mini just copied discs. them all out to MP3. Give it to me. I'll get and it your uh, recordings of you and your friends uh, talking shite. Yeah, well, high. We, yeah, we used to do that. We yeah. used to put the put the recorder in the middle of a point glass oh, when we were lovely. getting stoned. Lovely. <laughs> and a few of those guys are dead now, so it'd be nice to hear their oh, voices. Wow. Again, I, you know? I will certainly uh, sort like that out. Like podcasts of old, I think. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. So the Doors, when I got when I got into like that music, I was like, this is the sound of me. I love this. Yeah. I love how it changed. Like the first album and the last album are my favorites. Uh, I'm very, I'm very fond of Strange Days. Very fond of Mar- Morrison Hotel. Yeah, mm. and the way that that music was put together was, for me, the perfect like mix of like synthesized bass. And then when LA Woman came out, like when I found LA Woman, I was like, this is exactly how I want to sound. And I was a bass player, mm-hmm. so right. I always tried to have that kind of fuzzy, like that furry roundness yeah to my base no here. note ends yeah just like boom 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 yeah. boom rudin doody boom like everything was mixed <laughs> yeah. in i got a five string bass and tried to go down into the low notes like swagger or whatever yeah it was it was you know a, a driving yeah. bass line or whatever and the lyrics the persona of jim morrison just it was all perfect it, 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 perfect. it, 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 yeah. it did everything that my brain wanted at the time yeah, yeah. like you like you said i was tons of other stuff i was into but I can't remember the first time I heard such a band or such a band, but yeah. I know I loved them. But I yeah. absolutely remember the moment when I said, fuck the doors. But it was yeah. a time when you couldn't see who he was. You can only hear it through the music. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think that's that's a, a like a bit, I know it's kind of like, in my day. But like, we had an analog childhood and a yeah. digital adulthood. Yeah. And some of us are not fully like inculcated into I, a I'm, digital I'm, I'm what's called a uh, straddler I think somebody called uh, me yeah. you're a straddler because yeah. you grew up analog and now it's digital and you're 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 still making the transition into it it took, it oh, took yeah. you the longest time to get a smartphone dude it was outrageous yeah, yeah. Outra- outrageous is not the word that's yeah, exactly yeah. that's exactly like uh, yeah, yeah you had to get into that and now kids can go like okay I like you know fucking whoever mm. well you know what or something like. I mean, you, you, they can go and find out what color that guy's shite was this morning yeah, yeah. on the internet before we couldn't even get a picture of fucking jim Morrison. Man, yeah. You know? yeah yeah so i mean so you'd find i remember so, like, you the schooling book would me go on around. the iphone <laughs> yeah so the book the book would go around well, school right and so people would be reading yeah. it. so like you know you'd end up chatting chatting about it and so like you know different people would be remembering the different cooler. things and there was this kind of like like a tribal memory of because everyone remembered their favorite bit of the book yeah. and what happened is that you got to learn other you got to learn the whole story through other people telling you their favorite bit of the book and so yeah, yeah. so th- like it was you you like if i think back about it now i hadn't thought about this before it was like an oral tradition just kind of spontaneously erupted once this book went around your yeah. circle of friends because everyone would so have like jeez like, oh, i heard about that bit will you give it to yeah. me next oh yeah and the bit about like and yeah. so people do and so this myth gets created yeah. of of you know kind of this this is what it was it yeah. was it's amazing like but yeah. the man himself to me remained largely mysterious like right into my 20s you know and I got the chance, the opportunity to um, teach music in a school in Estonia. And I wanted to make contemporary uh, music course to show mm-hmm. them, look, you like rock and roll or you like hip hop or you like, uh, uh, you know, heavy metal. Here's where those bands started. And essentially, it was like a, a, a copy of Jack Black in School of Rock, yeah. somewhat. Yeah. But I ended up going back and looking into like Jim Morrison and, like, and, and we had Braben over in Estonia. Mm-hmm. And it was like very much... Um, 
a, a, like a research project for me. I wrote a small book to give to all the kids and all this stuff like that and just had all the history and all yeah. the main points. And we used to do these these kind of like lectures and it was to teach them English, you know, mm. and like learning about his life and finding out exactly how he did stuff. This in 2004 and five. So yeah. broadband's out like there's documentaries you could download. And at that point, I was maybe in my early 20s and it was really like it really affected me how he lived his life and why he chose to do the things he did. The literary um, references that he had mm. in his lyrics and how he lived his life yeah. was all just like uh, uh, bizarrely convoluted and complicated, but every syllable was perfectly formed. Mm. There wasn't a, a, a sound wasted. And when he screamed, he screamed, as the, you know, and to, to the untrained eye, it just looked like some mad cunt in leather pants roaring and shouting and falling around the place. Oh, no. It was... But, like, if you knew the things he was talking about, like with comedy, if you get the reference, yeah. it's way funnier than if you don't, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I, I made it my decision to go, like, I'm going to go and find out all the stuff Jim Morrison's mm -hmm. talking about. Yeah. And you're like, fuck, we're getting into all this Huxley then. And yeah. getting into... he, he, he was almost like a wiki page or something. Yeah. With yeah. Blue, blue highlighted bits you would click yeah. on and yeah, go down like, the rabbit hole with Jim. Him go, it was like, kind of like personified ass if you think like acid being a consciousness expands yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just like you know listen to Jim Morrison and then go don't, now keep researching until you understand what he's saying yeah, yeah. yeah. that's acid yeah yeah. that's a great because I, I, I was going to say he, he's just like someone that rapes the arsehole of your mind and then your arsehole is left open and gaping yeah but it's way easier for like more dicks of information to go into it but saying he's like human acid is way more poetic and less violent you're yes. welcome I guess <laughs> it doesn't involve I'm assholes I'm also thinking what yeah. type of acid have you had Gordo no no that's, I haven't been on acid so that's why I wasn't gonna but the other thing I told no so um, yeah let's brush over that bit. but I, I think that it's like uh, like a gateway exactly yeah, a gateway, a gateway. It, it is, is. That's it is. Exactly because it. That, if something like that changes your your, yeah. your way of thinking you're going to remember where you were the first time you heard it like yeah, yeah. William Blake the doors, of, the doors yeah. of perception like yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. he, he did try to get those messages across that you don't have to be this and you don't have to be that yeah, yeah. and there was something I, mean, I think I think the, the majority of my life I've lived very much outside of the norm i've had jobs i, I had to bang on about but from that moment on i went fuck that shit. this yeah. is this is the way i want to be and yeah. i was in a that band was the thing that, that changed it for you like, it, was ab it was it was absolutely uh, uh that i know I, you've had a very non-traditional life oh absolutely yeah from the age of 16 what's I, the maddest shit you ever you ever did like living off the living off the grid quote-unquote well, I remember like you were you were a Bill Hicks tribute act that played in I like did a Bill Hicks tribute act. Some of the high, like the highest regarded. I think one of the nuttiest things I did uh, was when I when I when I went up to UCD and I met that girl and we fell in love like almost immediately. Yeah. Like she was sitting there on the floor one day singing along to um, Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, look! And I was just looking at her. And was it? I just fell in love with this girl. Oh, yeah. So that was it. Me and her, and when we took acid and all that. But she was a student in the college, right? And I wanted to move out of Eden Dairy. This is it, right? And I said to my mother, that's it, I'm gone, uh, me and my long hair, and I used to, you know, hitchhike and get a lift up to Dublin. It's like the story of the guy go, from I'm Alabama who, who, go, who fell in love with a girl at Berkeley, yeah. and he's like, moved to California, and he gets wrapped up in the fucking Black Panthers or something like Or, or, or the guy pulling up and saying, yeah. uh, hey, want to come to Chicago? And yeah, Jenna, yeah. he goes, I'll go. So, so uh, uh, I she went finally to, got I her believe... wish to be a folk singer. <laughs> I, I went there and I used to go home to eat in dairy and grab a few bits and bob. I think he used to sign on and all that. And then yeah, get uh, your rashers out of the fridge. Yeah, and... my mother would actually like put food in my bag. Yeah, Are you course. doing okay up there? Yeah, I'm fine, fine. And then I came back up there and she said to me, she said, hey, why not stay here? She was living on campus. Boom. Yeah. And I stayed there and was a fake student. Now, this is before 
This is pre pre uh, pre nine eleven. Yeah, <laughs> when you could pull that shit off. Yeah, when you I didn't lived, have an idea. I lived on the good old times. Yeah. I lived on campus in Merville in her residence, yeah. and I used to go to lectures and all like oh, that. Fantastic. Just, bu- just bumming around smoking joints and going into philosophy lectures. Yeah. Just going, that's yeah. A, yeah. You what Steve Jobs it, man. You Steve Jobs yeah. it. Yeah. No, that was probably the nuttiest thing. Jim Morrison did. because that's exactly what Jim Morrison did. Like I did, I did that, but I wasn't a student in the college, but I I I I faked it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and geez, that, that went on for nearly two years. I mean, at one stage, there was a holiday break, a summer break. Yeah. We all moved into a house in Klonski. And then when it came back time to go to college, I went back to college. <laughs> I wasn't even in college. <laughs> so I got college for free and I got to experience the whole campus life and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. But you don't have a qualification. No, it. because it was fake. But, you, I couldn't, but that's the thing. I just, like, I just you got, need the fucking certificate? I just got it in my head. No, you don't. Yeah. I remember meeting one of the people that uh, we used to hang out Did with. Did you hand in assignments and shit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, no, no. But uh, uh, <laughs> I actually joined a, a little film Sudo, school, Sudo a little, a little film course and everything. And I'd be sit there in a darkened room watching like Sergi Eisenstein movies and stuff well. like that. And then the guy would ask, you know, so what did you think? What did you feel? And I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't even be here. And I was taking part in it. Uh, debates knocking on the table of debates disagreeing and stuff like that <laughs> love it man it was awesome but that's probably the nuttiest thing I did when I was a every kid. day love is it. like a gamble like I could get caught today the, well, what the, the fuck could they do really yeah. they couldn't do anything there was an administration's office like the chap who was essentially the head of UCD running the whole thing I would pass him almost every day and I got to the point where we would say hello to each other and I'm oh like my God. oh you have no idea I'm not, I, I'd be going like my bag and i go hi and he go oh how's it going I you wonder know. how many colleges that happened I'm getting rich off your fees <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh I swear that was a, a wonderful wonderful time so that's that's kind of like you know Jim's Jim's journey from from Florida State yeah. uh, from Virginia uh, over to California to like be you know living the bohemian dream you, oh, were, you were trying to do that in like 90s ireland which is and i, I pulled it off yeah i yeah. mean i absolutely pulled it off Respect. and uh yeah that was that was that was me that was it that was that was that was emmett the, the, you know the, the birth of emmett you know and, and Rob, I mean, you've had a you've had a, a very uh, both con- like conventional, conventional and very unconventional, and unconventional life yeah. like it's been a a, a yin yang yeah and swap, actually so change. So I would have kind of dismissed Morrison by the time I'm about maybe 23 and I got serious and got a job and stuff like this, right? And like, I was kind of like, you know, oh, so that was what I listened to when I was 15, 16, 17 and stuff like this. And so you just move on, just didn't pay any attention, Oasis and stuff like this. And then about six, maybe seven years ago, I got into this thing about like, I really like documentaries about the making of albums. So yeah. I started watching all of those classic albums documentaries. Great right? show. The LA <laughs> Woman documentary I watched this week it's, is unreal. It's amazing, Un- right? Unreal. And the Doors thing came on, right? And so so Jim Morrison would have been slagged off by all my sisters. They're like, oh, Jim Morrison, yeah, yeah, Jim yeah. Morrison. Because it turns out that Jim Morrison is so fucking culturally relevant, right? Everyone's impression of a hippie, you're actually doing a Jim Morrison impression. Yeah. You don't know it. But you're doing a you're doing a Jim Morrison impression from the interview he gave in 1968 when they were in London. Yeah. It's like I think, uh, yeah, if you want to get famous now, you've got to be a politician or or an assassin or something. And it's like that's everybody's hippie voice. It's yeah. everybody's hippie yeah. voice. And you Jim s- throw in far out, man. Yeah, it's always exactly. up here, isn't it? You yeah, know? exactly. It's a bit. You the know, doors are open. Quizzical. Yeah, and you know, we're almost this. almost questioning everything you say that's coming Not out of your mouth. Really? Sure. Here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's like like weed makes you sound like that, yeah. and then like 
heroin makes you go like, ah, come here, <laughs> It's just like a universal accent of no, people no. who take that drug. This That's true. The you could, doesn't matter where you're from, yeah, yeah, you will yeah. eventually get that accent. Yeah, it's <laughs> even in Swedish to be all like, <laughs> <laughs> like <Yeah>. same thing. <laughs> but, yeah, it's Chinese. Yeah, it's a Chinese But tell me though, Rob, you, you changed like career paths and, yeah. and that was due in no small part to the yeah. voluntary expansion of your mind. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then... Like you had pretty much like boxed yourself off yeah. There was some life decisions made in early youth. Like you were an artist from the start because you're going into like, uh, you know, art design. Well, like I managed bands and stuff. Like that. I'd done yeah. this thing all the time in my life where I stood beside creative people, right? I didn't understand. Like there, there's some specifics about, let's say, the environment I grew up in, in which case, you know, ambition was looked on as vanity. So that, that kind of trains you like that. That trains you without you kind of knowing it. And so I'd had this like, I like being around. I wouldn't even even had the words to say it, but I look back at my life go, Look at me there. I'm standing beside bands. I'm standing beside record, record producers. I'm always beside creative people. Mm. But the memory I have at the time is like, maybe someone will see me if I, if I drum really rhythmically and on time on the thing. Like it was, I remember seeing uh, Eddie Izzard in, in the National Theatre, uh, out the, the National uh, Stadium, and you had this thing, hey there, creeping boy. And I was like, I went, oh shit, I spent my teenage years being, trying to be hate, trying to get discovered, not realizing you do it yourself. Yeah. yeah you you don't get discovered. Yourself. You do yeah. it yourself. You, do, you take the risk, you do it yourself. I did not know this. Mm. I did not know this. I risk, thought Risk you, versus reward. Is, that's yeah. it, man. That's it. And so once I figured that out, which is at the start of comedy, and then started watching these documentaries, and really, I suppose what I'm trying to do is I'm, I was trying to figure out a pattern. What, what's common between all of these, these rags to riches, these, 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 unartist to artist stories yeah. mm-hmm. and i even started like okay so you do this you do that and you do the other and stuff and that, that came kind of my blueprint for kind of moving forward and i kept going back to the doors one and then one one morning and i remember it was it was a uh, it was in early early february um and it was like 2013 and i'm watching this documentary and i went what happens if everything i've heard about jim morrison is wrong and i just take i take what they say Every time I see a Doors interview, I take what they say exactly as is and not that they're taking the piss because the attitude would have been that like, you know, look at them saying these things, they're taking the piss out of you. And it's yeah. like, they're very consistent with the taking the piss. Yeah. And the music doesn't have a vibe of, ha ha, this is all irony. Like it really doesn't have an ironic, cynical side. Even into their late age, like Ray Manzarek like of, uh, and, and Krieger. Totally. I, I've watched them do interviews yeah. and they still maintain still the, the same, same thing. They're, they're like, absolutely the pigs. You know, pe- yeah. people are people are strange. I absolutely like, believe if, if I said to Ray Manzarek, that's what you did to my brain that 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 yeah. evening, and he would say, "Well, I did my job." Then, absolutely, you know? yeah, totally. But are you still, the, do you still age, do you still know? think like that? Do you still have that in your head? Yeah, great job done, brilliant. Yeah. I can, you know, exactly. It was it was worth it. Exactly. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, and that's that's the difference between people who are like Jim Morrison fans and people who are Doors fans because there are people who are like mad about Jim Morrison they're like ah oh, yeah but you know they love the persona of it yeah they also give him a lot more credit than yes he deserves they don't give That's Ray enough credit yeah no, the, it, the rest it, of the band because they all the wrote the whole thing together Absolutely. as a band it was, it was, the band. Ray's, it was the music. Ray is the Larry Mullen of the doors yeah. it was Ray's idea. Ray I mean like when you when you read it like you read the thing Ray was the one who spotted in Morrison before even Morrison spotted yeah, it yeah. in himself it like this kid's special. This mm. kid is special. But the collective musical direction Amazing. was was a like a, a quadrophenia. It was like the yeah. four of them put together. 
the vert. I mean, I heard Camille like, Paglia. Like, Try it, this, dropping a Camille Paglia fucking quote. Like, <laughs> boom! Right? Okay, so we're not even an hour in. So Camille Paglia is like the virtuosity of the three three musicians. I mean, they're all, three of them are like amazing musicians. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And at the same time, not yeah. that great. Ah, uh, no. Well, no, on. no, no. Technically, <laughs> yeah. not that great. Technically. Yeah. Are they not technically? They've not got technically, this go- no. They make gorgeous noise, though. I know, but it's that's the thing. That's the noise. thing. Well, like, we, we, yeah, so like, they no, exactly it, what they you mean. When you compare it to a lot of the yeah. music out yeah. there, yeah, it, it, is, it is kind of... Uh, Loose. Not, yeah. Yeah. not professional. But that's, that's the beauty of it. Because yeah. even, even in the, when I was in that band back at home, and the other band... They had everything, you know what I mean? Right, they had all the good gear. They, they had, had all the good the, gear. They had all the shiny good gear yeah. and all that. And we, we slapped our band together, yeah. man. But we were the we were the better band for yeah. it. Yeah, you know like what I mean? the Stooges. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just they just play with whatever, like yeah, or, yeah. You know, exactly. Some old shit guitar that you gotta exactly. lend up. But what what I'm saying is like <laughs> at uh, Densmore We'll play the drum like super loose. But they're yeah. always into jazz, like, let's make it jazz. Exactly. Let's improvise, uh, man. Uh, yeah, but <laughs> The talent wasn't in the playing of the instruments. It was in like the Captain Planet with our powers combined. We can make this. So like Zeppelin couldn't continue without Bonham. Yeah. Because he was their like small Indian boy with a monkey and the heart ring. Yeah. That like without that you couldn't make Captain Planet. And the other lads were like trying their own stuff and going solo. And I just didn't. I think uh, Barry Gibbs said about the Bee Gees. He says one Bee Gee, shit. Two Bee Gees, okay. Yeah. Three Bee Gees, magic. That's it, like. <laughs> Love that. Love that. That sounds That's like brilliant. something from Sesame Street. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> One BG. <laughs> two BGs. Yeah. Three BGs. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. But it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it, like, to, to listen to the doors is great. Yeah. To watch them play and know how music works. Like, I yeah. play all those instruments. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking going, yeah, that's, that's yeah. quite easy. Yeah, that, that's quite easy. Like, the chord progressions, all quite easy. The solos, not very technically proficient, right? Yeah. From, from, oh, cool. from yeah. Bobby Krieger, not very technically proficient. You, you, you can but hear to recreate them, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly, yeah. is almost impossible. Yeah. To get those noises, that, that those squeals yeah. and stuff, to do those scales, and do it without a that's plaque. all. That's all uh, uh, very like Nuanced particularly them. practiced yeah. jazz scales and stuff yeah. like that. But on its own, it's not that great. Do you know Jim Morrison? Not a great singer. Yeah, yeah. And not I'm, a great. Not, I'm going to say he's a good singer. He's not a, a great he had, singer. He, a, he got great tone, man. You yeah, can't but teach like, tone. Yeah, but but great technically, tone. like not a not a good. Sing. He couldn't sing anything other than the songs he wrote. Which he wanted to. That's what I mean. No, like that's what I mean. It's when you when you put it all together yeah. and you have the pinch of this and the slap of yeah. that, the dash of that, like magic. That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Do you know magic? When it, when it no one drinks vanilla essence on its own, but it's in fucking everything. Yeah. Do you know? But uh, well, you know what always fascinated me when I look at them live was was Manzarek's uh, the the two the hands yeah. how he splits his concentration oh because he's all over it on that keyboard yeah. and then he's boom 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 boom, 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 boom like clockwork boom. yeah it's, it's, it's exactly never makes it's like a mistake. Th- this hand has its own brain absolutely <laughs> yeah. absolutely and he, he he's hunched over it the hand yeah. sometimes is higher than his eye line because he's, yeah. he's concentrating here but it's just doom 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 yeah. that used to just fascinate me yeah. like a clockwork like yeah. a metronome yeah I would just stare at it and go wow but he could let he could let uh, uh, Densmore go like yeah. ta, 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 the syncopated drum beats Brilliant. on his bass line yeah. and the bass line was the constant thing and, and that's what made me love the bass and yeah. that's why I play bass yeah. like it's because of Ray, Ray Manzarek's left hand <laughs> when, 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 yeah. when live you could hear Densmore go and it all go quiet and you did 
like a TikTok behind here. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're still on the ride. It's so for Jim then as a performer, like when you did finally get to see him, did he live up to everything that you, oh, yeah. you expected? I mean, there's the, the round house, the, the, it's in, it's on the Feast of Friends. Like I, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then I saw the on the roundhouse one. The the doors are open, the ITV from 1968. Oh, the yeah, yeah, in the amphitheater. In the amphitheater, yeah, yeah. the Randy House in, in London. And it's just, it's electric. Like yeah. I would also, I would consider as well, like let's say Rattle and Hum, the movie, the U2 movie, is an amazing live, live, like concert. BB King movie. and all that stuff. Yeah. I, uh, is, oh yeah, of course, BB King's yeah, in mm-hmm. that, yeah. I, but I like the, I, it's just a great capture of performance and Stop stuff. Stop making sense. Just, yeah. I, ju- I just don't like the music enough to overcome it. So I'm always like, yeah, I'm watching a Talking Heads movie. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, I can appreciate the art, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. not talking to me. Yeah. But like, let's say The Doors and stuff, like I feel it and appreciate it at the same time. Because like, here's the, like, the reality is this, right? You don't have any control over what you like. None of us do. Why do I like The Doors? I don't know. Why do I like The Doors and not like the Pixies. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. I don't know why. Yeah. I don't fucking know why. I didn't choose this. It's just, you heard it and your brain goes, more of that, please. Yes, it's more, exactly more. it. And it's yeah. an, it's a, more of that. You can't why? really explain There it. is no why. Yeah. There's no why. This is Jedi for shit. No why. Well, more. It's As jiggled we, my metachlorians. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got into my soul. That's, that's all yeah, exactly, exactly, that's it. All we're, we're looking for. It could actually have been constructed specifically to stir the... Brilliant. Love well, minds and minds I, I, I was yeah. certainly, I was hypnotized that day. Yeah. I was actually truly hypnotized. But these four guys were well practiced in transcendental meditation. Yeah. They had mm-hmm. all taken copious amounts of, of uh, uh, hallucinogenic yeah. drugs yeah. and had trained their minds. Like uh, we were talking before we started recording about, you know, uh, uh, comedy and improvisation. Mm. And like, uh, Emmett, you're in a musical group and you guys are improvising jokes and improvising harmonies and stuff together. Yeah. A lot. And people who play music theatre can almost, like, communicate telepathically, I mm. believe. And oh, I've had that oh, yeah. experience with well, a few people. We, we've been buzzing it too long. It is. It's, it's telepathic now. Yeah, stage, and, you know? and, you know, it's like it's like sex or whatever. It's like non-verbal communication. Nobody's yeah. like, yeah, just put your... T- and just squeeze it and do this. It's all just, like, done through feel and... and, and you know, uh, uh, it's almost like, a, you know, a, a sixth sense that you're, you're doing all that mm. stuff. So, for, for the lads to communicate with each other is... A magical thing to to see and yeah. to try and cre- recreate that is really difficult but if you're talking about a hypnotic transcendental meditation to be able to be so good at that the improvisation and the communication with each other hmm. that they don't even have to concentrate on that part yeah it just like com- usually it just flows. people are like concentrating on the improvisation hmm. they don't even have to concentrate on that they can concentrate on the vibe that they want to send yeah. out that's the next level yeah. like to sit in a practice room and do the stuff around in a circle takes effort but if you're so good at that that you don't even have to exert yeah. effort to do that then you can point the laser of you know that yeah. death star now of point, improvised yeah. talent out at the crowd Flip the and lens. when you have when you have yeah when you have jim as a lens to focus that energy through yeah and to point at that people and just be like Let's all just take off our clothes. <laughs> and everyone just takes off their clothes yeah. and he's like, oh, magic. Yeah. Like, like I'm a magician. I, I, I love yeah. the... Like amazing. The, like the, you know, the pick of destiny, the tenacious D. <laughs> yeah, and you know yeah, Master yeah. Exploder. Yeah. You know, they're coming out. This is a song we wrote literally five minutes ago and it's called Master Exploder. In the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> in the parking lot. And I love that mythology. I love, hear, I love hearing the fact that like, you know, the end and light my fire, two takes. Yeah. That's it. They didn't do nine takes, Wonderful. two takes. 
Two takes, like two oh, takes. That that keyboard. They recorded that whole album my... in six days. Six days, amazing. It's such I, a cliche, I, but that that keyboard solo in Light My Fire still just. I used to gets do a me. I used to do a whole bit in, in my comedy about like you know kind of when you get the girl home you know and you're kind of like you know, yeah, yeah. this is it baby this is it it's gonna happen now so you want to put on something you want to dial up dial up the put the central heating up a bit hot hot get yeah. a nice joint maybe glass of red wine put on something. Long and sexy, like mm. my fire. Yeah, yeah seven yeah. minutes of foreplay. I mean, it's a fucking awesome that's song. That's good. That's good. It's I like that. Yeah, I love it. Right right like, in there. You want to put on something long, you know, like um, um, the director's cut of Schindler's List, or something. <laughs> <laughs> something really existential. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Show, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Put on, uh, life dances life, with wolves. Life is meaningless, <laughs> yeah. but here, baby, right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put, on, put on that red dress. And, uh, <laughs> And let's recreate the liberation of something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jim Morrison, man, it, like it, he he touched my heart and my mind in yeah. in weird, weird ways. Yep. Um, I also think I kind of fancied him a little bit. Like, a little bit. To have been. He like, made me feel weird. I, I feel s- that about Prince, and I'm I, like, yeah, so, as, a, yeah. as a 35 year old yeah. man, who's perfectly comfortable in his sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know what things make my dick hard or not. Yeah. yeah. Prince, like I can, Prince was I can instrumental know. in my sexual awakening. And, yeah. And I was, I was so weird. And I was quite young, but yeah. I was like, I get it. But it yeah. takes you until you're like, <laughs> takes you yeah, like mid 30s to admit too. to that shit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm watching stuff on the telly and going, geez, he, he is actually gorgeous. I, I, like when we were looking at yeah. it, like, this is America. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Don, Donald, Donald Glover. Glover. Yeah. Looking at that going, that's undeniably attractive <laughs> yeah yeah I, but whatever it is it's talent it's attitude it's, it's all of it it's all the whole of things thing. like he's like a little and it's the, he's like a little black jim morrison and it's a deep like, down i don't give thing. a fuck what you think yeah, about this absolutely. i'm doing this anyway he has captured the minds of the country yeah like he's gone since 2012 so yeah. like well done for catching up or whatever yeah. but like that energy, an artist has got to incubate that energy exudes from him yeah. similar energies where he's like i have a message yeah i'm gonna put it into my music yeah and people just get it yeah telepathically yeah. like it's in there and so many videos are taking apart that music video like all that stuff that's fucking art yeah where somebody's looking at what you're doing going why is he doing that thing and why does it make me feel like that yeah. i have to know yeah that's art yeah mm. do you know absolutely mm. i would think so I and donald so. glover is doing it right now yeah and that's why i'm i can't tear my eyes off because i'm like that's the best newest thing that's ever co- I've watched that video like 200 times already. Okay. <laughs> like it's so good. Yeah. And Jim Morrison when I found him first like I watched that video I, I watched the movie and I thought Val Kilmer is Jim Morrison this is fucking bananas. <laughs> when, I, when I used to close my eyes and listen to the doors I'd and I, I would Jim, imagine, see imagine the doors face. playing I would see Val yeah, Kilmer's face. It took me ages to try and morph and get the real guy yeah. in there. His teeth are too big. It's insane. And the <laughs> licking of the lips now. Oh yeah, <laughs> a long derangement of the senses, <laughs> like this, you know. So yeah, well let's get let's get into it then. Let's yeah. get into like proper proper Jim Morrison with all that nostalgic uh, uh, memory wanking. That uh, uh, really was a trip. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it was good though. I mean, yeah. uh, someone else is going to be cut out. The people who are on the Discord have heard that. Yeah. Uh, live. Uh, you might not hear that again. I'm going to cut them into uh, outtakes as I do with all the other shows. But before we get into deep Jim Morrison. Uh, I just want to let you know we are on all the social media platforms, anywhere you can find us, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, there's a subreddit there. We're on Snapchat and Vero, which is the new one. Uh, basically, anywhere that there's social media, I, I would almost be sure that we'd have an account. So you can reach out to me there. I do post a lot of the uh, news articles and uh, sources and this kind of stuff on Facebook and Twitter, as well as the website, thoseconspiracyguys.com. Um, but I am but one man and the workload is heavy, so I, I'm not like writing articles and putting stuff up on the website as often are uh as high quality as i would like 
So hopefully uh, with some with some stuff out of the way over the last few months has been very busy. I'll be able to get more of that stuff up there. Uh, the lifeblood of the show and the people that are in the Discord that comment and stuff now uh, all come from Patreon.com. And uh, if you don't know already, Patreon is a crowdfunded service where you can throw dollars at your, your favorite content creators. And this is my full-time job. And I would not be able to live the life I live, create the stuff that I create, and uh, have the lofty aspirations to... Uh, to make a fucking a TV show based on a crowdfunding uh, platform if it wasn't for Patreon. So patreon.com slash guys. if you want to support the show, uh, support me, and uh, we're, we're paying our guests now. Like, it's not it's not a Mickey Mouse fly-by-night operation. Uh, we, we, you know, we're trying to, trying to further the cause for conspiracy theory and make it a little bit more professional. If you're on Patreon, you can get uh, videos, exclusive videos. You get a vlog. We're making a, 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 an episode vlog today mm-hmm. uh, on camera we've got all the camera stuff out today we're also now live streaming through discord and you get uh secret access to exclusive discord channels and uh, that's audio and text to interact with other fans to be able to interact with me and to be honest i'm way more active on discord than i would be on uh twitter or facebook because i know the people that are in there and there's a cool community of sound cunts uh, hanging out in there i also use a new app called anchor uh, Anchor is uh, kind of it's turned into a podcast app now and it hasn't befallen the curse of those conspiracy guys like Blab or uh, Vidme or any of these other platforms it's still going strong uh, Casey Neistat is on board so I guess it's going to stay there for another while still and basically I can just pick up the phone if I see something on the news and I can talk little mini podcasts into it and then you can call in with your Anchor account and reply to me with voice and I get notifications and we can have a kind of a an asynchronous conversation between us all and then I get to save it so people can listen to it uh, at another stage. So it's kind of like a snapshot of the news of the day or whatever topics are on that day. And we also use appear.in, which is a video chat service where we do the live chats for those conspiracy guys. And Patreon supporters will be able to get access uh, screen time to those video live chats. Uh, I, I try to have at least one a month. I do get a couple in. We have some of the higher uh, Patreon tiers are getting uh, their own private cam girl a webcam nipple pinchy like i'll do what you want sitting on balloons covered in uh, whipped cream kind of videos uh, as well but appear.in uh, can have up to 12 people in the in the uh, on the screen at the same time doing video and we're all chatting about whatever the previous day's topic is so next week we should be doing a live chat about the last episode which was the federal reserve and uh, we will also be doing one this week on big pharma which was the episode before that so if you want to join in and all that stuff, head over to patreon.com slash guys. All the information is there. You get discounts on Public stuff. You get access to the videos early. You get uh, notifications of all the live shows and you get loads of those more. So check it out. We do also have a YouTube channel, which is They're Acting the Cunt still. Uh, we have a BitChute channel, which has all the documentaries. So that's BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com slash guys. And all the documentaries that YouTube keep on fucking removing and giving me content, community content strikes for on BitChute and happily live there. Uh, all of those links are also in the website, thoseconspiracyguys.com. And we have minds.com as well, which is a small vlog uh, that's focused on free speech and stuff like that that I like to share all that stuff on too. We have a t-shirt store on Public, and you have all these themed t-shirts. Uh, so for each episode, I go in and I curate like 10, 12, 15 different designs uh, from the massive stable 
of designs that are already there. And I also get very talented people on Fiverr.com to design specific designs from in jokes and within the show, like uh, alien robot zombies and stuff like that. And they were able to uh, they're able to send them to me. I can put them on T Public, and then you can buy them on T-shirts or mugs or blankets or you know towels, onesies for babies, whatever the fuck you want. Uh, you can get them. And we do have a sister podcast called Why Press Play. It's on a small hiatus at the moment, but it will be coming back. I'm making loads of content for it and uh, it's being edited right now. And then the main thing that's happening in my life at the moment, it's been taking over so much of my time, uh, but it it will be the future of the show and it's going to be amazing, is the GoFundMe. So it's GoFundMe.com slash TCGTV, where I want to go to America for a year from the end of October 2018 until summer 2019 and make 12 feature length documentaries. It sounds like a lot. 12 feature-length documentaries, a daily vlog. I want to be able to write loads every day and visit the places, meet the people, and talk to the experts that now we make podcasts on stuff from the internet. I want to meet these people firsthand, shake paws, you know, get the firsthand information from their mouths, film them, film our adventures. And the uh, the episodes are like uh, economics where we look at, you know, the Federal Reserve, money, banking, cryptocurrency, or gun control where we actually go to people who own guns go to people who want them gone go to victims of gun control and go to owners go to manufacturers of guns talk about legislation and legislators and uh, the different gun laws in different states traveling all over america trying to do that there's another one on medicine where we go to colorado and visit some of the medical marijuana growers and then also go and visit loads of doctors who have come out against big pharma and said we've been bribed uh, by uh, certain pharmaceutical companies to over prescribe opiates it's not investigative. It's more collectivist. Like I'm collecting information. I'm not going digging for stuff. I want to be able to show these uh, uh, the to- these topics as I do in the podcast in a kind of a, a balanced but but pointed way. Maybe moving you towards something that more resembles truth in the age of fake news. Uh, and this GoFundMe trip is going to last for a year. It, it's going to cost, and it already has cost loads and loads. Uh, we're at fifty eight percent of our goal right now which is amazing and uh, loads of people have donated and so thanks very much for all of that if you want to donate yourself if you want to buy me a coffee buy me a beer a lot of people said i buy you a beer if i ever met you man buy me a beer send me the money for the beer to gofundme.com slash tcgtv and help me make this uh, uh, massively audacious project uh, if it's made we won't be asking for money ever again on the show because netflix is going to give me a million dollars and we're going to be able to make it for as long as we like, uh, as well as this podcast. So gofundme.com slash TCGTV and help a brother out uh, making a television show. Okay, so with all that out of the way, uh, let, let's get into it. We're talking about the Lizard King, well, the Lizard Prince. Uh, at a young age, uh, you know, uh, Jim Jim was, was very young when he was born. He was, yeah. Yeah. When, uh, when he was, usually. Yeah, when he was uh, one, he was one. Yeah, he was just, fact. just over before 365 that he was days. Uh, James Douglas Morrison was born on the 8th of December 1943 in Florida to uh, uh, the auspiciously named Rear Admiral <laughs> George Stephen oh, Morrison. Mrs. Yes. It does sound, <laughs> yeah, I never... It's like, that's what his wife called him. You are the Admiral of my Rear. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or something like, oh, what, him? He's, he's, he's a bloody Rear Admiral, isn't he? Oh, man. <laughs> and uh, his, his wife, Clara, which is Jimmy's mother. Come aboard, my dear. And <laughs> oh, by all accounts, Jim was a very shy and curious chap and... He, and, and in all the documentaries that I watched on him, mm. one of the most formative uh, incidents or the main incident in his life is is claimed by many, uh, and Jim says this too, yeah. that uh, the incident where he was traveling through the desert with his family and he witnessed a car crash where 
some uh, Native Americans were lying on the road bleeding yeah. according to the song yeah uh, so they were driving through the desert Jones highway bleeding yeah and like he, they witnessed the car crash he was supposed to be four at the time and i mean shit like is that something that a four-year-old would that traumatize you would you it like, it leaves some sort of psychic implantation sure. wouldn't it would it would, would, <laughs> would it damage you so much that you'd hyperbolically describe it again and again and again in song and poetry and yeah like it must have really affected them are yeah. Some people pretend that it could have been just his niche. Like he's like, he just liked Native American stuff and he just... Idea of it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, he said, I mean, he said, he said, so whether you believe this is true or not, he said that the spirit of one of the dying Indians entered him and basically never left. And then there's a time later on jumping to the end, near the end of his life, like this last gig in November 1970. And yeah. Manzarak says that he came out and it was the old Morrison strutting and doing his stuff. And then about 50 minutes in, he just sits down on the stage. And Manzarak said, and I saw all of the psychic energy leave him in that instant. Uh, like the spirit of the, uh, the dead Indian. Yeah, leave like, him. like so, so if you if you buy them, like if so, so here's the here's the way that I, I always try and break things down into systems and stuff like this. Right. So 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 evidence on one side. Uh, Jim Morrison has survived. How do we know? Because we're still talking about him now. They still sell records. They still mean something. So what he produced 50 years ago still seemingly somehow has re- relevance now. Yeah. People still find a resonance kind of in it. So there was. So that that to me is that's that's the hallmark of art. That means it does it beyond yeah. you. You can make people feel things over generations, over decades. The ideas he had in his mind at that point have actually successfully traversed time. Mm. And by just listening to his voice, they jump from his brain into his voice, into the microphone, into the recording equipment, into your ears and into your fucking brain. And much you go, like bong! The, much like the spirit jumping into his body exactly, when he was right, Exactly, right. So if we you... We could just do it with electricity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now that we do it with We've electricity. We've invented a way. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've created our immortality with uh, electricity. Well, f- fingers yeah. crossed. I mean, somebody still has to pay the, the hosting fee for this to stay online, yeah. but I'm sure it's on YouTube forever or whatever. I just always think... Yeah. If we all died in the morning, like... This should be here forever. Think about the and opening be... scene in Contact. And it's just like, yeah. you know, it's like, so I love this that. is, love this that is a, an expanding Hitler envelope. Oh, and... it's fucking terrifying. I, uh, it's great. Like, I love it. You know, if you ever ended up on the radio, you go, you know, what, well, that's going to pass by Jupiter in about exactly. 75 years. <laughs> 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 awesome. Yeah. Where do the podcasts go, though? Yeah. It's yeah. not as broadcast. Where, where, do the yeah. pod, where do podcasts go? That's your <laughs> yeah. book. That's your book. In the apocalypse. Yeah. But Jim, like, this did traumatize Jim. And he says he believes it to be the most formative event in his life he wrote about it in all these songs loads of yeah. poems he referenced the imagery of like the the scattered bodies bleeding you know yeah. and and uh, like he claimed that one of these native american shaman jumped into him like you yes. said rob and stayed his, there his family don't remember the event the same way no they were like yeah we're just driving up the road and <laughs> it's just like there was a crash or whatever and, and we, we did know. a bit of rubbernecking yeah and, uh, absolutely yeah but for an adult to see that stuff when you know what it happens like it's like meh yeah, mm. but for a child, like it's that's why they put like ratings on movies so you don't yeah. see somebody getting shot with a shotgun and their fucking head explodes and you're like, yeah. that can happen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like when that um, kids show got interrupted in America uh, because of a high speed car chase. 
Oh Christ So it's after school yeah. kid, kid shows on TV We, we, we interrupt this Regular programme To bring you this <laughs> To bring you real chase. life <laughs> And so uh, Thousands Millions if not yeah. Kids sat around the TV Watching this thing go Oh why isn't Barney on yeah. And, yeah. and the dude uh, Finally gave up Jumped out yeah. of the car Put two barrels Of a shotgun <laughs> under his chin And blew his head off Live on TV yeah. oh So God. that's why they had to Come up with uh, that, what, what year uh, was that uh, That was like uh, Very recent That was like in only about the, mon- the montage ago. in uh, Bowling for Columbine At the very start When it shows a lot of uh, gun, yeah. you know, violence on camera. That so, clip is in there. So Columbine was ninety eight. So, yeah, it's like so I, I, I'd say it happened. Yeah. In, I think it happened in the, in, in the nineties. Yeah. But that, but that happened. And yeah. I think that's why they, when they came up with uh, maybe a, a delay or some sort of like yes. uh, here, let's dump ten second dump. Yeah, or something. yeah something like that. Like or, or a warning saying, listen, yeah. we're going to put this on. You know, and the something. previous maybe. time it happened would have been Jack Ruby. Killing, yeah, killing actually, yeah. Maybe yeah, that's that's the thing. Dennis Leary did that he whole did. bit about like, you know, we were afraid to charge his hell for 30 years. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's the thing that traumatized the snowflake generation that people are giving out about that yeah. they're all like, no, their parents they're, did. They're way more compassionate and they're like, oh, maybe overly compassionate because they, yeah. they, they were watching Barney the Dinosaur and the next thing, some cunt blew his fucking head off with a shotgun and wow. they're all like, that can happen. <laughs> that yeah. can, we whittled all down let's to that just, incident. Let's make sure no one gets offended and everyone's just nice to each other so no <laughs> so, one will blow their head off. So again. we have found patient zero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we whittled it down to that. It was that, it was that I moment. I knew it was the media. It was I that knew moment. it was the media yeah, all along, man. That's weird. <laughs> um, so yeah, they say that uh, like his sister claims that he, he has this penchant for hyperbole and he exaggerates these stories for, for dramatic effect. And maybe I pu- I put it out there to Jim Morrison fans that maybe this slight kind of bit, like I I guess yeah okay a reasonably traumatic thing seeing a lot of dead bodies on the fucking road maybe that coupled with the trauma of having to move house a bunch of times you're driving from Florida to to California to change you know and you're driving through New Mexico and you see you know some some Indians like fucking well, let, let me be mystical about it then right? maybe, so. maybe maybe that's that trauma it, like the you know, because he said in press interviews later on, his parents were dead yeah. and he was an orphan and he mm. was found on the side of the road and he didn't know his lineage and he, you know, he had uh, affiliations with, with, with American Indians and stuff like that, that it could, he was putting that mysticism out there. Yeah. Maybe he just really hated his parents. Yeah. Yeah. God. Yeah. I get that. And that was the trauma of that. And he just like funneled that trauma of yeah. being moved around into a very interesting story or, about some yeah. Indians. Would be more cynical. I mean, yeah, just and turned that into a hook. Yeah, yeah. If you want to be and like, of all cynical. the people in that car, only one of them went on to become Jim Morrison. So the other thing as well is like you know, kind of one of the reasons why artists are artists is that they have a better imagination. Is it imagination or is it perception? So maybe he saw something that was just like he's getting a different form of signal. He's getting a different yeah. form of reality signal that the other the others aren't. I'm not saying it's not. They, they, all, saw, they all saw the same thing. They all but yeah. he sees he's it. the one who saw yeah. something different. But the context saw, is just Yeah, Absolutely. like if you, you have to have, people say for photography, you have to have an eye. Yeah. So like if you're taking the picture that, that you will get that image into the lens. Yes. That will put that, for, will force the context of those things yeah. into the eye of the beholder. Yeah. One very famous one is um, the vulture uh, uh, yeah, standing the, the to child. the side of the little child who's like slumped over or whatever. Yeah. Now to somebody who's looking at that, I was like, yeah, so what? It's a fucking bird <laughs> and it's like a hungry kid. And you something. know what? Yeah. I, I it's like also, a fucking, like one of those uh, Warner Brothers. What am I looking uh, at here? Fucking hey. coyote roadrunners. It's a fucking roadrunner so and a kid me. is like sitting there, he's asleep, it's fucking warm or something. He needs a sandwich. You know, wh- what more do you want from me? I heard that, uh, I heard the whole fucking thing is faked anyway. The whole fucking thing is staged. Yeah, that guy, he he, he was supposed, he, he said, he, I'm not going to help because, you know, I'm not supposed to interfere with the subject That's or whatever. That's the prime directive. 
Mr. Data, do not touch that child. Let the vulture eat the child. But for the person who is able to understand art and put that context into yeah. it, they're going, oh, that child is so hungry. Yeah. That's going to die. And that vulture is waiting for it to die. Just so it can absolutely. eat it. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the processing of those things for one person is like, yeah, it's a bird and a child. Yeah. And for another person, they it's like... They see a bird and a child and the people see a metaphor. And, like, and like America it, is taking over yeah. Africa I, and blah, I, I, blah, I blah. Must, like, I must grab my easel immediately. Yes. Yeah. This is worthy of... Cap- out of so all Jim of the reality, of this, soul, is the, this is a little yeah. blob of reality right here, right now that needs to be captured. Like, that's the artist. Like, uh-huh. That's that's the gig. So, yeah, man. so, yeah, maybe his sister didn't remember it and maybe he did or maybe he embellished it and stuff. They're all kind of possible. Mm. But her turning around and saying, well, he's... He, Full of hyperbole. No, Jim Morrison. Full of hyperbole. <laughs> Show off Jim Morrison. Really? So that's not a fucking argument Half against naked it. leather pants rock god. <laughs> Absolutely. Rock god. That's like, he yeah. seemed so fucking nice. Oh, I, that's not an argument for it not happening. I'll go with that. I'll say that it was probably, no, we're not going to call it a, a road accident humdrum, but uh, they probably did, you know, rubberneck it a little bit, you know. Yeah. 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 Slow yeah. down a little bit, yeah. have a goo. What's yeah. going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just something he never forgot. Well, I'm sure we all have something from our yeah. childhood going, God, and like Native that? Americans at that time would have been like essentially an underclass and stuff. They, in they absolutely would. So, have, yeah. so, so. Do you, I mean, it's possible that like you know his family didn't notice because like oh that's just poor people being all, being all killed yes. by reality over there. Especially, that happens all especially the time. when you especially when your dad is. Get, what do you do again for a living? You're rear rear admiral. admiral. Oh, I launch bombs off ships yeah. and blow the. Shit I would get out. And, I would get out and help them, but I have would a be, wounded knee. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like it seems it, somehow hypocritical of me to be helping people. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, how can I launch those missiles in good conscience if I get out and help? these people yeah. <laughs> these are the same shade of people I'm bombing <laughs> <laughs> they're brown and helpless I have where's my, my big red button I have my little target swatch here yeah. which has a line goes don't kill don't kill getting darker start to kill him <laughs> but like little Jim when he's remembering that yeah. later on say when you're 12 and you remember something when you're 4 like when he's yeah. 12 he knows his dad's in the army when he's 16 his fucking justice clit is yeah. just yeah. engorged yeah. and he's like I remember that time that we drove by those fucking yeah. Indians and I thought about that loads of times since and now I know what you do for a living daft. Fuck you for not helping. Like, yeah. you had them on and they were just like poor Indians on the fucking side of the road. You cunt. And it, it, it yes, became like it became part became of his thing. identity yeah. that he uh, lodged his disdain for like... Uh, um, it became totemic. Totemic. Uh, <laughs> ironically, <Hey>. you know. <laughs> yeah. So it, like, it, it put it put the oppressed and oppressor, it put the... Yeah. The bourgeoisie and the and the and the proletariat yeah. into the mind of Jim Morrison, where there is in this a divided. We can see yes, all of humanity. In this snapshot, this is we how see it. it works. Yeah. And the children of those privileged people yeah. get to just like drive by in a nice car and just watch yeah. it happen and forget about it and, and forget, forget that it, about it. it. Just, or have one little bit so, of empathy. Oh, look, that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder where the next fucking truck stop is. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. yeah that's it. It's mad, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Morrison recalls of this incident that he said. All I saw was funny red paint and people lying around, but I knew something was happening because uh, I could dig the vibrations of the people around me because they were my parents and all, and all of a sudden I realized uh, they didn't know what was happening any more than I did. You know, that was at that time, the uh, first time I tasted fear. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> That'll do. Some some point around there, it nearly went into Obama. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, uh, all I saw was uh, funny red paint and uh, people lying around. But I knew something was happening because I could dig uh, the vibrations of the people around me because uh, they're my parents and all. All of a sudden, 
I realized that they didn't know what was happening any more than I did. Uh, that was the first time I uh, tasted fear. <laughs> Obama out. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Lovely. But that 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 kind of those kind of comments from like you know a dude like that when he's thinking back on his life, yeah. like that was the first time I tasted fear. Like, can you guys remember the first time you were like truly afraid for your life? Ooh. Like I can. It was it was uh, like I I had a plastic knife, you know. Yeah. Uh, that were part of like some pirate set or something. Mm. Yeah. And I was messing. And the dog, and we were messing, me and the dog were on an adventure, you know, and then the dog's in the end of the garden, and he barked at me for some reason. And I went, yeah, and I thought, oh, let's have a mess fight. And I, like, bared my teeth, and he's going, Arr. and I put the knife up, going like, ah, like, I'm playing, thinking, yeah. ah, the dog is playing at me. And the cunt came for me. <laughs> and he had me by the arm, and he was, like, shaking my arm. Really? And he bit, like, bit, not into my arm, but bit yeah. my arm, bit my sleeve. Like, he was just like, you're not fucking stabbing me with that. Because, I mean, dogs don't know what plastic knives are. Yeah. Fucking, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. But I was like, oh, the trust has been broken. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck dogs. Fuck this dog as well. Yeah. Like, double fuck Definitely, this dog. Yeah. But also, I want to kill him. Double yeah. fuck this dog. I like say, so I wish this knife was real. If it was, your brown bread, you fucking cunt. Yeah. Like, we are no longer friends and you're going to be in the family for years. Yeah. yeah. I think, shit. I think that was like i was like six or seven right i was like oh no that's not good yeah do you know like that was the first time i was like oh my mortality i might actually die now yeah, do you know yeah yeah um another time i was in a pool in, in, on holidays and and my, my brother was drowning my brother was drowning in mm. the pool he was having trouble and i jumped in and i got him up on my shoulders and tried to get him out of the pool and then he was he just went into survival mode and, yeah. and put his legs around my head and he kept his head above the water and i was underneath the water and i wasn't able to breathe I started breathing in water and I was like, oh, and all I could think of was like, oh, yeah, this is how I die now. Shit, <laughs> shouldn't have done that. But it was also calm. Like, I wasn't yeah. panicking. I wasn't doing it. I was just like, ah, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, fuck. Ah, balls. I was quite enjoying that. Uh, yeah, but that's it. It was like computer game mentality. It was like, okay, Now's I'll just wait till I run out of air and I'll start again. Yeah. <laughs> I'll respawn yeah. in, the safe yeah. Yeah. in a safe place. I'll just go through, I'll just go through like the next, like I just hit continue. Mm. It was like Sonic the Hedgehog when he's under the water level and you just get an air bubble like yeah. bop, bop. <laughs> <laughs> But no, it was it was game over. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I was totally okay with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the pool I was like, ah fuck. Oh gee, I knew I knew that was a bad idea. What am I thinking? Okay. <laughs> here we go Should again. I was ready today. to go for that. And then the next thing a hand came down and my dad put, pulls out and I was yeah. like, hubble, hubble, I got sick. And I was like, you're looking as age. I got a little like jump like a little tightness in my chest yeah. yeah a small headache like no oxygen yeah and then the next thing that dissipated and it was like a yeah, like yeah. a blue flash of light went across my eyes and yeah. all my head just didn't feel like anything anymore and i was like ah oh, yeah i'm cool with this it's all good oh i had a few childhood accidents but not, not nothing that i thought oh this is gonna kill me yeah know? and i was totally mm. i was like yeah ah, that's grand yeah but apparently drowning deaths are they're suppo supposed to be like drugs like it's supposed to be like bliss well I don't, get down I there. don't believe that I, I, do I, I because it, it uh, apparently uh, yeah 
Well, I don't know. I heard that uh, all bodily fluids get released at that moment. So essentially, one, you know, has an orgasm. One comes when one is Yeah, but I'm not sure. It's, it, that might be a prostate orgasm. So it's not necessarily like, oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah it's choke me a bit more. Choke me. It's, I've heard it described as uh, it's the body's last ditch attempt. It's like, well, we might be dying. Come, just in case we might get something yeah. pregnant around I'm here. I'm firing everything <laughs> at the problem here. <laughs> Absolutely. Pew, pew. Yeah. It's that, it's yesterday's enterprise. That'll be the day. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like, fire all weapons. It's, 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 it's when your life flashes before your eyes is like Mr. Data uh, yeah. go, do, 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 yeah. on the panel do, 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 do. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, look, 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 look. Just, let's go through your whole life Everything. and see if we can't get you out of this absolutely yeah have we been here before how did we get out of it yeah. the last time ah, oh, turns out we're not sorry that's all folks yeah supposed to yeah. be this blissful uh, see, passing that's, a, that's only people you know after the initial <laughs> panic yeah. but it is it's like 15 seconds of panic and then what are you going to do like? but then yeah. yeah then it's not, not nitrogen narcosis or something yeah it? it's yeah. mad it's mad yeah. it's mad Phil. so uh, Jim was uh, basically a, like a genius level IQ yeah. he had 149 IQ and he was an exemplary student academically but his classroom behaviour apparently was less than desirable he'd come to class late uh, he'd regale the audience with tales of being kidnapped by gypsies. That's he'd why he was wear late. leather pants and no top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like eleven. <laughs> yeah, he'd bring on puberty ten years early. <laughs> <Can you> imagine <laughs> Spot has a red ball. <laughs> See Spot run. How wheels on a bus go around? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fucking crazy, man. Imagine, imagine Jim Morrison standing at the top of the class telling you why he's like, and then these two gypsies, man. <laughs> Once upon a time. <laughs> And you know, nobody lived happily like, ever like after. Like young Jim Morrison, but he, he, <laughs> yeah, he's then it was just these two gypsies and they, uh, yeah, they were like, cool. Yeah. You know, and, uh, I'm not really even sure I'm, I'm but here. If, if you listen yeah. to children lying, like they're so bad at lying, but he was able to like, <laughs> yeah. just make this stuff up. I, I can identify. It's a great storyteller. I can identify. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I made stuff up all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I had such an interesting life that never happened. A 149 IQ practically makes you a new species. Yeah, it's pretty like high, it's, man. It's really high. Like yeah. they say, like Einstein 140 had like one sixty. One forty is genius. Yeah, Einstein so one and Marilyn Monroe were one sixty. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, and crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, he slept with her. You know that? But Einstein. Yeah, slept with Marilyn Monroe. Nice. I know that's a rumor. I don't think it actually happened, but that's uh, that, that's out there. So <laughs> wow. Yeah. I've never heard that, but that's fucking <laughs> great. Was, he was the only guy that could stimulate her intellectually. Yeah. Yeah. There you nah, go. Nah, yeah, nah, maybe. Nah, 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 oh, Marilyn, nah. I like to watch your movies. <laughs> the one with the white dress when nah. it blows up around nah, your Marilyn. hinterstinkel. <laughs> oh. Do the long division. I want to be loved by Jews, just Jews, <laughs> nobody else but Jews. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's it's such a weird thing though to hear like young Jim going on like like fucking baby Mojo Ryzen like yeah. he he had it from he had it from the get go from the get go would yeah. you would you look back at yourself as a kid and go oh, man I was pretty dark I was a fucking oh, nightmare I'd say. I, I was I was kind of dark it would come up with stuff and like I remember I still remember like a, an older brother or sister would kind of look at you and go that's weird where did that come from why, why did you think that and say it out loud they're just thoughts yeah, I don't think all. them they occur to I'm me I'm not crazy they're like <laughs> yeah. okay but you're an odd kid yeah I used to listen to you. like uh, com comedy tapes and stuff you know like uh, uh, very adult jokes yeah. mm. uh, Neil Tobin let's say is an Irish comedian yeah. or indeed Richard Pryor um, I used to listen to uh, Monty Python uh, recordings of yeah. sketches yeah. Yeah, Bre like, Brendan Grace yeah. listened as well like a lot of Irish comedians stuff. and I'd be up at the tape player with the headphones on, kneeling up in the high chair and just be listening and listening and listening. And I'd listen again and again and again and again. I'd laugh the first few times and the rest of them memorizing it. Yeah. And then, you know, 
Uh, my mad come in with her friends after a night out and they'd wake me up, you know, at 12 o'clock at night or something. Yeah. Get up and sing us a song. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, I can't sing, but I'll tell you a poem. And they're like, okay. Then i tell this, like, poem. And Neil Tobin had written one, like, in the style of Chaucer or something <laughs> like that. And I'm, like, an eight-year-old child just going, like, yeah. in a small hotel in London, <laughs> you know the kind of kip where all the beds are sticky and the taps and ceilings drip. And I'm eight, and I'm doing it in an English accent, and they're like... <laughs> Does he even, does he does know he what this know? means? This is gas. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Ma- he's mental. <laughs> Give him do a cap full of whiskey there. Yeah, absolutely, let's get him going. <laughs> do, do, do that I know, that was the oh, thing. Yeah. Do, do, do that the Irish bribe, here's a cap full of whiskey. Now yeah. do it again. And now, and now I have a fucking glass of wine in front of me. <laughs> yeah. that, that's your fault. <laughs> and that's called progress. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, Ma, I made it. It's got a bigger cap. Yeah. But yeah, it, it it was so weird like that. He'd go into class. He he'd say, "I'm late because I got kidnapped by gypsies." Or what? What a favorite thing of his to do was to stand up and feign like a heart attack or a brain a brain aneurysm. Brilliant. Scream and then fall to the ground dead and do all the twitches and all the stuff. And people would start freaking out and calling a nurse and because they had to, it was their job. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. They could. Have to and he's also he's so smart. Like if he was a dumb kid doing that, they would have fucked him out really quickly. But yeah, he's really, yeah. and they know, like, because you've got a kid who's got a hundred and forty nine IQ, and they know it, and they're like, "Why is he and pushing like, me? Why exactly, is he pushing me? Like, this like, Morrison you know, kid is keeping me up. We can't lose this one. This one's really important. Yeah. This one might have big thoughts and do something fucking interesting. It's like yeah. keep it. Oh God damn it! He took the piss again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he 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 looked like Leave It to Beaver. He he yeah. was like real buttoned down. You know, like a... Gee, like Ma, a, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe life is like, oh, meaningless, and this is just a veil of tears. Oh, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jim, you're going to eat up all your vegetables? No, Ma, because this is just a vessel for my essence. <laughs> I don't need no vegetables. But, Jim, if you don't eat your vegetables, how can you break on through to the other side? <laughs> break on through to the other side. With cabbage. Do, 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 do. Sponsored by Colgate. <laughs> But it, it, it's just, you can see Jim yeah. then. You can see and, se- seedling Jim. And for any of you guys that have like, lizard you know, older nephews that yeah. are, you know, 16, 17 now, when they were like two, three, you can see from a baby. Like I have some nieces and nephews, you know, <laughs> when they were babies. So they're yeah. like, dude, I remember you like two days old and now you're like six. Yeah. <laughs> And you're identical. So you were always that. <laughs> yeah, your person. vibe hasn't changed at all. One bit. And people think it's like yeah. nature over nurture. There's a massive element of like nature. Like there's a, there's a, like yeah, a that's massive it. element of nature. My wife, I think, if if you were to kind of like reduce my wife to an essence, right? It basically just it's just the middle finger, right? That's just she just she just has fuck you written all the way through, right? And there's a story about her when she was like something like two years of age, and her and her family are driving around. And she didn't want to be fucking there. And the dad's driving and stuff like this. And dad likes, well, if you don't want to go on, you can just get out of the car. And she went, okay. Oh and she opens God. the car and gets out. Now, her dad told this uh, at, at our wedding. And he says, I drove about 30 meters down the road. I went, hang on a sec. She <laughs> got out of the car. <laughs> <laughs> two-year-old has just got out of the car. Wow. And he was like, shit, I've lost this. I mean, there's, there's just, there's, there's no way. Where it's do you like, go from yeah, there? Where do you go from there? Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta, so I just, went back and picked her up and put her back in the car like you know and Fio always says I knew I'd won yeah 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 but <laughs> yeah. that's a precedent that was probably never broken that's it. Then. exactly like, that's really... it and it's like like you can't put that into someone that's yeah. there yeah that's just there why was my thing 
Yeah. I was I was white. Yeah, you were white. a white kid. Yeah, right. I'm, I was a white kid. I was a fucking prick, I'd say. Well, actually, I'm going to say... Why like Sky Blue? Oh. No, not even that, but like... No. yeah. Do, do this. Why? Oh. I don't want to. You tell me why I should, and I will. If you can, <laughs> give, me good, if you can give me a good enough answer, I'll yeah, do it. I'll do it. Go, go to answer. Because I'm telling you to do it. Because, yeah. because I told you. Because, yeah. or, because that's the why. Yeah, I mean, like, why I do you want me to do that because that's, that's the why you know what when I did that in maths grammatically, that didn't give me any marks for that yeah, yeah. Okay, equals B why because that's the why because that's the why because that's, <laughs> that's the why what does take that apart what does that mean because that's the why so that so like one, one of the maddest stories that I read was one of uh, uh, one of Jim's girlfriends Tandy Martin yeah. and she tells a story <laughs> that could only be uh, understood as what we would deem the real Jim yeah. Uh, Jimbo, so, as yeah. he becomes. <laughs> yeah, that's this the might be the first appearance of Jimbo of of uh, the, the early Mo- Mr. Mojo Rising. Well, no, Jimbo was the the name they gave to drunk Jim around about the soft parade oh, when he was yeah, yeah, when it yeah, was yeah. bad, messy. Man. It was yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that 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 disco song on Soft Parade is awful. You know that one. Dun, 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 Actually, dun, dun, the thing dun, is, it bananas. Bananas. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Oh, but yeah. it gets better. Like, but it's in four stages and stuff, and each stage gets better. And by the end of it, like, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, but you know, you know, soft years ago, parade, I turned it off. Yeah. Soft parade was Ugh. just for the the musicians. Yeah. That whole album was just for the lads okay. to go. Yeah. Like, let's see what. Because yeah. we we always say we, we're, we're glad Elvis died when uh, we we do we do this yeah. on stage. We're glad Elvis died when he did because if he had lived like another year, he would have yeah. done disco. Yeah. So Elvis would be up there. Home alone, home alone, home alone, home alone, home alone, home alone. How I feel. Hey, hang on. This is a homosexual song. It sounds like a homosexual song. No, King. No, no, no. It's the hottest shit. Just try the next one. I'm coming out. I'm coming. I want the world to. No, that definitely sounds homosexual. Let me do that Bee Gees one. No, King, that's taken, I'm afraid. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> <Just like laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> but not for long, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was, it's fucked. Like, this this gym that was exposed yeah. <laughs> exposed to Tandy Martin yeah. was, I think, closest to what Jim would, would aspire to be. It, I think it was, like, the darkest inner, inner work. Yeah. Like, it's like the debauchers. It's like fucking... Do you know the, the Pe- mad people. shit that we used to do, like stick your fucking dick in stuff or yeah. like you know stuff that you don't want anyone else to know like you yeah you, you, which you, generally you, involved the first bit as yeah well, something like. to do with your dick or something yeah. to do with like you know uh uh you were like i wonder what come tastes like and you're like <laughs> oh, <laughs> it tastes like slowberries this is what if i put my finger on every that should be tattooed onto your shoulder 10 questions that will make sense later on in your life yeah Come taste a bit like sour snot. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, fair yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. Like, like Jim, Jim was willing to let that guy out. Yeah. Whereas the the majority of the rest of us have done an awful thing. Oh, yeah. Or six or seven. Yeah. And only you and the animal are the, yeah. the piece <laughs> of furniture. Or the bird in the tree. Yeah, knows. the bird yes. in the tree. No, like yeah. only you. That, like, that Thank sacred, God that bird's long dead. That yeah. sacred yeah, yeah. is for me and Jesus. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like... Jim let that guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? People love that guy. Yeah. Well, it's the the it is the it is the unfettered like it is the yeah. it's the like sometimes I want to fucking do shit like yeah. that. And it's like why don't you? Oh, because it's me. It's law and society. <laughs> society and, and, and people would feel bad. Yeah. And, and so maybe maybe Jim 
Jim, uh, you know, you show off your girlfriend, your yeah. young yeah. teenage girlfriend. You were, you were a bit of an arrogant little prick, weren't you? You know yeah. what I mean? Mm, so, I, I was a bit more timid. No, I, I was, I was a big lad in front of the boys, but uh, the, I didn't think it translated into the girls' thing because, like, they didn't get my humor. Yeah, yeah. And I was a bit too, like, you know. But this is this is Jim showing off. But this, you yeah. know, it's, it's different when Jim Morrison acts. That's up. the thing. Like, mm. yeah, how could Jim get away with it? But Tandy, Tandy wasn't best pleased. They went out, uh, like they were in school together, and uh, she was this normal middle of the road chick, and she thought he was the same. Like he, he looked like Leave It to Beaver. Like, he had a little fucking yeah. a little po- white polo neck, and then, you know that, uh, that white woolly cardigan with the blue stripe <laughs> yeah. and the red stripe mm-hmm. has a big J on it. Oh, yeah, and he's yeah. all like all American. Uh, son of a fucking military man, like mm. you'd think, yeah, this kid is going to be like reasonably normal. Yeah, happy. Looks like uh, 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 Richie R- Cunningham yeah. or some shit, right? <laughs> so after some familiarity and I guess some soft petting, uh, Jim started to get, quote, weird, Tandy says. He pulled his flies down and he threatened to piss on the neighbor's lawns on the walk around uh, the, the, the very affluent neighborhood around their school. So he'd, he'd like be walking her home and he'd, he'd pull his dick out and go, I'm going to piss on these guys' lawns. Look at him, I'm a big rebel. And she's all like, um, put your fucking dick away, you weirdo. Mm. And then uh, he a- apparently dropped to his knees on a busy commuter train mm. and he started screaming and trying to pull off her shoes saying, all I want to do is kiss your precious feet. <sighs> okay. Being yeah. freaky, trying to be like, like toe sucking shit like you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's like, get the fuck up. What are you doing? So again, this, this is like he's, in, he's 15, 16. He's trying to figure out how the world works. How he's like, this, if, like, I if I do, I do this, this, what happens? If I do this, what happens? But you're coming from a kid who like fakes epileptic seizures yeah. in his classroom. Mm. Like this is obviously it's unusual. Not, she was afraid to go, okay, let's go have sex. Because what the fuck would happen with a dude who's if like that? you want to kiss like, my precious feet on a bloody train. Yeah. 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 Do you know? And, and, and the reality is all Jim wanted to do really in that moment was kiss her feet. Probably. Yeah. It was sort of like, I'll just wind it up. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He probably would have. Yeah, yeah. You imagine he would have done it. Like, yeah, yeah, of course. Exactly. Well, yeah. if this is not the most Jim Morrison's type story that you've ever heard, right? Okay. One incident she remembers was being behind the Corcoran Gallery in Washington Mall in front of a marble nude. And he was shouting at her and pushing her in the back of the neck, pushing her face towards the marble nude's arse, screaming, put your orbicular muscle to work and kiss the gluteus maximus. Now, for those that don't know, the orbicular muscle is the muscle that makes your mouth into a circle. The one that pulls your lips in to make a kiss face. Oh, I was actually looking at it going, how could she kiss the ass of the statue with her, something to do with her eye? Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. Or, or, orbicular oris is the mouth and orbicular anus is the eye. Oh, so, so there's two so, orbicular. So make yourself a duck face. I think and anus, A-N-I-S. Oh, right, anus. Okay. A-N-I-S. And oris is the mouth one. Good Lord. So it's like these contracting, like your eyes have a contracting muscle as well as your mouth. Yeah. So, like, if you think about it, the eye does the same thing as the mouth, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, know? I see, yeah. So it's the same, it's the yeah. same contracting. So he's like, but, like, who fuck knows that at 15? Yeah. yeah I have to a... look that shit up today, and I'm 35. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm... put your orbicular muscle to work and kiss the gluteus maximus, which is the, the, the muscles in your arse. Yeah. 
Like but that's a fucking weird cheeks. thing to say, bro. Yeah, that's very strange. That's a weird fucking thing to say, right? The closest thing I ever, I remember smacked I smacked a, a nude statue on, on, yeah. on the ass, and I, I I knew I'd hit rock bottom. <laughs> hey, hey, lovely. <laughs> in Rome, I was in Rome there a couple of months ago, and all of the all of the dudes that have anything that's hanging out, yeah, like they're all shined. Like if they have a dick on a statue yeah. a lot of the statues in Rome are covered with a leaf because one of yeah. the yeah. popes came in and went no Mickey's yeah. and covered them all with, with leaves but a few of them have like a hand out like this yeah. and all the hands are like black smooth like polished because mm-hmm. people will just be walking by and be like and just pull it yeah. <laughs> just like a human thing to just like touch yeah. that thing yeah. or you know on the stage of the Apollo they have that big block of wood yeah. and people come along the road for a look or whatever yeah. oh yeah like it's that thing like you're just drawn to it something think, important know. happened yeah. here I want a bit of it like is there some of it yeah. still in there is there some of that magic in so there? many people have touched yeah. that thing it's like and yeah. You know, if it was a piece of rubbish, you'd be like, oh, you get hepatitis off of that. Yeah. But because it's like a stone statue, you think it's okay. Blarney stone. People bend over yeah. backwards, literally, to kiss the literally. Blarney stone. Ha- yeah. And. Risk life in them. At night time, mm. cork people go out drinking and piss on that <laughs> at night. That's what <laughs> they say. Yeah. So they so say. So you're like, oh, you I know kissed the Blarney do. stone. Yeah. How do you know? Because you got a load of warts on your fucking face. <laughs> I kissed the Blarney stone when I pissed on the Blarney stone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> piss me, I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like, maybe he was too cool for a 15 year old but he was yeah. just cool enough to be twen- to be like in his early 20s like if he's doing that shit and you're in your early 20s mm. you're uh, a like a bohemian cool sexy man yeah. do you know I want to kiss your feet on a train absolutely like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Or it's just a 15 year old but I'm going to say it in, in, yeah. while we're not on a train yeah, absolutely yeah. a 15 year old girl like doesn't know what her fanny is for but for the most part for yeah. most girls they're just like oh yeah let's have a romance and give me a kiss and touch, squeeze me tits yeah, but they're not write, like write me a lovely letter. Yeah, they're not like wreck my box. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Make make. But you know what's gonna make my fanny look like right. a storm drain <laughs> after Hurricane <laughs> Katrina, please. So there's going to be a woman somewhere who is going to be like you know as fucking creative and as intelligent and stuff as Jim Morrison. So she's probably saying this to a 15 year old dude. He's just shaking in yeah. his fucking shorts. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? She's what? just somewhere <laughs> somewhere. Janis Joplin is screaming at him. Yeah. <laughs> so she's some guy's year old in her hand. Kids like ah, stuff it in me, stuff it in me. <laughs> I don't even know how to think about yes. doing that. And yet somehow I'm still hard, I'm yeah. terrified, but I haven't lost my boner, <laughs> which I'm also terrified of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a scare action. Jesus, yeah. Janice, can't we just go kiss some marble statues yeah. in the ass kiss, or something? Janice, you want to kiss my feet? I can't imagine, like, can you imagine being confronted with that girl as a timid 15-year-old boy? Like, I was like, oh, she, I was weird. She, she, I, was she, down, she, I was down to clown. Yeah. In theory. Yeah. <laughs> but when it was put in front of me, I was like, yeah, and I'll try, and, I'll try it. Yeah. But, like, most of the time, a lot of people at that age are very fearful. And I guess, yeah. imagine if she had a reciprocator, maybe Jim would have been like, Bleh! <laughs> Mm. Maybe he was just doing it to show off because he Could knew that she wouldn't. She was a yeah, yeah. plain Jane down to her, like Tandy. She's like, oh yeah, Tandy. She's sound, but she's not too mad. Like, yeah. You know, maybe maybe it was that thing where he's like, I get someone nice and safe and try out my weirdness on her and see if it flies. Mm. If he had have actually got like a freaky weirdo, yeah. he would have been like, oh, um, <laughs> oh, never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, maybe by, by all accounts, Jim was like a nerd who got cool. Isn't it? You know what I mean? Everyone who's kind of cool goes like is the nerdy phase, where just they're just absorbing an awful lot of information. Yeah, like early, and then it's like it all kind of clicks in and goes. Now I'm going to be cool from now on. It's like you know they they have this like it is it's the hero's journey. 
condensed. I always try to be cool, and you know what? I'll never be cool. cool. And that's it. And you've got I'll never to just, be cool. Cool. I'll never be. I'll like, never be proper cool. I'll never I'm be always like, trying a bit. Yeah, <laughs> that means think, you're instantly not, not trying, cool. I'm not, not trying cool. even. It was you said it to me one time. You said, we were just talking, and you said, "If you were cool in school, then you're cool for the rest of your life." Yeah. Yeah. But that's that's the rules. I love that. That was great. Oh, if well. you're able to figure it out, then yeah. But I wasn't cool. I was like yeah. a weirdo. I was annoying yeah. on purpose. <laughs> I was I was a real tryhard for the jokes. I really like was trying to be like, good good, look at me, goofy, <laughs> like doing voices and telling stories, swinging for the nets all the time. But at the same time, I could take you know twenty lads for their hour lunch break. Yeah, and recite. Forrest Gump from memory yeah. Yeah, and yeah. have them sit there for an hour and listen and when the bell rang everyone go Aww. yeah I mean so that's dead you, Do you know what I mean yeah, so there's that them. so it, it, like define what cool is it's, it's yeah. cool being the guy that's like oh he, he rides up to school on a motorcycle and he doesn't speak much and he has long hair and he smokes and there's, then there's you know, that kind of cool one day when you're in like second year in college you, you're home at the weekend and you see oh that mm. guy died of a heroin overdose you're like that guy was so cool mm. like I don't he, think I think that's teenage cool. I think proper thing, cool, like, like proper cool, uh, like so. There's there's think of someone without naming cool. names. So Who was cool, cool in your school? Yeah, I can I can think of I can like, think of two people, and what they were is they they were there was a, an element of they were kind of they weren't dicks. They were kind of kind. They were yeah. kind of kind. Now didn't hang out in my crowd or anything like this, but they were kind. They were kind, of, and they were, you kind of go, they were cool. They didn't give a fuck about what anybody thought. They were just doing their own thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. They were just doing their own thing. So Jim's dad then, let's 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 get into him, uh, the rear admiral, uh, George Morrison. He was a man of note, a yeah. very a very high-ranking dude in the US military. Um, and like Jim would go on to be the, the foremost counterculture icon in the modern world. Like how fucking yeah. ironic is that shit? It's just yin and yang. It's, it is perfect, Crazy. isn't it? It's so balanced. Yeah. That's perfect. You, you, you quite literally, wouldn't, yeah. you wouldn't make it up. Or some people say maybe it was planned all along. Maybe this kid was chosen because, you know, he had the, the charisma. <laughs> to get out there he had the IQ and he was able to keep his mouth shut and do what he was told and maybe Jim was like yeah I want to have an experiment I want to have the, the grandest social experiment I'm fed up with like pitching fits in class and telling people I got so the, the doors were bored. a population scale experiment of Wormwood is that it like I would know, imagine so, so yeah like I mean th- th- <laughs> there's been there's been more crazy shit happen and what, like what, what, Tuskegee experiments and all giving black lads syphilis and yeah there's bigger experiments going on like this was an experiment in crazy experiments. Crazy. It sounds yeah. crazy, but you know, when you look at what actually happened, you're like, well, MK yeah. Ultra yeah. stuff wasn't that huge, easy. Like. I mean, if you look at their life, like if you look at the story, like you can't it it fits the here the the destined for greatness archetype of yeah. Greek mythology. Like it literally does because Dionysus. they don't they don't try mm. hard and yet they just get like success at, like success comes ridiculously quickly and easily for and like them. we said, they weren't fantastically gifted musicians or anything. It just Whatever needed to happen, happened. And there was some magic there to it. And yeah. I think predominantly it was Jim as a front man. Yeah. And that has always been the draw, like Robert, the Robert Plant, you know. Yeah, the, the, yeah it's yeah, always yeah, been. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's the singer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the yeah. singer. Bono, the Mike, Axel Rose. Michael yeah. Hutchins. Michael yeah. Hutchins. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, to, to choose Jim from the stable of, of uh, military children and go, yeah, he's the one. He, he knows what he's doing as well. He studies psychology in college. He yeah. does a lot of stuff. Like mark him. You could see it happening. Um, so what would they get the band to do <clears throat> though? Is it just to hypnotize a whole? I don't know. Uh, maybe mm, it was the tones, what that was the, end game? the frequencies. Maybe the it end was, game. Yeah, yeah. You know. So Jim's dad was, and this is part of the the great mystique. Yeah. 
Jim's dad was commander of the USS Bonhomme Richard, or yeah. uh, uh, the, the Bon Dick, as it was affectionately <laughs> known as, uh, during the 1964 Gulf of Tonkin incident, mm. where the now proven false flag occurred that sparked uh, the US involvement in the Vietnam War. Yeah. Mm. And in the Gulf of Tonkin incident was where the USS Maddox was shot at, allegedly, by North Vietnamese torpedoes and machine guns uh, after doing routine uh, signal operations in the. Uh, the, the sea around Southeast Asia. Yeah. And it was attacked then by these North Vietnamese gunboats and uh, sparked a U.S. retaliation. Um, but, like, the USS Maddox received only one single bullet hole from a Vietnamese... Yeah, and it I didn't mean, happen. A, a bullet hole. Yeah, one bullet hole. And, and it's been proven since that it didn't happen. But in the meantime, the Gulf of Tonkin resolution was signed by Lyndon Johnson, which meant that the U.S. was granted permission to assist the any Southeast Asian government in the defense of their borders from yeah. communist threat and this led then to legal and open warfare against the north vietnamese Viet Cong, yeah which obviously was totally boo like not good no that yeah. was a bold thing to do and gulf of tonkin has been held up then as the ultimate uh provement yeah. that false the flags. american government yeah. are into false flag operations to get people on site i mean for what war. country is crazy enough to declare war in fucking america i mean like you know like, like there's so many like really it's like yeah but no, if no. america were fluting around your borders and they were just oh, like yeah. hey you go here you know, oh, you, you know, it's, you know yeah. it's coming. It's like this. This. this but this twenty is, years ago, they dropped two big ass fucking bombs. <laughs> I mean, sorry, we've got your opinion. We've got your attention now. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, this is how like, it's if you were North Vietnamese and you wanted to get your country back, you wanted to live the way you wanted to live, and China was willing to support you, and America were just doing an ideological war, going, we can't let communism spread because you know, hmm. capitalism was, versus was the communism. War by sixty four, was the war in Vietnam? Because my own, no, my well, own from fifty six, the French were yeah. the French were yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the yeah. French were all going home. Yeah, uh, yeah. They were kind of losing it, and they were like, "Well, shit!" And communism was taking over North Vietnam. Yeah. Vat Nan Trang was bringing troops down from North Vietnam. Ho Chi Minh. Yeah. was totally championing the communist cause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The communist China was pushing money and pushing yeah. uh, uh, infrastructure into North Vietnam and just basically expanding yeah. its borders. And they were going over and fighting for people that didn't really want to be fought for and in the end ended up going away with their le- tails yeah. between their legs. With but after making millions of dollars from like b- the creating and shit. selling weapons and doing all this, it was just a fuck. It was, a, it was, a, it was an engineering It's, a mar- it's it direct marketing war. on a scale mm-hmm. that yeah. like, you know... Has, it was an engineering war. They needed to, to boost the economy. Yeah, and war is the best way to do that. And they got all these companies that were twenty years ago were building like war machines. They were like, "Fuck, we're running out of." Yeah, yeah, go on, go on, go on. And Bell Helicopter, Bell Helicopter was yeah. the ones that made all. The, we're going to do an episode fully on the Vietnam War, the origins of the Ooh. operations oh, yeah. of the uh, untoward can actions I, can I part of. of that? So, is anyone? Is any like just just right now? So, is because I'm suddenly I kind of went, oh, nine eleven, and I went, oh yeah, that came after the dot com bush uh, uh, bust and the stuff like that. Yeah. So have, have people put together like uh, war declarations by America or or military action and uh, stock market ups and downs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean that that's a pattern people have noticed before, right? Yeah, it's since World War One. World, World War One, yeah, was and you wouldn't think because it's the yeah. Great War yeah. and World War Two is actually we have to fight Hitler. Like you wouldn't think that both of those things were manufactured by yeah. American corporations. And the the more we look into stuff on this show, and the more I in depth look at stuff, like know a good bit about from like just general history and history class in school, and my general yeah. interest in 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 that kind of historical stuff. The more I'm looking at, go man, that's a motherfucker. Yeah. Like World War One was but a the, war the for Lusitania, the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah, yeah. And the Lusitania it was a war thing. for the pharmaceutical industry. It was a war for. The destruction of German created pharmaceuticals. And that I was also all heard it was. it was about the the uh, oil in Iran. 
It was it was the Berlin to Baghdad railway. It was like the but first. But that's 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 another side of it, yeah. Yeah. But like, can you imagine starting World War One with the amount of shit that happened with that? Yeah. Just to get the rights to or the the customer base to to sell a lot of pills, like it's crazy. So the Vietnam War to create something like that, like a Reichstag fire, as it's known when we talk about nine eleven, talking yeah. about false flag Reichstag fire, Gulf of Tonkin is the proven yeah thing that yes, didn't happen to get people on board. To get into Vietnam, mm. yeah, and it was totally false. Like and it was totally. You, you've got zero once infinity. The three, you know, the, you know, this thing zero once infinity. So something either never happens, or it happens once, or happens an infinite number of times. Apparently, this is the thing in physics. It's like it never happens. It happened once in the universe. If it happened twice, it happened an infinite amount of times. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we've got one for Gulf of Tonkin. Mm-hmm. You prove a second false flag. That means that's what happens pretty much all the time. All the time. Well, you have. Um, Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, it's one of those ones you go, oh, you didn't do that, did you? He he suggested that uh, you know, the Bay of Pigs, exploding the um, passenger plane. Oh, that was, yeah. And blame it on the, blame it the, on the Cubans. What's the fucking, that project, yeah, project something. Norwood, was it? Was it Northwoods. Northwoods. No, Northwoods. Yeah. He, 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 but they have, they have 10 different op- options in Operation Northwoods. Yeah. Yeah. And one of them was flying the plane into yeah. a and building be, in New York. But yeah. to be honest, that's... I blame I mean, it on like, the Cubans really, so we can justifiably go to war with them. And But if you think about it as well, another way is like, we are getting way off topic here. <laughs> well, it's on topic because we're talking about the duplicity of Jim Morrison's <laughs> yeah. dad. Like, this is, these are the things that the public knew yeah. and that Jim Morrison's legacy had to live with. Yeah. You know, it's not off topic at all. Like, yeah. this guy was the guy the fucking was he the most senior guy like, in the Gulf much, of Tonkin yeah. when that pretty happened pretty much man so in which case then you kind of go it's right. his command right. like so he, if he's it, operating on behalf of a shadow government and his son is the most powerful counterculture yeah. icon in the fucking late 60s next to John Lennon maybe yeah fucking nuts it is nuts, nuts. it's nuts and you, you can't wow. you literally it. let that sink yeah. in you can't yeah. but sink in Gulf of Tonkin oh. yeah. you literally cannot yeah. Imagine that that's a situation that happened in real life. Yeah. That there's a guy who's so high up in the US military that he was able to orchestrate one of the most destructive uh, uh, mistakes, you know, mis- war mistakes that yeah. the US government or the US or the America itself has ever taken part in. Yeah. And has caused like loads of fucking issues. And even the Cor- Korean War wasn't even as bad as the Vietnam War for. Yeah. You know, uh, the amount of uh, casualties, the amount of psychological disorders, the amount of, you know, the amount of shit that to was the brought back yeah, to America. Did you know? to the country, yeah. And his son was the guy that was singing protesting the, to yeah. the kids who were supposed to be going, getting drafted and going yeah. fighting on the war. Like, and he's jumping around, the war is over. Yeah, it, one, Apparently, one, like, one the think. unknown soldier is the, is the so I think I heard this, the unknown soldier is the last time an anti-war song made it into the top 10 in America during a time of war. With lyrics like, bullet strikes the <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And also, like, you know, so the whole war is over, that Lenin song, they're saying, like, he's he's just quoting Morrison. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, no. Well, I could well believe that, yeah. But, but go, the thing is, like, good. Yeah. Jim Morrison coming out with that stuff, Yeah, one may argue that the Doors may, may not have been as popular, they may not have been a counterculture, were it not for the actions of his father in the early 60s Jesus, to that, create the Vietnam that War. Could be easily argued. To let, yeah. to let, like, without the Vietnam War, there'd be so much less art and so yes. much less uh, uh, creative atmosphere yeah. from the 60s where they, they tried to use the art and creativity as a, a weapon against yeah. destructive forces like mm. war. Mm. Yeah. But if there was no war, maybe we wouldn't have had the 60s. Mm. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> and now we're sitting on a war in Afghanistan that's 17 years old. There's, there's kids 
of dudes who went to fight in 2001 now suiting up and going out to fight in 2018. To, to avenge yeah. their father. Like, <laughs> that's mental. And yeah. it's all over heroin. Yeah. It's all over heroin. Yeah, and lithium. Yeah. Don't forget the and lithium. lithium. Like, that's bananas that yeah. that's still happening. And we're like, oh, yeah, but that's going on for ages. Again, yeah. another that's drug like, over a chemical that makes you feel good. Yeah. Yeah. It's like an open sore that never healed, you know? Yeah. So Jim Morrison's dad was at the Gulf of, Gulf of Tonkin. He, he, like he may may have been responsible there's no concrete evidence to say that he is but he was a rear admiral he was in like on the boat the bonhomme dick like he was there he was fucking there he was there he was there so some shit went down and then his son is a fucking counterculture leader so Jim considered his childhood like a split screen in in the movie Carrie or something Jim leaping around on stage singing the unknown soldier while over here pressing a red button it'd be like if it turned out that John Lennon's dad was Winston Churchill yeah 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 We'll fight them on the beaches. <laughs> yeah. uh, Jim considered his childhood, quote, an open sore. Yeah. And he resented his father for, for this treatment and for many other things. And he was practically raised alone by his mother as his father was gone for extended periods serving in the army. And being a rear admiral, George had this feeling of power. He got yeah. used to this power and kids acting the bollocks, especially the way Jim was doing it. Yeah. He, was, he was doing more than asking why, why, but yeah. why, dad? Well, why, but why? Wore down his dad's patience, and uh, Jim's rebellious attitude was like, I guess, persona non grata uh, in in the in the Morrison household. Mm-hmm. So he tried this Bill and Ted military school type threats, and allegedly would give Jim these uh, lengthy verbal dressing downs in front of friends and other family members, where he'd stand them in the middle of the room, and he'd just do the the whole Full Metal Jacket, like standing to attention, Full Metal Jacket, screaming in your face for ages shouting all these insecurities and past transgressions in an effort to scare Jim straight. Like, just going, when you're a baby, you pissed your pants and you shit yourself, you little fucking creepy weirdo freak. <laughs> Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm not shouting in the microphone now because obviously, yeah. you know, it's a podcast. Yeah. But like, doing like, private And, and it's your dad. Yeah, and, yeah, it's yeah. Your dad and it's your dad doing it. And it's your fucking dad. And you might have done it in front of people as well. Yeah. He did really? definitely he do it in front yeah. of friends and family. Like oh the psychological Lord. injury that would inflict in you is... But what happened was, <laughs> Jim very quickly, yeah. because of his intelligence, yeah. figured out the motives behind this and it didn't hurt him emotionally. Yeah. And that's a... Or probably found a place to go in his head while yeah. it was happening. He just actually turned off and go into sort of, sort of standby mode. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, that, that's it. There's, there's four, there's, uh, four responses in the human body uh, under trauma. So it's like fight, flight, horny. freeze. <laughs> it's Sorry. always horny. Horny is always... Hor- hmm, maybe I should fuck the problem. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. That's always the first thing. Like, fuck yeah. the problem, that be. <laughs> yeah. So fight, flight, like horny, yeah. no, and no, hungry. It's, it's fight, sleepy, flight, freeze, <laughs> or dissociate. And that's just where you just kind of go, I can't get out of this, so. and I can't change it. So I'm just not going to be here. Oh, for go in me head. So yeah. in, there, like, in yeah. there comes the MK Ultra yeah. uh, accusations where his dad abused him into mm. a disassociative personality and yeah. threw that's up this. That's what he was trying to do. And he was already, like, he already had a predilection for you know, lies, hyperbole, hyperbole and imagination, had all of that kind of stuff yeah. and would take on the persona like with Tandy, take on the persona of somebody who could split their personality and then yeah. when challenged become very violent. Mm. And you would wonder, a lad was getting dressing downs by his admiral da, who was resorting to violence and even when Jim became immune to these forms of mental torture and his, his father started then resorting to smacking him with a baseball bat 
and God knows what else. Good Jim God. also confided in his lawyer around the time of his court case in, uh, in Florida in, the, in 1970. We'll talk about that in a little while. He claimed to his lawyer that his father actually sexually assaulted him a few times and that he never forgave his mother for allowing that to happen. But it could be one of Jim's tall tales. Yeah. Who knows? Mm. But this kind of behavior from the father towards the son is typical of, uh, you know, sexually assault-based yeah. traumatic mind control techniques used the in MKUltra. Yeah. That his dad would just rape him into, like, a disassociative state, grow the mojo rising, and put that thing out on stage. And, you know, mm. and people are accusing, like, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, Beyonce. So, so, like so all of these people have so, so personality, be... split personalities. Like Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nicki Minaj has uh, Roman Zelansky, which is a little boy that lives inside of her head. Yeah. Like she has Cr- multiple personalities. Even Garth Brooks tried it. Alec- Christina Aguilera. Has uh, Christine X. Yeah. yeah. Like they all Bono have. has McFisto. That's right. He did have and him, the fly, Mephisto, Yeah, he did. And the fly yeah, and yeah, the yeah. mirrorball man and all well, that. Well, here, of look. King, Bowie had King fucking Bowie. Bowie. Yeah. Bowie had what day is it today? It's Tuesday. I think I'm going to be a star <laughs> man. You ever see that little sketch where it's Lego toys and uh, what's her name comes home? Uh, uh, Angie. You know. <laughs> Hi, David. And he's like, "Hello, Angie. All right." <laughs> What are you doing? He says, well, I'm just, I, I think I'm going to kill off Ziggy. <laughs> Why? I'm just, yeah, I'm just killing off Ziggy. I'm a little bored with him. <laughs> so I'm just coming up with a few ideas. Here's, here's one for you. Why can't Jismark? <laughs> or how about Cobbler Bob? <laughs> Cobbler Bob. Bob is a cobbler. There's a hole in my soul. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so good. I love Bowie. I love people doing impressions of Bowie. I love that Stella Street. It's like with that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And Rick. I love and, that. And in the show. Hey, yeah, Kate, have you seen the yeah, positive marshmallows? <laughs> That's it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Dave, it was always, yeah. But but is it is it is it unheard of? Is it untoward that yeah, yeah. Here, here's his right, so, so let me break do, his psyche right, and, so let me, and put let me him into an MK Ultra. Let me run this one past. Right. So so the doors were very much anti the thing that his dad stood for. Yeah. So open your mind real wide here. Okay. So let's say so and let's let's start from Jung, right? So the let's start Freud and Jung. So the shadow. Yeah. So maybe at some level of his subconscious his own father understood the evil as the rear admiral in the gulf of tonkin that he was unleashing in the world and so what he had to do is he had to create the ultimate antibiotic to what he was reeking in the real world and so this is so he I don't him, think the rear admiral was that benevolent <laughs> well i Rob. think that's exactly how he created mojo wasn't it like he, was a, he wasn't raping him through the front admiral he was <laughs> raping him through the rear oh. admiral <laughs> <laughs> so so maybe this is down for a full house exactly so maybe jim like so so the jim morrison was a kind of living sculpture of the thing the father needed to make to heal the wounds he'd wreaked upon the planet i mean i don't believe this for an instant sure but <laughs> I, I, I can get That's what, what you're saying says when the guy when the guy rings and goes i did it i killed all of them <laughs> on tuesday with a cat the cat's how we do sure okay <laughs> i can get what you're saying but but more over moreover look at jim's <laughs> behavior yeah alcohol abuse yeah self-destruction yes he was all of those things look like demons. a lad who got like abused and oh, yeah. As a kid. Demons. yeah yeah you, you, acute you, you, childhood experiences predict um predict addiction 
You don't like, even have to be a cute child, Rob. You can be an ugly child when hey. those things will happen. Or certain, <laughs> certainly the actions of someone who probably, you know, had, a, you know, violence uh, put upon them. Yeah. Like, you know, because well, if you, at 15, you, 16, you, you he pulls a knife on a girl yeah, and, that, and breaks it. Like, that means those, he's those either a psychopath or he has witnessed that and he sees this is a valid Normal way of expressing, of expressing, this is how you, how you, express negative emotion yeah yeah i mean that's that's it's almost textbook isn't it oh uh, pretty much yeah. but when someone looks at jim morris and sees the drinking and all that you you, you always just thought you know well he was a rock just star for yes. sakes you know what i mean it but was the, it was this, he wants to, he wants that. to burn himself away to get at the thing and so the alcohol is yeah, a way yeah. to get out of his own way and stuff mm-hmm. yeah well one oh of God, the yeah one of the, the, the kind of the death knell in the relationship between Jim and his parents yeah. was Jim's dad heard their first record and he told Jim to give up because he would get nowhere singing and uh, Jim kind of took it like a little bit on the chin, hurt him a little bit uh, and then they were estranged forever. His mother tried to come and visit Jim at a concert yeah. Yeah. and he refused to see her and she stood in the crowd. Yeah. And then he sang the end and he was all like, <gasps> took an ancient face from the ancient gallery and walked on down the hall, came to a room, came She's to like, a door. That's, that's my boy. Yeah. And then it was all like, mother. <laughs> well, that's like, me. That's me. <laughs> yeah. And then and then it all went down south from there. So, Absolutely. I mean, uh, she left that, that gig. The dad didn't even come in. He waited in yeah. the car outside. So uh, she's struggling through the crowd trying to get out of this place. So all she can hear is, fuck, 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 yeah. fuck, fuck. Wow. And he fuck said, your mom. Apparently, yeah. according to a few different articles I read, he, he, he knew where she was in the crowd and he looked right, right in the eye. And yeah. that was the most violent version of that song. And he was like, with He's, the eyes, like mad glares. And he fucked her out of it, man. He absolutely Holy made shit Francis of her. So she was like, yeah. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to, he has to come to me and apologize. The dad waited in the car. She went out the car in tears. They drove home. Yeah. And she never saw Jim. Yeah. In person, alive again. Yeah. Like she saw him in person from the crowd to the stage. She never talked to him, but never saw him. Apart from in person. TV and papers. In person, didn't see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. Wow. And she got to see him like deteriorate, grow the beard, get fat, do all the stuff. And in the space of three, four years after that gig. He was brown bread. He was yeah. dead. And she was helpless to... to couldn't do anything. And the sister couldn't do anything. Brother couldn't do anything. It was just... She was still... That's still her son. Her mother's yeah. love will always, you know. Yeah. yeah. But but after... We talk about Jim in college But probably now, also like, guilt as well because she didn't to, fucking step in when your mom exactly. was beating the shit out well, of a baseball the bat. That's yeah. the thing. Well, he, did, you, I mean, again, those are the... Like, like it's the 50s. Yeah. Like, you know, so when he's doing that, it's like, you know, like... So are we going to assume if you burn the meatloaf, you get a dig in the head after Clara was the housewife while he went out did those things. And he worked in the army and like basically all that happened is other adults snapped to attention and they got promoted based on how quickly they said yes to what he wanted them to do and of then, course and what he wanted them to do was go and kill other people <laughs> yeah. inflict violence on them absolutely mm. you could see where the conflict arises oh yeah. 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 yeah so after his death jim's dad spoke in an interview with uh, rolling stones ben fong torres yeah. in 2006 and he said quote we look back on jim with great delight the fact that he is dead is unfortunate but looking back on his life is a very pleasant thought. Hmm. Which like which is such a fucking scripted army man kind of thing to say. But at the same time, for a dude who's, you know, grew up probably in the 40s, yeah. maybe in the 30s, came of age, very unemotional. You're talking about the greatest generation, you know. Yeah. These guys did not say their feelings. That's pretty effusive for a guy like that. Yeah. At the same time, we look at that now and go, yeah, right, you cunt. Because yeah. we know the story, the context. 
But maybe it wasn't like that. And maybe yeah. Jim was an awful cunt when he was a young lad. Well, maybe I mean, he was an awful bollocks to his dad. Yeah. Treated him really disrespectfully. And the dad was like, just respect me. And Jim was like, no. I'd rather like, not die. When we look at him as a counterculture figure, we're like, yeah, he's a deadly rebel. Yeah. But in a family that's just trying to keep together, and, oh, yeah. you know, the mother is there on her own, the dad's not there, he's giving the mother debt yeah. to fucking hold time, annoying they, the shit out of her. And they can't see, as you said earlier, they can't see into the future. He yeah. didn't know he was going to be the Lizard King, Jim Morris, <laughs> exactly. Mr. Mojo Rising, and neither did they. Yeah. They were just, like, being, just being a little shit. Jimmy, yeah. just fucking just say yes for once, man. What the fuck? It's Tuesday. Who cares, man? It's meatloaf. Shut the fuck up and have dinner. Like you your know. brother and sister. Absolutely. It's not like you're an only kid or something. Yeah, that's hey, have a word with yeah. Jim. Imagine We've got it good. Your father can bomb any country he wants. <laughs> Christ's sake, we own the world. I wonder do this brother and sister ever take the side and say, dude, for fuck's sake, what are you, what are you doing? His, his sister was pretty understanding, but she, she couldn't get close to him or, or couldn't get him to listen either. And as we'll find out now, like Jim, he was basically considered a, a military brat and because his father was in the yeah. army, it brought him from place to place, state to state. And Jim rebelled against his father early and like yeah. because of this kind of thing, uh, his teen hormone, like, you know, justice gene kicked in yeah. or whatever. And he was just like, yeah, I, I, I don't like this. I don't like conformity. Uh, I'm going to start drinking, smoking drugs. And, and the only on, thing that makes him remark, like, if you think, like, this is such a, such a familiar behavior pattern, pathology yeah. or whatever the hell you call it. Like, you know, the military brat moving around all the time, you know, kind of causes this, this association, anti-social The only behavior. thing that makes this guy, and this is the, this is the big difference. The thing that, I mean, it didn't keep him alive any longer yeah. by any manner means. It's like it's just the fact that he happened to be talent. But I mean, his his behavior is completely textbook for dysfunctional. If you do this to a child, they will just behave this way. Yes. Like it's it's how you make people behave this way. Treat them this way. It's fucking guaranteed to yeah. work. You know. Hmm. Don't fuck a child, save a life, or whatever it is. Like, you know? that that's, that's, the, that's that a very good bumper sticker. That's another that's, tattoo for your shoulder, Rob. Absolutely. That's, so we got three you're, so you're far. You're like Jordan or Peterson three. making 12 <laughs> rules for life. <laughs> the 12. The 12. Or, 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 you know, the little gaps in the meaning of life where they go, yeah, chapter yeah. part three. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Come taste like sour snot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fuck a child, save a life. Don't fuck a child. I'm always the other one. There was another one. The first one was the uh, bloody hell. We, 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 we we'll write them down. Yeah, we'll come exactly. back to it. So um, amazingly, it's recorded. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he he basically like was like dysfunctional, disassociated from any place. Yeah. He didn't feel like home anywhere. They moved uh, from Florida to California, which is possibly the journey that they saw the dead Indians going through the desert. Uh, then they moved to Kingsville, Texas, in 1952. Then to Albuquerque, New Mexico. And then back to California in 1957, and he finished high school in Alexandria, Virginia. And, you know, one might suppose that they, they, his dad wanted him to join the military or go into some kind of a, a qualification. But Jim wanted to explore the vistas of the mind, and he wanted to be an artist and a creator. And he rebelled against his, like, his dad's career and his reputation. And he, he got that really unhealthy disrespect for authority mm. that he brought into the Doors music and the Doors lyrics mm. and the attitude. And he imbued that onto the fans as well, causing riots and yeah. social dis like uh, social unrest and all this stuff. So he allegedly, uh, you know, in college uh, uh, or in, in, in late in high school, he'd walk out of class and allegedly he told the teachers, I have a brain tumor, I'm going to die. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> and this was like the ultimate yeah. fuck you. He was, he was becoming... I guess sentient to death, he was becoming aware of mortality, yeah, and everybody's universal fear of it, yeah, or talking about it. And he he would confront like not only jumping off the chair and having fits yeah. and all, he would confront teachers with like I have a tumor and I'm fucking dying. Yeah, do you really want me to sit here and listen to this bullshit? <laughs> and the teacher was like, yeah. Oh, yeah, fair enough, boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like showing the teachers what was really going on, and going, yeah. listen, 
I, I, you know, we're all dying one yeah. minute at a time. Give me that's, some that's death. Pretty yeah. much what he was saying to that teacher. You're dying as well. Do you really want to sit here with yeah. this? Or, or do you want to spend the next 10 minutes arguing with me because you're not going to win because I'm, yeah. I'm who I am? Yeah. Why don't you spend like, the next 10 yeah, minutes thinking on. about your life choices? Yeah. So after ho- finishing high school, Jim returned to Florida and he went to university in the, in the uh, University of Florida in Tallahassee. And uh, he was in college, meaning that he wouldn't have to go and be drafted for the war in Vietnam, right? Mm. Mm. So he studied art and psychology as well. Uh, uh, was like truly entrenched in this bohemian movement that was starting at the early 60s. And even then, friends from college would claim that Jim's real love was film and he wanted to be involved with film. He was always going on about it, even though he was doing art and psychology. And he took part in like plays and short films as an actor on many occasions. And he, I mean, he could have been an actor. Yeah. That was possibly his, his love. Uh, Jim would make these short eight millimeter films around the campus in Florida and hang out with a guy called Werner Vacht, uh, a German director studying at Florida State. And this American kid called Jerry McLean. And McLean claimed that Jim had no love for music at all. Never talked about music, never listened to it. And was all about film and art and all about the scene at the college. And he was a real scene head, bohemian, mm. like all this kind of boho chic and all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he was the quintessential starving artist too. And he would steal scraps of food from tables in the cafeteria. And he'd wear these old clothes full of holes. And he really embraced this thing. Now, at the same time he was doing that in Florida, there's people in New York doing it. Like you said, a building of people and they were the only ones in the world doing it. They were doing it all over in California. Is this because he was seeing it in books and magazines? He was seeing it on TV. He was, it, like, where did he get this? Uh, well, he read Rambo. Rambo. So Rambo would yeah, have been yeah. The, yeah. There would have been, like, authors that are, you know. Like the f- First Blood or, or, yeah, absolutely. John Rambo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, John yeah, Rambo. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right. He, he. All I want is for them to love us. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote po- he wrote poems in his enemy's blood. Yeah. Yeah. But that's that. Well, uh, he, he he would have heard of all these starving artists. Absolutely, yeah. uh, long gone. That he, well, he would have. The golden age in Paris. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. So Paris was always the, the yeah. aim. Yeah. That's the thing. He had that yeah. that uh, idea of what an artist should be in his mind yeah. at all times, and that leads me to believe more and more that Jim Morrison, the character that we know, is like a manufactured. Mm-hmm quintessential box ticker of I like your man bohemian yeah, uh, yeah. In, in, uh, artist artistic ingenuity yeah, yeah that he was like what's the thing that people love the most mm. give me five of those things and let's roll it up into one guy yeah and I think and if he, he created he, he, that he, yeah, as, as, a, as a structure yeah. and that's as an artist that's fucking genius and as an actor as well it's, yeah. a, it's a role it's yeah. a character and same as what Jim Carrey is coming out with now just dropping the mask to the floor he's like yeah. you love me because I was this the whole time I wasn't really that yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, like, don't I, believe I was, yeah. but like, there's, there's interviews with Jim when he was about nineteen. Um, yeah. Kerry, this is uh, when he was about nineteen, actually saying, "I'm going to create this. Yes. Cr- yeah, I'm going to create I've, this I've, character. Uh, yeah, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the the thing, you know, McLean saying, you know, he had no love for music. I mean, I think like that's that's spot on. He never showed never any. But there wasn't anything to listen to them that, them times, Rob. Like yeah. it, there was yeah. no fucking good music. But that makes him then. even more of a kind of like that Chuck, makes Chuck his genius all the bigger. Yeah, rock and roll and Elvis as you get. Yeah. But this is the thing. It's real easy to be original like 50 years ago because now every fucking thing is done. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Everything yeah, has the, already the, been the done. The undone now. thing will be the new thing. It's like, and we won't know it. Like, but what, when was the last time something truly innovative came out in music? I mean, I can't fucking remember. Like, Do you know hip-hop, what? The invention of hip hop is about it. Like, I mean, there hasn't been a new like, musical genre created since hip hop that I'm aware of. Everything else is a derivation. Like, 
EDM and stuff. They're yeah. all derivations of previous things. There's nothing. Grunge there's was... no new sound. But grunge is just a new form of rock. That's mm. just it was. It's like mm. grunge and Zeppelin, they're not that fucking different. Yeah, but the dissonance I mean? and yeah. the chords and all were used across, like even yeah. the image and all that stuff. Grunge was the last new type of music. That truly, was truly, maybe took dubstep. On. But that was like based in EDM or whatever. Yeah, but there are, so. So there's there's Subtle evolutions, changes, but like a brand new and thing. And I know you can kind of go, you can go kind but of. But it's based on technology too. I mean, we're getting, yeah. inventing all these uh, 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 pedals. It's like Jim, Jimi Hendrix was testing different guitar pedals for yeah. Dunlop and all these, trying to get that new sound. Plus you know? too, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, has anyone equal? Has anyone? Has anyone innovated with any new instrument in the same way that Hendrix innovated? Like, I, just, I, I was, I was thinking about. I this watched a video the other day. Yeah. And hopefully I'll get to meet her because mm. I was asked to go to MoneyConf as part of the Tech Summit yeah. in, in Ireland uh, uh, during the summertime. And I was asked to go and do some interviews with uh, you know guys doing crypto and it may be an introduction for when we do TCG TV. So yeah. gofundme.com slash TCG TV if you want to find out more about that. It's a 12 feature length documentary project I'm doing from next October, uh, uh, October 2018 until summer 2019. This October. This October, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the next October on the calendar, <laughs> and uh, one of those is is on economics, where I'm going to get into like you know Wall Street, Federal yeah. Reserve, money creation, like what what what's it look like when you print money, you know? Yeah. Try to get in and have a look and be objective yeah. about it. But I got to meet these people, like they're you know crypto uh, yeah. um, uh, designers, yeah. traders, all these guys. And there's one person in there. She's a musician called Imogen Heap. Right? Imogen Heap, yeah, I've heard and she's name, mad yeah. into crypto. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you know that she's developing a new type of glove oh, that cool. turns dance into music? Oh, deadly. But it's really her sound. So I remember listening to Imogen Heap years ago. Great mm. with a joint, by the way. <laughs> and it's very, like, I like that kind of, if uh, you ever listen to Future Sound of London, and it's all like... Uh, God, uh, yeah, we used to listen to them. I yeah. fucking love them. Ambient um, yeah. uh, EDM, like this. It's, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's, it's nice and easy stuff. Like Chill. Chill, right? Imogen Heap is invented this new glove and she's had like 20 prototypes where she goes like and she makes these like okay, Jedi so moves like, with her like fingers midi sample triggering midi yeah, sample stuff but it's like, like totally new music based around movement cool your movement your movement I mean playing the guitar is music based yes. around movement but it's the mechanics of the instrument that your you have to know your body is the instrument like the glove is the instrument but your body is the love mechanic it. of it love like, it so, that sounds wonderful and you can teach it to do different sounds and you can mix the different sounds so if you're able to go like like coordinate yourself to be able yeah. to learn how to do the it same it's the same as a guitar or piano keys like it's all the thing so she Jimmy, can operate Jimmy and his thumb she can operate the computer she can do the other thing she can play an instrument and then she can go like wham, wham, with her glove lovely innovation through technology and technology is the only thing left uh, yeah what I do think is if anyone is going to create anything new now yeah. Be it a podcast, be it a TV yeah. show, be it, you know, music, be it a spoken word, be it comedy, yeah. t- you know, whatever. It's going to be based around personalities because personalities are like fingerprints. Yeah. Everybody's is different. It's the rarest thing. And if you want something original, you just have to have a yeah. new person. Yeah. And whatever is inside of them, let mm. them create the thing that's in- And that's why there's so many artists creating. You go into SoundCloud now, it's fucking loads of lads like creating stuff. Yeah. And everything is different. And some of it sounds the same and some of it is completely <laughs> unique. And I think the more unique and the more like crazy, you know, off the charts stuff, stuff that takes the rules and totally breaks them, trying to be unique, it's almost oversaturated with that too. Yeah. But like for the likes of this, you know, podcasting, if you're true to yourself, if you're honest as a personality, 
you're, the product is you. Yes. Like I am those yes. conspiracy guys. Absolutely. Yeah, right. The podcast is my personality. If you like my personality and the way I do things, you keep listening. you'll keep listening yeah. and give money and do all that stuff. Buy the products when it come out, watch the TV show when it comes out. Like it's all based around me. If you don't like me or if I make a mistake, it's game over. Yeah. Mm. And that's why some of the most successful people in the world, like Jay-Z, like Beyonce, they create a persona and you're buying that persona. Yeah. So no matter what shite they do, people are still going to buy that because they like them and they trust that brand. So it's this... And then you can the just go home, and, the go home and be you. Yeah. Yeah. It's the concept of the personal brand. Yeah. So you can see the sense in, you know, Tete uh, making up her, her alter ego or Christina Aguilera yeah. or mm-hmm. any of these, like mm-hmm. Beyonce becomes Sasha Fierce. You can see the, the, the function of that. Yeah. Right? But people will go, I'm buying Afrit's personality. And Jim Morrison's one of these first dudes. Elvis did the same. Yeah. You know, the Beatles did the same in a collective and made that, uh, 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 that, that personality connection. Like, which one do you want? Oh, I want the funny one. Oh, yeah. I want the sexy one. Yeah. And then they did I want that, the shy one. They did yeah. that in the Spice Girls and it was yeah. so much more obvious because yeah. they named them Baby, Posh, <laughs> Ginger, <laughs> Scary. That, and that came from a Smash Hits interview. The actual uh, interviewer named them and it caught on. Really? No yeah, way. yeah. As opposed to the uh, wow. Simon Fuller. To, okay, so manager. that wasn't Simon Fuller no, came no, up No, no, no. Smash wow. Hits interviewer. Aside, it's kind of like she's Baby Spice, she's Posh Spice, she's Scary Spice, she's Ginger Spice. Oh, man. That's amazing. Scary just Spice. Went, uh, that's that's literally a billion dollar idea. Yeah, but it was a yeah, massive, yeah, yeah. massive USP that they each yeah. had their own thing, and yeah. then all boy bands and girl bands. Now, after now that, it was it was almost a blueprint. Now blueprint. They all do it yeah. for success because people want to identify with stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. the Breakfast Club. It's yeah. like yeah, yeah. It's like we need uh, archetypes. I mean, yeah. and it, it all comes down to archetypes. A princess, we need recognize a weirdo, a jock. And, it's uh, a shorthand for communication, yeah. though, lads. Like yeah. if you have an archetype, it's a universally. I don't understood need to thing. explain their back backstory. And that's we like, just get straight into exactly. Shit. And that's like yeah. we were talking about our friend earlier on who doesn't want to leave the country of his home. Yeah. Because when you go to somewhere new, yeah. you have to relearn all of the archetypes. Yeah. To know how to communicate shorthand, you don't have to learn the stuff. It's not work. To try and get your message across yeah. to people who don't agree with you or don't identify with you culturally, with the different language, all of those things. Like I spoke in a different language, not a not an inordinate amount, but it was enough Russian for me to watch the movies, watch the TV shows and to know the culture so that you don't make certain jokes or you don't say certain things in mm. certain situations. But it also gave me context enough to know that my culture and my <coughs> brain through the language that they had could circumvent their culture and create an even funnier situation that absolutely nobody from their country yeah, w- uh, could do. Yeah, because they couldn't be, they couldn't stand outside their own culture to and see look it from at, a exactly, different way. Yeah, and yeah, make yeah, the yeah. joke in that language using their cultural, uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, icons. Des Bishop made a, com- a career out of it. Yeah, Des yeah. Bishop, Des yeah, Bishop yeah, the totally. Irish comedian, for those of you who don't know, totally. went absolutely. to China, learned how to speak Chinese and now does stand up in, in Chinese. In China. In China. Like, that's fucking brilliant. Yeah. yeah, something that no, I don't think anyone. But, but he came here. Really uh, well. Magnus Bentner as well does it. He's a he's a Swedish comedian, and he yeah. he goes around to England and and America, and, and he's been to Ireland a few times. And he's a Swede, and yeah. he does. A, is he Swedish? Maybe from Norway. I can't remember. Sorry, Christine. But he does. Uh, he 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 does English comedy. Yeah. But he's like observational from his point of view. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's like the way Jim is putting these things together, and the way you Identical, look at the yeah. yeah, exactly. You look at the con- the context yeah. with which he puts those things together. 
it's kind of like he ordered it up and went this these are these are the boxes we need to take to guarantee but, but success and we, that, and, we are, yeah. and we are talking about a you know he's still outrageous iq you know yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. so he's able to, like i mean bono talks about like creating the character of the fly frock thong baby and he said like it's an identical pop star it's like it's lou reed's glasses it's wow. elvis's leather jacket it's yeah. jim morrison's leather pants oh, wow. and stuff for this that's and so you kind of click 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 and it's of like course. so yeah, so so Jim was just doing the kind of Byron thing. He, he um, but I believe the whole thing about the pants that wasn't even his idea. That was the the girl who was the booker for the whiskey. She took him around and bought him. She bought the him uniform. the first outfit, yeah. and and everyone just went, yeah, that fucking works. Mm. Like his his first his first the first pictures of him. He's just wearing like. A jumper and trousers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she <laughs> yeah. said, no, you know what? Big fluffy white shirt and pair Absolutely. of leather pants. Something very feminine that should get you the shit kicked out of it. Yeah. But you're actually going to carry it like, look at me. I've made myself, I've made myself an object of ridicule yeah. and I can still fuck <laughs> every one of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your girlfriend wants to fuck me, but <laughs> sorry. Absolutely. No, I'm not sorry, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same and with Jimmy she Hendrix. really is. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. was... Jimmy's Purple velvet hat. Oh, absolutely. they gave it to him all. They yeah. put that boa on him. Yeah. They, they gave him the long coat and all that. Yeah. And they even said stuff like, go out there, man, right? The fucking who are on after you. So what you want to do is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Quiet, don't try and be set tough your, set yeah. your guitar on fire maybe yeah. destroy it or something like this. it's like really you think that'll work and they're like yeah and he went okay then, but after that I'm going home and listen to Beethoven <laughs> yeah. Pete Townsend Pete, Pete Townsend uh, uh, talks about it uh, I watched the Jimi Hendrix documentary and it was him and Peter Frampton yeah. and uh, Eric Clapton yeah. right and in, the, in the wings they were, no no they were, they were all backstage mm-hmm. before one of the gigs where they were yeah. all playing Isla White is it Isle of Wight mm-hmm. Festival? And mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix was in the dressing room and he was just like warming up, obviously coming up on something or whatever, yeah. like getting a bit like loosey-goosey. And he stood up on the stool and he got the guitar and he just started going, but without it being plugged in. Yeah. So doing all this mad stuff like, and the lads were like smoking a fag at the, at the door and they looked in and they were like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what the fuck is this shit? Oh, and there's no way I'm going on after him. Yeah. And they ended up putting Jimmy on last as the headliner because <laughs> nobody wanted to follow him. Yeah. It's just like that, he's the that who, good. yeah. No uh, one scares uh, Roger Daltrey. No one scares Roger And Eric and Cream just went. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm yeah. not going on after that con. You yeah. put him on last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he had the Beatles that. in the audience going, "Why is this guy on last? I've never heard of him." <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's good, isn't he, John? <laughs> Holy shit! It's like his heart on fire. Yeah. Is he playing that with his teeth? I'd like to see you try that, John. I bet you'll smash <laughs> it up next. Oh look. <laughs> He's smashing it up. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it demented though? Like, yeah. that you're able to do that. Put that persona on. It's and Jimmy another had world. Absolutely perfect. Like, think, here's the thing that fucked me up as a young right? Janis Joplin. Mm. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. Mm. John, like John Bonham. Jimi Hendrix. Mm. Um, Brian Jones. Kurt Cobain. Brian Jones. Like, all of those guys. Yeah. Like, but especially Janis, Jimi Hendrix, and Jim, Jim yeah. Morrison. Yeah. Those three. Yeah. Weren't famous for more than five years. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix is only famous for three years. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. And we still talk about him today as the greatest the, the, guitarist he is, he ever is the, he is, no one is equal. No one has equal the innovation with that instrument. Or with, with, I'm not aware of, I mean, maybe there's something happening in the classical world or something like this. And there's probably some DJ who like, you know, kind of when hip hop was starting out, it's like. But not such a mainstream influence. Yeah. They, yeah, yeah, they yeah. did with two turntables what Jimmy could do with the guitar. Like no one had heard anything like this before. Mm, and it just, yeah. it just fucking blew the boundaries off it. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's somebody. I'm sure there's somebody who kind of did that. The, uh, remember Nigel Kennedy was the one for, in the classical world. Remember Nigel Kennedy? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Rights of Spring and stuff for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah Vivaldi yeah. Spring. It's like, yeah. And it, because, it was, but really what that was, it was just it's like, 
I'm a classical music musician who looks like they enjoy playing classical music when I'm playing classical music. With a little punk attitude. Exactly. He just like he kind of just did like this is how Jimmy Page would play the violin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And a young Vanessa May went, "Ooh, I can do that." Yeah. So Jim then got he he basically got fed up with the scene in Florida, and yeah. he wanted to move on. He wanted to evolve, and like any good innovator and any good artist, you don't just find your thing and stick and hammer the shit out of it. You innovate, you change, you grow, you develop. Uh, the chrysalis, do you know? Mm. So he he wanted something more, and uh, he'd also pulled a few pranks, and he was a bit of a piss head around the college, and he got a reputation. He even got arrested uh, and left a very famous mugshot when he pulled off a cop's helmet. Uh, at a football game I was arrested he was a quintessential anti-disestablishmentarian and he wanted to change the world with art god love him but even with all this bad behaviour and unruly attitudes toward the establishment he, he was still put on the dean's list at, at Florida yeah. University because like an IQ of 149 what do you what he, he was gifted you he was gifted not deny yeah. it, right? are you one in 100,000 people at, with, at, with 149 are you one I'd in a million people I'd say a little bit more than 100,000 yeah. yeah so I mean 149 you, is like I'm 144 Jesus. That's not bad. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, check not, out the, check out the big brain on Gordo. I've only used <laughs> about 120 of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't two, know mine at all. I have to take a test tomorrow to find out. Yeah. I don't know. Two yeah. dozen spare. But uh, he, he, like Jim was totally fascinated with, with uh, a film. And the reason being, and I could see that as a marketer, yeah. as a person now who I'm in like, you know, a business where we're trying to innovate. He, he he was fascinated with film because he puts, as he puts it, there were no experts at the time. So theoretically, any student knows almost as much as any professor. Mm. Film was such a young medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was so exclusive to like a much more wealthy and much higher up people. Like you weren't creating films just, you know, at the weekend. But because of all these eight millimeter cameras and all this kind of stuff, young people could start making stuff. Now we have fucking cameras in our phones and there's YouTube channels and all that. Look yeah. what happens when you give the, the populace of the world the opportunity to film themselves and make a movie yeah. with an iPhone crazy stuff which is, has yeah. happened like serious amount of creation going on right now I think more than there ever has been in, in the world in, in the history of the history of humanity yeah, absolutely yeah. right yeah. so he didn't want to defer to anybody else's knowledge when it came to film and film was a reasonably new discipline so he saw the potential to use this new art to carve out a niche uh, and change its natural format to mm. circumvent its natural state to create something awesome. Yeah. Like maybe doing a five-hour podcast. <laughs> is that something that people would, t- like on paper, would you think that would work? I don't know if that's going to work, guys. Is no no one's going to sit there for five hours. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I'm only saying five hours is a conservative average. Yeah, the reason I'm a guest on this show is because I said to you, I love your podcast, I listen to it for hours. You're like, want to be on it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Long chat's better than short chat's. Well, Always. It gets it all out there. There's so much more cut out of this as well for those that are listening. If you want to go to patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys, there's outtakes <laughs> and shit. And you can listen in live to the next one next week. Uh, so in 1964, Jim tra- transferred to uh, UCLA Film School to pursue his ultimate dream of becoming a filmmaker. And he was refused support from his parents because they were like, we don't want you to move so far away. And we're also kind of afraid that there's like a liberal art scene out there mm. that wouldn't go well with your personality because they obviously knew what he was like. And they were like... Oh yeah, they're out there smoking that reefer and you <laughs> the know, jazz cigarettes. Doing, there, doing no. the doing the flowers in your hair in San Francisco. You're and not go, going, Jim. Walking around with no shoes on. No their shoes feet, and no shirts. Even though I sent him a pair. I seen your 
Filthy beatniks. Flowers painted on their tits. I seen it. That's not right. good. Did his parents not like send them money? They were just like. Just they like, were just like, no, sir. You stay in Florida. That's why, you why he was. That's why he was robbing the scraps of food and shit. That's okay. it. So he went. Fuck you. I'm going. I'm going to California, and he disavowed his parents. He got divorced from his parents, mm-hmm. and he cashed in a like an inheritance check or I think it was like a trust fund that yeah, was set right. up for him. So he oh, cashed yeah, yeah. that in, took whatever was in it out and fucked off to California, man. So his, his main film interest in college was this cinema verite, which is this no frill style of documentary, like narrative. It has like a little bit of structure, not a whole lot. And it's using simple equipment and simple shots. It's not like there's no dollies or jibs. Or there's no, yeah. it's not fancy stuff. It's just trying to capture life. Yeah. Yeah. As, as, as true verite, as true yeah. veritas. So uh, there, there's these Jim Morrison films you can see on YouTube, and it's very fucking arty farty. It be is. Honest. It's arty even, even in the yeah. movie, yeah, yeah. they were in the film school yeah. and they were looking at. And it. that's and that's yeah. one of his mo- like that the, the, the it's a copy with the, with the head between the woman's thighs. Right. Right. It's yeah, a copy yeah, of yeah, one yeah. of these things. Yeah. yeah. So this freeform style that that Jim was was kind of accustomed to. He wanted this like improvised style. So what what happened was the, the people in this course were kind of left to their own devices for the most part and. They met and collaborated on scripts at the weekend, uh, and and during the week they'd work on all the scripts together. And then at the weekend uh, they'd take turns, and every Saturday one of the group would get to be a director, and the rest of them would all work as production crew, like either on sound or production or working the camera. So, like in a group of ten, it'd take them ten weeks to make ten films or whatever. Okay, which is, I mean, a good collaborative yeah. kind yeah. of team. Yeah. And in one film, Jim made with this system was like it was mostly on his own, but if, if it was with a fellow UCLA student. Uh, Jim, he he basically used a group of male students for one scene in this movie. This guy, he, like uh, from the website I got it from, he he regales this story. He says the male students were all looking at an old porno film that was on a reel. Stag movie, yeah, stag movie. And it, 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 the film runs off the reels, and you know you know it gets kicked off the reels and starts going. And there's like a white screen, and he got them all to start groaning like animals. And gradually this then turned into a screaming crescendo that he kept going for ages and ages and made him go back to the start and try it again and again and again. So basically this student thought that Jim was trying to get the guys high from this frenzied shouting. Like, like, a, like a primal scream. Yeah, sort of like thing. some yeah. kind of transcendental. Mm. Uh, you know, they see the guys doing yeah. that meditations, like screaming and jumping on your heels and stuff like that. Oh God, that so, wild, wild country. Have you seen that? Just as a little lapper. Oh, oh, yeah. I've seen that? the first part of it. You first know, part of it, yeah. Well, there's a, there's a bit where a guy, he, he had hidden a camera and he goes to one of their, oh, I'm about to forget the name they call it, the thing they must do every day or every couple of days where they... Uh, the ritual, like. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a name to it. So is this in the Netflix documentary? Because we just yeah. started watching it's bananas. it. So. Okay, grand. So there's a bit in it where that, 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 I thought of that, like, but they're, they're all naked. Yeah. They're pushing each other about. They're sticking their heads between their each other's legs. They're screaming like lunatics. It's quite disturbing. Okay. It's an amazing, incredible, fascinating yeah. documentary, but it's also quite shocking. Yeah. But that little moment will shock the shit out of yeah. you. Sounds like, great. A, a, and adults nuts. went, I want to do a lot of that. I'm in. Just I'm in. Just <laughs> people paying yeah. to get to do that. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. Sheila, Sheila will stay with you forever. <laughs> okay. Bye bye, Sheila. So basically, like Jim was experimenting. This was his first like social experiments with crowd manipulation. Yeah. Trying to see if they'd react, how they reacted afterwards. Mm. But most of the class said it moved them to produce their own films in a different way. 
and process their experience of life differently after being involved in a, making a film with Jim Morrison. Like that's wow, a psychedelic that. experience. I don't that know is the essence like of that. a psychedelic experience. After an experience with, you know... With James Cameron or something like that. They're like, no. I, I, I tell you how I'm going to make films now in the future. I'm fucking not making any more fucking films in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That con takes 10 years to make <laughs> Fuck off, Jim Cameron. <laughs> Nine more Avatar movies. Come. Fuck off. <laughs> oh, God. Fuck off. Uh, who, hurt, inventing, who hurt you, James Cameron? Exactly. I'm inventing new eyes for humans so you can yeah. now perceive my movies. Yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got this 3D coming out where you don't. They're saying have it's to... going to be no glasses. I look. We'll figure it out. Look, if if anyone can Does figure it out, that mean I'm in the movie. James. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. You just, he just comes over and puts you in the set. Just pay and you are in the yeah. film. Fifteen dollars a time. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to take ages to get your money back. Yeah, <laughs> be movie movers. You'll basically have fifty people who'll just be like like foley artists, just and lads in, you lads in black cloth and trying not to be seen by the light. In leotards. I am a mime. My body is my tool. I am not here. So, like. This this transcendental yeah. high inducing shouting, that's a crazy experiment to do. Yeah, it really and is. these guys said after that experience, yeah, that they had to go to the cinema or they had to go and have a few beers because he actually they tried to go home and go to bed after a long day shooting. They said, I couldn't. I felt like I was on like amphetamines or something. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't. I couldn't go sleep. So you probably were high from the frenzy. But you I mean, would be. You would be. I mean, like was the, it was, was it um, spontaneous? Because the film just ran out and he and he just started doing that. Or no, no, this was yeah, part, this is of part of the thing. experience. He like, have these bunch of guys watching the porno. Get them all worked. The porno up reel silently. spins off the reel, and then all the guys start screaming at like pro, like men want sex yeah. or something like that. Like, ah, that's fucking. Ah. You just got them all shouting. Fuck. I know, you probably just have to start, like, because if you think about that, you know, so you get a, a bunch, like, that's the difference. I always heard this. It's, uh, you know, women at strip clubs, men at strip clubs, women at strip clubs laughing, cheering, clapping they go nuts, and stuff like I used to, I used to men, work in one for a few years and, and I, saw, I saw the difference. Men go quiet. Men go quiet. They just men are there. just watching, imagining. They're committing it all to memory. Absolutely. And it's, it's a different thing. So you can imagine a room full of, like, you know, kind of, early 20 year old guys in the early 60s before the cultural and sexual revolution has happened watching hardcore pornography possibly for the first time they've ever seen this ever and the effect that's going to have on them and then you just leave them in the room and you just encourage them a little bit just go come on just Emmett just 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 start start moaning you know I'm moaning come on man come on it's fun yeah. Jim would probably go yeah ooh, yeah come on come on come on Emmett join you guys yeah come on and you you could orchestrate that because because that's going to charge the primal battery yeah. really With, quickly. Without telling them explicitly how to behave. Absolutely. You can just, make them do that. Just let, let the and wolf out. And let again, the again, wolf he, out. He's smart enough to be able to yeah. do that. To manipulate people, man. Yeah. The lizard king. Mm. So uh, another fellow student called oh, Alexander Przatsky says he remembers Jim's attitudes to the ways of film. And uh, the way he, basically the way he made it was, it was like a contemptuous creative <laughs> Uh, 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 engine he was just like I, I, I make it so much I hate it mm. like the way he made films and we can see in the Doors movie and yeah. if you watch the stuff online it is dark stuff it is yeah. like there's no respect for or there's no there's no say uh, deference for filmic yeah the, it's, theatrical it's like, rules for narrative rules yeah it's all very art house kind of it's stream of consciousness it's stream it's, of consciousness it's just, it's just it sounds like it's just whatever's occurring to you like Joyce's yeah. writing or something yeah. you know, but, he has, association. but with film it's so constricted that you can't you can't do improvise that. after the fact yeah yeah, yeah. Do you know so with the audience aren't liking it you can't change that and you just have to let them sit through it and go fuck I try it again the next time yeah it's so difficult to do you know yeah, rather yeah. than a stage performance so this film professor Edgar Brokaw told the students to uh, uh, double splice their film 
and this is showing his contempt for the old rules of cinema. Yeah. He said, double splice the film when they're editing, and, and Jim saw Alexander doing this, and he shrugged it off. So the reason for the double splicing was so the film wouldn't buckle in the projector yeah. when showing it to the rest of the class. So before you had film, there was like two dots on either side. Yeah. Yes. And usually during an edit, if you're yeah. going to copy it onto a film, you just single like one hole and one hole on either side of the cut. So yeah. when you cut the film, you, you match the bits. Yeah. And then one hole on either side was connected. Yeah. But that was because it was running through a reader to write it onto another film. But if you're running it through like an old projector, it wouldn't have the speed differences to not pull the film apart yeah so you had to do two holes and a bit of tape a bit of clear yeah. tape yeah. and jim was like that's ah, so much fuck that bullshit that's too much <laughs> so when he did show his movie to the class this film split and it started to tick off the oak and nobody said that and for like a whole minute and it was just like running over and like two frames it show and they go back and go back because it was a Jim Morrison film, they all thought like, "This, this is part. part is, this of it. What, is this what it is?" Yeah. And for a minute, what's going to happen next? We heard and about then, the Wankin movie. He made Jim, <laughs> Jim just yeah. put up his hand. <laughs> Jim just put up his hand. He went, "Um, this is uh, th- this is not working." And and your man Brokaw is like, "You made me watch that for a minute." He fucking ripped it out of him. <laughs> and Brokaw was one of Jim's biggest supporters in the college, and he gave him loads of shit for this thing that he didn't do, and. Obviously, Ooh. you can see how this may spark like a father complex triggering yeah. escape mechanisms in Jim's head. You know, a man in authority shouting at you from, you know, in front of a crowd of people. No, nah, I don't know. Yeah. Is that like... Mm. It's, it's the, uh, here I am again. <laughs> Re-traumatized. Yeah. yeah. And here I go into uh, standby mode. Yeah. Yeah. Must have wanked a movie. But the one that he'd made the guys watch. Yeah, yeah. Everyone was like, oh, we so, heard about this. Because I mean, that would have gone around college. Like, think about that. Like, if They if sat there in... for a minute waiting for that shit to happen. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Because like, presumably... Oh, the yeah, thing I wouldn't have thought of that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in college would have been talking about that the day after it happened. Yeah. Did you hear what fucking Morrison did? No, uh, fucking what? Last what? Wait until I tell you. Mickey was telling me he was there. Yeah. They're watching this stag movie, big fucking gazongas on his fucking beautiful <laughs> man. But then, I'm like, that would have gone around the college in yeah. a fucking... I wouldn't. I didn't, I didn't put that together. Yeah, I can imagine they're all sitting there watching. So they sat there for a minute. Yeah. Okay, oh, it's going to okay, start it's now. Going to start, yeah. I think Jim just like you can just imagine yeah. uh, snakily putting up his hand like, yeah. mm, "Mr. Brokaw, this is not working." Oh come on, Jim! Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for that. Uh, so yeah, while in while in UCLA, Jim says later on, and people who were working yeah. with him said he felt constricted. And he would have quit the college earlier if he wasn't so afraid of being drafted for the Vietnam War. Understandable. Uh, yeah, I mean, stay in college, don't, you know, make love, not war. Um, and he was fascinated with the psychology of crowds and he wanted some sort of medium that would help him get his message across to the people. And then, while living in Venice Beach, straight away after finishing mm. college, he graduated from college in 1965 and that summer he met well, Ray he knew Manzarek. Manzarek from college. Yeah, yeah. From, they were in from the same, UCLA. They were in the same class in college. But they met on Venice Beach, yeah. and it was this whole thing. July 8th. Uh, uh, yeah, a year after he had finished the uh, course with Ray. Yes. So he hadn't seen him for like nine months. They had moved to a different class. So he hadn't seen him in ages. They graduated just at the start of 1965. And then in summer, he's walking the beach. He's living like hand to mouth. Yeah. Eating off of fucking, you know, discarded boxes of chips on the, on the, on the beach. Like living like a bum, living Fuck. living that bohemian life he was living in yeah. Florida, the practice whilst whilst reading and uh, you know yeah, taking yeah. in all that stuff, yeah, like yeah, yeah. borrowing books, going to libraries, yeah. and mm-hmm. but know, most getting... importantly, taking acid and yeah. hearing like he he said himself, I I'm, I'm hearing this concert in my head and I'm just trying to trying to write down the words I'm wow. hearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So a man so really respected him and was like, "This is how this yeah, is how so this." So he had it all in his head. So, and he was, he so was living it. He had no no like no musical training in his life mm-hmm. ever 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 ever. But it was just there. and he hears a concert in his head, yeah, and yeah, yeah. the transcription of that concert is the first two Doors albums. <laughs> Fuck. So, minus Robbie Krieger's songs. Yeah. Which which are not to be, you know, it is fucking Light My Fire is one of Robbie Krieger's songs. So let's let's yeah. not yeah. Yeah. say like, yeah, he did nothing. He did he did everything. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. like this guy with no musical training whatsoever is hearing this it like that's that's insanity. That is the old biblical hearing the voice of God. Like that's yeah. like cause those but those was another that it was a song that you could make yourself. And well he said he heard the music. He couldn't remember the music, so he had to come up with lyrics to help him remember the music, and then he'd forget the music. Okay. Like, that's insane. Like, yeah. and, and what, what would that be? Well, that was, uh, let's see, uh, Break On Through and, and, and The Start at the End. Moonlight Drive. And Moonlight yeah. Drive. And, yeah, exactly. I mean, like, like I, I remember I hadn't listened to The Doors in ages, and then I went back and I was listening to it, and Moonlight Drive came out, and I got really emotional. I was like... This is the song that started. Like, yeah, I mean, this is yeah. this is the song that he sings to Ray. Favorites. Oh, it's such a it's great song. Such a fucking all, all of this talk at the door. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just making me go. Oh God! You know, the first chance I get, I'm gonna, you know, go start the Doors tribute band. <laughs> have a little smoke and kick back and listen yeah. to a lot yeah, of the Doors. Yeah, I've been listening to the Doors yeah. all week, man. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm after doing about sixty hours of research, yeah. just watching videos of this, <laughs> and then I'm reading it. Done like ten hours of writing notes as well. Yeah. This is probably one of the, and I'm not able to get all the information that we talked about emotions for the first two hours. But it's just it's so funny when you left the room, like so much Hell, understanding. But we've like, been here for four hours, and so far he's still in school. He, yeah. said, he said that, that. that three hours ago. I heard that. Like, cra- like, cra- but it's such a, it's such a, a, a two-sided show. Like you have yeah. all of the personal stories and what you feel about it. Yeah. But then the facts, like we go through this stuff now. Yeah. Some of it is bananas. It's like, mental. The dead stuff now is crazy. You know. So, like, with all the this drama and all this performance stuff in these early years, Jim, like, was absolutely destined for performing arts. Yeah. He wasn't going to be anything other than a performer. So when he graduated from UCLA in 1965, he, he was living the beatnik life on the beach, and he was, you know, around Venice, California, Venice Beach, California, uh, you know, eating fucking scraps. And he lost a lot of weight, a lot of weight. Yeah. And he became emaciated, grew his hair long, and he, he kind of... Yeah. Pioneer just looked it would be created again and again by a lot of people and you know yeah. like the strokes and all these kind of guys are trying to heroin trying to put, chic yeah, in heroin a way it'd be called heroin chic yeah. now like, but yeah. just sans heroin yeah. he was able to do that yeah. and the door's got one of these truly auspicious opportunities in a very very early career Yeah. so I mean if you watch the doors movie you've seen how the doors get together Yeah. you know Jim meets Ray does it kind of thing yeah, I got these guys I play music with smash cut they're into fucking you know playing playing Back on, boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 and getting like, told boom, backstage, boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. I do say this, and... yeah, like they're playing, they're already playing in places like the London Fog, and they're doing yeah. all this kind of stuff. So they're being noticed, yeah, right. And you could go through all of that stuff. Any of the any of the Jim Morrison podcasts online, go yeah. through that at length. And if you want to get that, it's just like it's two two three it's paragraphs the, on Wikipedia. Yeah. You can go through it. So. Basically, the band gets together. They're very, very successful. Jim is quite shy. Practically immediately. When he plays the first gigs, he'd, he'd face the band. And Krieger and Densmore, when they were playing uh, in uh, the, the London Fog, he, Jim would face them. Yeah. And he hadn't quite attained this Lizard King character that he aspired to, but he was working on it. And Krieger describes it in an interview is like a bowstring being drawn back for 21 years and then let go. So it was just mm. this massive energy yeah. and practice and crowd manipulation, all this stuff. Like practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Thump, 
and I can really identify with yeah. that thing right now. Yeah, yeah. Like I can really identify with it. Like I'm drawing my bow back for a long time. I've let it go a couple of times, and it kind of took the thumb off me. It's dr- it's very tight right now. Mm-hmm. Very tight. So ready, yeah, ready to go. And he just let it go, man. They started doing these gigs. Yeah, playing in the London Fog, and they ended up going up to like Whiskey a Go Go, getting up in the charts. People started to like them in 1967, top of the charts, man. And uh, Jim released this black and white film that was accompaniment to uh, Break On Through. It was just them in a kind of a dark, yeah. darkened background. It's just like his face peeks through the darkness and you see his mouth moving. Oh, yeah. And um, this was one of the first kind of music videos as yeah. such, uh, along with the Beatles were making kind of stuff yeah. as well. So promo it was an accompaniment of promo film. Mm-hmm. They were also one of the first bands to have a billboard on the Sunset Strip. I think they were the first. The first. I think. Right? Yeah. And Jack Holtzman of Electra Records was, uh, like, evidently a visionary promoter. Yeah. And for $1,200 a month, he rented this billboard near Chateau Marmont Hotel, mm-hmm. which is the whiskey a go goes up the yeah. street. So if you're into whiskey and you're outside having a smoke, you can look up and you see the fucking doors looming over yeah. you, man, over the Chateau Marmont Hotel. Mm. Like, that was the first time ever. And I had break on through with the doors. And yeah. it was the four lads. And Jim's head was the biggest. And people were like, fuck. Yeah. They made it. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is it now, right? So, after that, that famous billboard. That's, that's a year and a half after he bumps into yeah, Ray man, on the beach. That's insane. Like, yeah. that's, that's like so it's 18 months. It's yeah. 18 months. Because during the charts, in July, yeah. they record the album Six the days. following August, which Six is days. 11 months later. And the album is released in January 1st or January. January 1st to January 30th, 1967. Yeah. So, yeah. like, literally five months later. Well, I, yeah, I was just even just sitting here going, whoa, 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 wait a minute, did we miss a spot? Yeah. You were so just told me he just met Ray. And yeah. That's this, what I mean. From, from first album yeah. to death is four years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah from yeah. meeting Ray to first album is a year and a bit. Yeah. yeah. They practiced that whole time. Yeah. Jim also, you know, met Pam. You know, they all started meeting their girlfriends. There was a very solid base there. Yeah. Mm. Then they got the gigs in the London Fog they yeah. started playing all these in that year got really really tight yeah. started playing the whiskey released the album billboard charts get fired from the whiskey on yeah, the famous fired from the whiskey night. smash smashing all these all these uh, 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 records then sales like yeah. oh my god what the fuck is this band yeah. Yeah. signed to Electra Records uh, the guy from Electra is like I'm going to make you guys stars yeah. threw that up there number one of the charts then they get the call from Ed Sullivan and, and you see this scene in the movie. Oh, I've got a piece of information that you won't know. You won't, okay. This is actually really germane, right? So you know the, you know the, uh, the documentary, When You're Strange, the one that, that Johnny Depp mm-hmm. narrates. I forget the name of the director and stuff of this, but I was watching, I was, I was going through this mad fucking Doors thing about four years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, and and they, they play this other version of the end that I've never heard before. And so I start going through the bright midnight archives and trying to find, and I can't find it. So fuck it, may as well. So I send you man an email going, look, I can't identify where this is from. Can you let me know which one it is? And he co- he came back to me. Right? The said, director. The director came back and he says he says, "Oh wow, I'm really glad you noticed that." He says, "That's the other take of the end from the studio." He says, "We were really lucky. We got into the studio and they put on the original tapes." Wow. And he said, "We sat there in darkness and we listened to the other take of the end." Wow. And he said, "It was like Jim was in the fucking room." Yeah. And I'm just like, "That's so fucking cool." That's amazing. That's so How cool. different is it? It will, you'll hear it in, it's like, um, it, it, he does the same inflection or something. Let me, let me get it. So instead of it's a, 
Is it from that documentary? Oh yeah, it's from the documentary. Well, yeah, so the chorus. So bit. when he's doing the like, "Mama, so Father, I want to kill you, you old fool." Free. It's it's that line. It's yeah, where he yeah, goes, yeah. "You old fool." It's it's so it's that version yeah. with the dad. Um, uh, mother, I wanna. Uh, yeah, fuck, yeah. fuck. And so it's that one. It's much more visceral. Much more visceral. Yeah, yeah exactly. So it's, yeah, I like to listen to that. So, so that, that, that apparently it. is the other take it. of the end. That yeah, dead, yeah, yeah. That's uh, darker than the fucking original. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. to make it somewhat commercial. I forgot to say about the billboards. Did you know that there was uh, that billboard has then been used by some of the most famous yeah. artists ever? They've had the Beatles, Frank Zappa, Led Zeppelin, Humble Pie, Rolling Stones, ELO, and Bruce Springsteen I, all did their album launches on that yeah. uh, Sunset Strip billboard. I think that is that billboard. I think I, I can yeah. picture it in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's the still, famous. It's yeah. a yeah. It's Sunset Strip billboard. Yeah, I think yeah. or something. Yeah. But the doors were first. The doors wow. were first. It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's So they got the call from Ed Sullivan, and they basically went, "Look, you know, <laughs> you're number one." It's the newfangled, oh, newfangled music. Really, yeah. re, really big oh, show. Really come, and do, come and do a, 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 you know, a really nice rendition of your uh, Light That Fire. And, uh, you know, we're going to have some fun. Yeah, yeah really big show. It's, and that is, was for the launch of Strange Days. Because yes. the other, because they do the two songs. They it's, do. It's, for, it's for that Christmas, just yeah. before that Christmas. Yeah. So they're banging out albums, as was the as was. Which the is time, amazing. It's like you know? it's amazing that they did six albums in five in, years. Because four he, years he had it all in his head. Sixty-seven uh, to seventy. Sixty. Well, they recorded the first album in sixty-six, August sixty-six. Yeah. So sixty-six, sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, seventy. Yeah. So five years. Five, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like. Well, just, I was going from release to release to release. Again, it's just like four people in the in the Goldilocks zone. You yeah. know what I mean? Making like the Beatles. They just yeah, just, make, just magic. Yeah, magic factory. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah, more, yeah. please. Do more, please. Yeah, and burned and burned out. Like it's a yeah. golden goose that got completely. Yeah. Because again, the Beatles. Apart. Again, like everyone goes, oh, the Beatles. You know, this epic. And but how many years were they together? Yeah, seven was something it? like that. Seven exactly. years. Yeah. Of it. But but they were playing for from love years in Germany yeah. and in Hamburg. They yeah. were in Hamburg. They were so well. They were so honed. Hamburg made the Beatles yeah, in yeah. that sense. Totally, you know I mean? but the doors fell together, uh, you know, in the in the sp- in the spring of '65. Hi, I'm like the incarnation of Apollo, and does yeah. anyone know any cool cats that I could like jam with? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. pretty much what the fuck was. Imagine yeah, me yeah. Rayman answering and just being like, mm, "You ever thought you'd be famous? <laughs> Stand me in front of you and yeah. just play your keys, and let's see what happens." I have these ideas and I think people will be making love to them in 50 years yeah. and would, would you like to hear what some of these ideas are maybe perhaps? and Ray's just like oh my god I can see it <laughs> I can see it I'm looking into your sorcerer pinwheel eyes in and the I can movie, see it in the movie's like what do we call the band Jim yeah I was thinking about calling it the doors yeah you know. he's like oh like William Blake um no all the Suxley yeah. <laughs> doors doors of perception but Manzarak has stuck with that story yeah. from the get go and yeah. so like that could be the fucking story They're like, I wouldn't imagine it's any different exactly like, why would like, he lie have you any, yeah, he's right. not the liar how come you know all of this Jim he's not the hyperbolic I mean he does look like an accountant yeah I'm, Ray, I'm Raymond Manzarek yeah. and I play two instruments with the same hand yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is quite mathematical yeah. which is very mathematical <laughs> yes. but when you get when you get an offer then to go on to Ed Sullivan you can't turn it down like no, these guys we have are no idea. Yeah. cracking like the fucking is that like going on Joe Rogan would that be like Oprah? For me, it'd be like yeah, it'd be like going on Oprah. It's like now. getting a thumbs yeah. up as a comedian from Johnny Carson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And there's so, no equivalent to that anymore because there is no single no. gatekeeper and the whole thing. So it would be closer to the likes of Rogan or Oprah or 
your Jimmy t- Fallon's, your Jimmy Kimmel's. Yeah. Or, or like a Jordan Peterson going, this is an excellent philosophy book. I, Jordan Peterson, endorse this even, philosophy He's not even book. that big yet. You're a millionaire. Yeah. Like, uh, Oprah is probably the, the biggest Oprah, yeah. endorsement that you can have Or if you're, right if you're now, a dude, mm-hmm. Rogan. No, I, I don't. Rogan, he's well, not, he not has even all, all, fans, Oprah's, Oprah's like, kind of finished now. Like you know, what are you oh talking? man, she has so much. So the much old network is Ellen? fucking everything. Ellen. Ellen, Ellen. That's exactly what it's like. When yeah. you when you do well on Ellen, everyone yeah. fucking knows about yeah. it. Yeah, Ellen yeah. is Ellen. way better. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. If Perfect. you get on Ellen, you're done. You're made. Yeah, completely. So you get on John. You get on Johnny Carson. You get on the Ed Sullivan Show, and this like Elvis, the Beatles, Rolling Stones. They were made household names. Uh, by Ed Sullivan and he, he got him on to sing that number like that fire and uh, the whole country was watching the show yeah. there's millions of people it's a song about scouting uh, <laughs> Ed, Ed, Ed said uh, one of these producers said like uh, the network has said uh, come here listen can you not say uh, 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 girl we couldn't get much higher can you say girl we couldn't get much better and it's they make a joke about it in the movie it's like how about uh, Girl, you could bite my wire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just right? a word. Yeah, know? it's just a word. What, what happens if I call it, change yeah. your name? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, come on. So, what, what's the problem? It's just a word. It's just a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jim, Jim went ahead and sang it anyway. Fuck it. Broke the rules. Fuck the guards. And <laughs> this kind of said to everybody that was watching at home, like dads were like <laughs> spitting out their dinners, yeah. and all the kids were like in wide eyed. He said, ah, he said higher. Yeah. I, on Ed Sullivan and some of the kids who were high were like oh shit everybody yeah. knows everybody knows <laughs> yeah they know <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely so this is the thing of like I mean he spit in the face of authority yeah. this yeah, is yeah. the the ultimate meet, like you get the opportunity to fucking once in a lifetime launch the careers yeah. of like the biggest musical artists ever and he just went down and went and stuck mm. up his fucking which fingers exactly to it. Which is exactly what like, you yeah. should do. Yeah. Like, which is I exactly mean, what you should do. It's if like, you're Jim Morrison, sure. If yeah. you want to make... like, If you're a ventriloquist act, maybe not. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, he still did have like puppies and plate spinners and jugglers. <laughs> it was Ed Sullivan. It's, it's, it's like the... Uh, Ed Nimzo like, and his pyramid of dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Take any job you can get and don't make on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we go back to the billboards and we talk about like th- that promotion. Yeah. Like that, Electra Records is probably the best place that they could have landed as a record company yeah. because those guys were on it. They mm-hmm. knew exactly what they were doing when they had an artist to properly promote it, it's to, art, to use those people, to anip- yeah. uh, emotionally direct those people into, you know, certain avenues of conversation to get to the right market. Mm-hmm. So one thing they did was they made these young lion pictures that we talked about earlier on. Yeah. And these firmly cemented Jim in the minds uh, and obviously the underwear of the youth of America. <laughs> And they were taken by a young Brooklyn photographer, Joel Brodsky. In the movie, it's played by a woman for some reason. I don't yeah. know why that is. Yeah. Uh, and he would uh, he would take these most iconic rock images. Yeah. Uh, in the, like in history, I think some of them. It's got to be. It's in the top ten anyway. If you definite. say a a lead man, a, a front man. Yeah. Mm. Like front man picture. Front man picture, and it's like, show me a better one. Jim Morrison, Christ pose. <laughs> And even the fact that it's called a young line, like it's yeah. fucking yeah. perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. And you see just like the the ribs and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So according to Brodsky, Jim was absolutely hammered told, during yeah. this shoot. <laughs> yeah. And they spent a lot of time together that day talking about life, doing all that stuff. And he catch he said he catch Jim with a look in his eyes that was like infinite. Like he was in like pure contemplation yeah. in a place of bliss. Going, this is gonna happen. And he's a click. Yeah. I got you. Mm. I got the essence of like because he's he got him thinking about it, and his face is just yeah. 
and he'd purse his lips and just look off and it's just like click yeah and like yeah, I know, that, I know in the movie like lightning like man. that's like if you kind of go you know the, the purr of a V8 12 liter engine or whatever the fuck yeah, it is yeah. right? those are go, things that men like yeah exactly he's got 149 IQ so if you can stump 149 IQ and basically catch the cogs turning behind yeah. it's like it's a beautiful thing like. and he's saying to him you are this yeah. you know what I mean you're but, the young lion yeah let it yeah. out show me this is happening so yeah. he, he cajoled him into giving this kind of performance and there's over 30 pictures yeah. that are released but I, I mean imagine there's hundreds that aren't you know yeah um the first publication of these was in the village voice and they were absolutely bombarded with requests <laughs> for copies of these images for posters for postcards yeah. just to for girls to just rub against themselves yeah i didn't want to imagine. say it but yes and yeah. brodsky said afterwards jim never looked as cool ever I'm, gonna, again. I'm gonna say there's one other there's one other photograph i've seen in him that i think equals the young line which is up at the griff of the observatory and he's wearing a blue denim shirt and leather dra- leather pants and there's a, a black labrador and i remember seeing that when i was like 16 or 70 i went i don't like that's jim morrison he looks shit fucking cool mm. he's, yeah, he's very james dean that picture yeah Wow, well, I, I, I wouldn't have said James too, Dean because uh, like his hair is James very Dean's long. James Dean's most iconic scene. Yeah. So. Yeah. That the, the, that's the knife fight. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dennis yeah. That's why I felt it was with James Dean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be why. Yeah, that's but weird. I kind of thought like, and he's wearing sunglasses, definitely. Again, live fast, die young, eh? Yeah. But it was, it was after... I think I like know the picture you're talking about. He says he got shades on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah and he's yeah. leaning back and he has the... Yeah, he's shit But But that's even like Jim after a little bit of wear and tear. Because he has longer hair. It's a, like maybe a year and a half he's after He's also this. pissed. Yes, that's right. In that and in this p- one, yeah. he's pissed, but he's got that like short bob. Yeah. Super skinny. Yeah. Totally clear skin. Everything is, he's, he's a virgin almost. He's mm. not, he's not, he hasn't got, he hasn't been debauched by the rock. Yes, industry exactly. Yeah, he's not mm. a rock god. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's, he's like Brodsky the kind of. got him before I'm the, I'm the, the rest son of the god world got incarnated him. on this planet. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Cross legs and art. all this stuff. Newborn, I don't make art. Newborn Messiah. I am it. Brodsky yeah. said he got him at his peak. Yeah. Wow. He's like, I got him. Wow. Yeah. Young and liar. that also as well and that's why that thing you know that it was used for album covers it was used because yeah. he filmed he, he photographed the rest of the doors as well jim was going around topless in jeans with a, with a, a belt buckle on and they got the lads in behind him and they made those kind of yeah uh, uh conch shell type concentric circles with their heads and all yeah. it was all like very measured and uh he got him doing the thing you know where he has his hand out yeah. like this as if he's beckoning it towards him yeah, to yeah. break on through with yeah. him like come yeah. on in yeah 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 like they're all used for fucking posters and stuff like everywhere every student house you went in in the yeah. 90s and 2000s had a big ass jim morrison poster <laughs> absolutely like, i remember as a child at, at, at some some function or something like that and I was wearing a Batman t-shirt and I was like, Batman is the fucking best <laughs> ever. <laughs> Batman is awesome. And I went out and there was lads outside and we were having a crack. And I was maybe eight. And they were like 16. Well, yeah. And one of them was wearing a Jim Morrison t-shirt. And I went up and I was like, how are you? And they were all like, huh? All right. What's the crack? Well, was, man. They were like, who have you got in your t-shirt? I was like, that's Batman. You don't know who Batman is. He's fucking cool. And he's like, I bet she's not as cool as this lad. He's like, who's that for? He looks like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, yeah, well, he'd kick the shit out of Batman. No, he wouldn't. Batman is cool. Batman's got a utility belt. Yeah. yeah. And I, I didn't know. The, the lads were all like, this yeah. kid loves Batman as much Deadly. as I love Jim Morrison. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was just, I remember that moment. We're all just looking for daddy. Going, you got that shit, man. That's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Give it 10 years, boy, and you'll be Absolutely. wearing this t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I remember like I was into like Howard Jones and the Peshmo and stuff when I was younger and my sister was going out some some dude and uh, he brought he brought over uh, Led Zeppelin 4 and the greatest hits at the doors fucking and 4 this, is a great right, album it's man. fucking amazing and uh, and I'm like they're stupid that's like guitar that's like all music I listen to new music made by synthesizers yeah. it's a new thing man who needs guitars guitars will be done man yeah. and he just talks to me and goes yeah you're 12 he goes yeah, I, I give ready. you I give you 4 years yeah yeah <laughs> It's true. You kind yeah. of go, wow, did we really have a five-star album in our yeah. house? Really? <laughs> but was I a systematic? What is it about that that ended up like standing the test of time and so many bands afterwards that played music with guitars just didn't hit that thing? And, I don't know. And, and made that, it, that, that's, that's a really good question. Well, it is an excellent question because it's, it's, chorus, it's, it's I think, personally, it's kind of unanswerable but yeah. and, that, and that's the draw because you're you're just drawn to it. You hypnotize yeah. it. It's, it gets yeah. you here in your soul and your heart and you your mind and yeah i mean i watched i watched um what's the name of that band that that does that song two princes spin oh they were good oh, spin beautiful well, really yeah. really good watched the live concert of theirs totally randomly yeah. i'm not a spin doctors fan yeah yeah saw it on youtube went cool yeah click they're fucking brilliant live <laughs> yeah they've one song they've one song one yeah. I remember we used to, again, like hanging out in New Shady. Very, very musically. That, great that, song. that album was great. I remember we used to listen to the whole yeah. entire album, right? Yeah. No, I couldn't pick out one bloody song oh, off yeah. it except for that one. Yeah. And yeah. it was Four Non Blondes. It's the same. Their oh, album yeah, was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, and you want a big songwriter. I mean, she's written fucking shitloads of songs. Yeah, she's and stuff. huge, yeah. yeah. Like, a, what happens that there's, like, you get the doors and it's a fuck, it's like 40 songs. One that after the other, your soul one after it. the other. Absolutely. Like the you stones. go on a journey, you put on a doors album yeah. and you sit back and you go, you, you're you going on a journey. Yeah. And Led Zeppelin created albums the same way. Like, Robert Plant is Beatles. like, we don't release singles. Yeah. Mm. We want to release album as a movement of music. Yeah. And the doors were kind of the same. They had to have that commercial success, I guess, Electra yeah. were like looking for them. Early U2, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. if you look at U2, like, I mean, like so the the biography of you two is you know Larry Mullen puts up a, a thing on on the on the board one day and goes hey I want to start a band mm. you know because he uh, doesn't mm, know he's Larry mm. Mullen the Mount, drummer of you two he Mount just thinks Temple, yeah. main Temple right and and six lads show up to his house all of the like it's you two mm. plus two other people yeah <laughs> like fucking that was it man yeah. that was all it took to get the band who defined essentially the 80s and I mean the first eleven albums of you two are. Like, it, that is a staggering amount of art. Yeah. Like, from Boy to Octung Baby. I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a Duff album in there. No, there isn't. That's like, why it's they, fucking, the every 80s. single album has got about six or eight cracking fucking songs on it. Bono's voice is But they stood the test of time. How come there's the other, charts. like, if Jim Morrison was like, that, do you think they would have been so prolifically talent. producing those it's music? Got, I think it's just talent. I genuinely yeah. do. I think it's just... Should the guys, I, the lads in the band, like, the musicians from the band... Just were like, um, have you got any any more of Jim? <laughs> did he do that thing that Tupac did? Yeah. He did. Great. Oh, but it's poetry. It's he's not singing. Okay, we'll just we okay, we'll just do it. Go on, give us it. And Thankfully, they just got loads of fucking tapes of yeah. him saying poetry, and they made like three more albums out of that. Yeah, because they're like we've loads more music, and they're not bad. Yeah, they don't have the obviously the the tither and hither yeah. of Jim singing along with the music. Yeah, yeah. But it's 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 stories of music and Jim writing poetry. Fucking beautiful. Yeah, his voice is beautiful. Even his speaking voice, like and like like, uh, I saw Richard Burton. I was just gonna say, bloody actor. Yeah, exactly. And Richard Burton talks about like one of the Greek one of the Greek uh, nymphs or 
uh, muses, muses. one of the Greek muses. Yeah. And it's the, it's the gift of the voice because the act, like great actors have great voices. Like Absolutely. Jack Nicholson. Like, so if you got, yeah, exactly. I'm going to do a voice now. Yeah. It's, you know, it's all recognizable voices yeah. and beautiful voices. James Mason, Jack Nicholson, James, James like Richard Jones. Burton, James Earl Jones, Joe Pasquale, fucking Jeff Bridges, Morgan Freeman. Morgan, Morgan, Fr- Morgan, Morgan Freeman. Like, fuck's yeah. sake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. Joe fucker Pesci. No, maybe not. <laughs> but it's a different thing. But, but you that, need the Joe Pesci. But, yeah. but you would, yeah, because Jim would act it. And, and, it, and it was a sort of a, a yeah. character, a voice. It's kind of like, yeah, a kind yeah. of a 50s Shakespearean actor kind Absolutely. of Absolutely, trying thing. to rattle the teeth at the back of the theatre, yeah, 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 yeah. With, with, with no uh, microphones. But uh, one thing that Jim, Jim had, and all the way through, like it was a thread of disdain for authority. Yeah. And... He, he he knew the rules. There were rules, but he decided, like, you know, I'm not going to follow these. And often put himself in trouble or even danger to make this persona, this Mojo Rising yeah. man, um, so do you seem think more at that real. Point, it, it, so is it, because when we say the word persona, we I think it kind of conjures up images of, like, deliberate artificiality like yeah. you know like it's contrived it's i'm deliberately contriving this i don't really want to be crazy but i'm going to pretend to be crazy in such a convincing way that you actually believe i am actually i don't crazy. think that's the way it works i yeah. think he he went crazy yeah i, th- I think he that's, elected to go crazy he, for I, I, yes, believe I am that. going Absolutely. to go crazy and that's it that's that's what the only but decision then when i'm not is. crazy i'm not mm. in the even time that's like I said, like Jimmy, you know, is burning the guitar yeah. and all that. And he would literally yeah. go home and drink tea and listen to Beethoven yeah. and, and watch the the Goons or listen to Goons albums. <laughs> That's I think so he great. thought they were hilarious. Oh, so like. great. I yeah. think and at then some he'd point, go out and be all <laughs> dialing it down for Fucking God. riding the guitar. Yeah. At some point, I think, though, that the two personas crossed over and Jim yeah. and the Lizard King became one entity. Mm. Yeah. That he mm. couldn't then separate himself. And as soon as that happened, his physical form started to kind of reject both yes. personalities yeah. and he he definitely made a conscious decision to grow his beard and get fat yeah because he's like i don't want to be a sex symbol anymore he did yeah. he absolutely did that on purpose it wasn't there was like... so many fraternity suits up against them they were all like you fucked me and got me pregnant and he's like well i no. did the first bit he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing so he he played concert at you're thousands half of right fans. <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> He'd play concerts with thousands of fans and the stage would be lined at the front with yeah. cops. As you see on the movie, that's not too far away from... If you see the movie yeah. that Oliver Stone made and then yeah, the watch pictures... Yeah, Feast of Friends. Oh, like, yeah, the real, absolutely. Like, There's cops crazy, on stage man. with them when they're performing. And Jimi Hendrix the same. It's yeah. like, excuse yeah. me, while I kiss that cops and over there. <laughs> going, oh, yeah, yeah, There's yeah. cops on all of these as, as the authorities are going, these ideas are too inflammatory and too dangerous to expose to young minds in case they literally... F- Break them. Yeah. <laughs> so we have All to have police in the, standing are in the them. crowd going, what are they shielding us from? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it made them more of course mysterious. Of course it did. For Christ's sakes. It's, it's, it's that old thing, you know, you don't read that book, it's banned. Yeah. What book? What book can you Absolutely, yeah. Whatever you do, don't go over there. Don't look You're over not allowed to go over don't there. Don't look over there. <laughs> don't think this thought. You're not allowed now, to think that. <laughs> I'm going to leave the room. Don't look over there. <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> oh, I mean, it's, like, I was thinking about this, like, you know, kind of what, what, are, what are humans incapable of resisting? Curiosity. Curiosity is like, we're, we're actually. What's here today? Fact, we're you know, we're the powerless. There's nothing else we're more powerless against is curiosity. Just we're powered by yeah. and powerless. <laughs> yeah. You should just curiosity. say, hey, you know what? Humans are absolutely irresistible. Attracted to 
I'll tell you after. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, come on, man. You can't oh, do that. Do that in the edit. Yeah, yeah. We do that. <laughs> so good. Uh, some people said that they had the cops on the stage because the band or quote unquote the band were at risk of being trampled by the fans. Mm. But like Rob said, maybe it was they were shielding them from all of these messages, right? Um, the security was paramount for these guys because they were worth money. But yeah. also the audience was full of long hairs. Yeah. And as Raymond Zarek says himself, like any of these cops would love to pull out a baton and beat get a few sh- extra points oh. to beat the shit out of a long hair yeah. or a hippie or some of flowers in your hair. They, yeah. did, it, they did it all the time. Right? All the time. But the stages were very low. The productions weren't as high and secure. Yeah. There's no fences. There was mm-hmm. no, it was just like, it was like basketball. Yeah. It was a hole. If you watch, yeah, if you watch yeah. some of these, I'd uh, like to thank you for the loan of the whole father. Thanks very much. And uh, <laughs> yeah, next yeah. week there'll be cake sale and bingo. <laughs> so uh, thanks very much. And now please enjoy the doors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that it's like, the, the, the connection between the audience and the band like yeah. I, I, years ago I remember getting that Led Zeppelin um, DVD collection and yeah. I watched them live for the first time it was like <sighs> that orange and blue you know the beach yeah. cover I can't remember the name of it yeah. but it was all of these live concerts never released before and it was like a hundred pounds back then yeah. and I worked a job it's the BBC sessions so, isn't something it something like that but yeah. there's like 10 d- DVDs yeah. in it so I had like a secret album it had like loads of interviews loads of behind the scenes like I have it at home somewhere yeah uh, back in the home house amazing and i was watching all these concerts and all the stage was right like the stage stopped at shoulder height yeah and there was girls like leaning over the stage yeah with their with their like with their elbow out and their head in their hands looking right <laughs> up down the flute of robert plant <laughs> you're absolutely right the yeah, down yeah. the fucking up looking up the flute of robert plant <laughs> actually like you don't look 10 his dick was 10 inches from her face do you know because it was like and, and a lot of the times it was just one arm on the yeah, stage just one yeah. arm on the stage why, where, where was the other one yeah uh, but, but this is the thing what, there was no, now there's like a 20 foot barrier yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, like a whole lot of fat security guards in yeah. between like a, a some sound oh, box, yeah, there's a loads whole, of metal frame. Yeah. There's the media pit, fencing, like media thing, all yeah. the yeah, mosh, a big the, screen. Like so you could just, just go to a gig so, and watch television. It's so yeah. disparate, right? And then it was like we're in the room. Is everybody yeah. in? Then we can. So wasn't begin, that a point? You know? so that see footage of girls like touching Ziggy and like yeah. touching his bare thigh because he would have one leg exposed yeah. in yeah. his outfit. You know. So so you got to assume at that point then. So celebrity didn't mean as much to people as so so that was more like it, you're an artist. It's about art. Like it's mm. it's art and ce- and celebrity, but not like now. Celebrity is this. Celebrity is is like a you are a different species. If you reach a certain level of fame, it's like you're now living in a gilded cage. I mean, that, that, oh God, that is basically yeah. what it is. That's it's exactly like, what it is. Who'd want it, to be I, honest? I heard someone describe, like, uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z as, like, literally the king and queen, the, the, the royal family mm. of, of showbiz in America. Beyonce gets right down in it, man. She gets out, she gets down to the crowd, she doesn't she like does. any of that. Any of those barriers. Mm, she good. makes the stage so that she can walk in and out amongst them. Still and she the walks down, she, she can get left some singing and stuff. Sing, and touch cool. her hair. And, you know, you don't touch a black woman's hair, for fuck's sake. Are you kidding she me? She is all about it. All she about looks it, like man. she really enjoys what I even she does. Watched, I even watched a video of Miley Cyrus, and like she was singing, and, and some lad put his fingers up her fanny. <laughs> hey! That's fucking dedication That's... to your fans. It's just like, she was walking along, she stuck it out, and she was like, fucking damn in the minute. And he just went, <laughs> and just fucking get it right up her gash. Well, good God! Yeah, up, truer, truer. I'd like up like Miley my, Cyrus. Yeah, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, Jesus. Man. Like fair play, giving her an out, feeding the pony from the fucking. <laughs> but but Jim uh, uh, wanted the crowd to react. He yeah. wanted them to be incensed, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
that wonderful face. Do you know when that the, the cop? Oh yeah, that's that's that, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, face. Yeah, that yeah. makes me laugh. Out. Which is Jim the Joker. Yeah, yeah which absolutely. I must, I must point out that... Well, hammered as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Manzerk used to say he was a funny fucker. Funny fucking hilarious. guy. Hilarious guy. Intelligent equals funny, yeah. man. That's the yeah. way it is. He was yeah. just so funny and his pranks and clowning all the time probably will come from his childhood being yeah. a, a prankster and all that. But Manzerk said... And a performer, And he yeah. fucking hated the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. This was a, a chat. He came live to the Spirit Store, if you yeah. remember that, or HQ yeah. or whatever it was, <laughs> Middle Abbey Street yeah. here in Dublin. And uh, my friend uh, Ray, uh, yeah, Ray yeah. King, uh, spoken word, and just had his keyboard, and he would play door songs. And remember this, and then he go, so yeah, so and he tell stories, and apparently it was a fantastic yeah. show. I'll n- always regret not going, but my friend went, and he said it was incredible. Lord of Mercy on Ray, but he, he yeah, yeah. he's yeah. up there with Jim now. <laughs> he laying that baseline. He 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 spent a few minutes on how much he hated the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah, how a much, lot of people didn't much, like uh, it. Jim was cast as this dark. Yeah, sort of, like, asshole. Oh, for fuck's sake, man, that was an act. That was his act. Yeah. It was Lizard King and all that. He was a funny bastard. Yeah. And he used to re- refer to footage like uh, yeah. of him just like... Goofing around, yeah. Or the girl's just standing there. He's just sitting in a chair and the girl's just standing there looking at him and he yeah. just grabs and pulls her onto his lap and yeah. goes to the camera. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it's just like, I'm a football fan. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of people give it... We ran out of time to talk about the Oliver Stone movie, but I guess you can go watch it or we'll, do, we'll yeah. talk about it during the live chat. Yeah, I knew we, we, I knew we weren't um, going to talk about it, but I, I wanted to say that. It's, that, it's, that, a, it's yeah. a great movie, yeah. Yeah. but it's all... F- but it's like, not true. It's mostly fabrication. Yeah. And mm. Oliver Stone himself, there's a documentary online. Yeah. I put all this stuff up on the BitChute channel, all these documentaries you reference. Stone. Oliver says himself he was like Jim was a friend of mine yeah and he appreciated everything he did he wanted to make a tribute that was fitting to the character that people would expect and it's 91 yeah like I'll watch that movie again with that uh, knowing that he said that I watched it this only thing I'll say I watched it recently and it's like I think the they're they're performance in the Sullivan show when they play Light My Fire yeah, yeah. Right? And this is one of the greatest like I mean again you think like that's him singing loud like there's nothing mm. there's a bit of reverb on his now, voice and here's, that's it here's the thing yeah. Val Kilmer yeah. sang all the songs sang all yes, the songs which is amazing and redubbed all of the soundtrack songs that play in the background yeah because they didn't want yes. it sounding too much like Jim so they redubbed yeah so anything, anytime you're seeing B-roll or they're going through a thing yeah. and it sounds like it's The Doors, that's Val Kilmer overdubbing job. that music. Yeah. Fair Doing fucking Doing a play. really good version. Really like when, good. Like he's got a good fucking voice. Yeah, oh, man. yeah, Great yeah. I mean, voice. I'm sure as a Hollywood actor with a lot of money and everything like that, he put a lot of work and money into but you it. Could, but you can't uh, train tone. I mean, no. you know this. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you're born with tone or not. You yeah. can train range. You can change phrasing. You cannot train tone. Yeah, you got yeah. it or you don't got it. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and he got it. Yeah. Like, definitely. So in the original footage, like the actual footage on yeah. the, the Ed Sullivan show, Morrison just does it just smooth as yeah. fuck. Right. And in the doors bit, they amplify the bit higher as if he's like, I remember camera, watching that and going, like, fuck you, Oliver yeah. Stone. He didn't need to do he that. It's it like, exactly. The camera. Yeah, it was yeah. exactly. He kind of grabs the, like, yeah, he goes, it's like, get it off his dick, get it yeah. off his dick, get off his yeah, dick. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. there's no need to but do that. But it was the salacious version of it for the yeah. people in the, in the cheap seats who wouldn't get it. Yeah. They were like, you're not supposed to say higher. And then Jim is just standing there going, Girl, it couldn't yeah. get much higher. If you watch it, watch now, Robbie if Krieger you're that, after him. He goes, oh, and then Robbie Krieger just has got this big shitty grin. I can't believe we said higher yeah, on yeah. national television. Yeah. <laughs> but it was so subtle that it wouldn't play in a yeah. movie. So what they Fantastic. did was did the whole dick shot and the whole yeah. like the the I, I guarantee you yeah. that the fucking the the production box 
was freaking out yeah. as much as they were in the movie, mm-hmm. but just because he said higher and Ed Sullivan was going to flip his uh, shit. Uh, out. And the, the, then the crescendos of screaming girls yeah. as soon yeah. as he said yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It was like the, yeah, we agree, we're with you. Yeah. It was very, yeah, it was all very silly. It was all but pants, man. I think one of the biggest transgressions, and Oliver Stone says that himself, is his only regret about the movie. Because it was a love letter to Jim Morrison. Yeah. It was a love letter to the, to the character that people would know. Yeah. And he said he wasn't there to tell the story of the real Jim. That's another man's work. Yeah. He said, that's another man's work. And uh, Ray actually wrote a, a, a book in 2002 yeah. called A Poet's Exile. And it was supposed to be made into a movie and it was in production in 2013. And unfortunately, Ray uh, pl- played, the la- he played his last bass line uh, in 2014. So it never got actually made. It's still yeah. in production. Like it could be made. We don't know. Mm. And it's about like the real Jim the and how side. he went off into exile faked his death and this whole thing that's where we get all these somebody should do that absolutely absolutely man Mm. throw some fucking Netflix money at that shit right because essentially the the, the Oliver Stone movie was called The Doors it wasn't like you know yeah it was it wasn't real Jim or whatever yeah 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 so uh, it was the myth if you're going to tell a fucking tell a story tell a legend right Mm -hmm. so Jim Jim uh, was in love with this woman called Patricia Keneally you won't go too deep into it now and she was like you know a white witch and she had she was like this you know they they got married in a pagan ceremony and all this and there was a few different stories. So uh, one of the stories was at New Haven, Connecticut, where Jim was making it with this girl backstage yeah. and a cop came by and told him to move. And Jim refused and he was promptly maced and he ran into the dressing room to tell the band and the manager what happened. And then the venue owners railed on the cop and said that he was there to protect the band. And then later during Backdoor Man, Ray like, re- recalls in this interview that he was like, playing the bass line of it. And Jim went out and he started just doing this like spoken word thing yeah. started going like I was out back getting friendly with a girl you know and a little blue man with a little blue hat a little blue pig came in to try to stop my fun that's not right is it and everyone's like ah and that was done in the movie like really really well it was so uh, Ray so says it was done really really well yeah. like but the woman that he was backstage with was in the movie the character of Patricia Keneally yeah. yes and then she was also, uh, you know, a woman that played... Takes uh, the uh, photographs. Take, takes the photographs, does all this. Like, it's the same chick. Yeah. And Oliver Stone said he wanted that to be an amalgam of yeah, these of course, stories. absolutely. Yeah. He says he regrets calling her Patricia Keneally. Yeah. Because that was the a real woman's name. So you yeah. see the priestess that marries them yeah. and ties the knot. That's the real That's Patricia the real Keneally one. playing yeah. a cameo. And he said he would have gave her some other name because now everybody thinks that she was the one that broke up the marriage yeah. and blah, 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 had them had fights and all this stuff. So Patricia Keneally got a raw end of the stick because of that. And a lot of people don't like her when she had actually nothing to do with it. And all, yeah. all of those girls, he said they were all just put into the character and named yeah. that. Yeah. Because it worked for the narrative. It's a, of they're course, a Oliver Stone. And yeah. It was just less, <laughs> an less, less, com- less confusing for yeah. a viewer. Yeah. So like Oliver Stone is trying to, mm. in this documentary, justify his like narrative st- he's like lads you've seen jfk can you fucking relax <laughs> yeah 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 like it's a film yeah it works don't be- but people are so precious i guarantee you we get shit over this about you got something wrong or you got you know yeah. Yeah, there's yeah. a thing wrong like people are so precious about it and the information is the only thing they have left so they're like so protective, protective of, it, of yeah. it yeah 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 like that's not how it went he said actually this and you're like Fucking semantics, bro. It's about the story. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Chill the fuck it's, out. It's a know? myth now. It's the whole thing. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's not just one word. Yeah. It, you know, it's just a word, Ray. Who, who says that, you know, if, if they had, uh, you know, everybody was there the night he took his dick out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but this is the thing. He, 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 
he got he took one of the policemen's hats mm-hmm. he threw it into the crowd after calling him a little blue pig with a little blue man little blue hat and Manzarek tells it like they were turning from the crowd the cops were facing out towards the crowd and as yeah. Jim was doing his speech one by one they were turning around and he said there were bulls like there was a big yeah. man you know yeah. and they started to turn around and they were looking at looking at Jim Morrison going fuck you you little wispy bohemian cunt yeah. probably actually saying that to him as yeah, well yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to get you we're like, yeah, going to get yeah. you and then he said uh, into the microphone, it shouldn't be different because I'm famous. I'm one of you guys. And everyone's like, yeah, he's a fucking man of paper. Mm. And the cops were so fucked off. He was incensing the crowd. Mm. And he was just like, little piggies, little blue piggies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Captain Kelly, yeah. famously Captain Kelly came out and said, right, this has gone too far. I'm arresting you, Mr. Morrison, uh, for uh, obscenity mm. and public, public indecency yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And he arrested him on the stage. Yeah. And, and then you get that. actual footage yeah, of yeah. him doing it. Yeah. Like, like it's, great. It's, cr- it's crazy. Right. <laughs> yeah. But by now he's fucking hammered as well. Yeah. But like that was the level that these guys were afraid of him and sensing that crowd and yeah. you having into a. Yeah. Frenzy, yeah. 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 You know? which, which didn't happen. You know. <laughs> Come on. They were just going. Ah, shouting. You know? yeah. he, he was also reported to have caused trouble and was arrested for disorderly conduct and public drunkenness a good few times. Yeah. Uh, first was at the football game when he was in high school. Then at a bar called the Pussycat a go-go in Las Vegas when he was smoking a joint and he got a slap off a bouncer for, for not putting it out, which caused a mini riot and he got arrested for that. And another time when he was sexually harassing a flight stewardess on a flight to Phoenix with Tom Baker and he was actually banned from Phoenix yeah. for a riot that he caused there the year before. So like this guy was just they were generally, a wandering, yeah. crazy, drunken, shaman man yeah. mm. who was polluting the minds yeah. of children. Frenzied and stuff. Like, yeah. Talk about like Elvis shaking his pelvis yeah. like once. Ting ting. Like his balls went against yeah. the insides of his legs and America <laughs> like freaked a out. Cradle. Yeah. And then ten years later, Jim Morrison is causing riots yeah. from words. Yeah. Like that's how that's how much those people wanted to rebel against the establishment yeah yeah and so ironically that jim's dad was the man who yeah. like, like was it, the functional arm of that establishment this yeah. is going you parallel could, with what's going on you couldn't get a world. more literal crazy. representation crazy. of the power of the state than a rear admiral yeah. <laughs> yeah. during a time of yeah. war like you know who's active on the other side of the world yeah that's crazy so after this uh, release of the second album strange days in 67 this persona of the Lizard King was well and truly in operation. People knew it. I'm the Lizard King. I can do anything. And it, it caught up in the wave of popularity and excess. Jim was then embroiled in this personal battle with alcohol, sex and drugs. And like this shit is undeniable and was probably a coping mechanism for being thrust into the spotlight so young and being the object of desire for so many. Mm. So he was fucking young, man. Mm. And this seeming immunity to authority was playing out in his actions. He was getting in trouble. He was showing off for the boys and he ended up getting caught a few times for it. They were like, yeah, that's too far. Yeah, you can't be doing that. But yeah. it was like tossing yourself out of the chair and having a fit on the ground, mm. but in front of the world. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Yeah. So uh, the viewer could look upon this like crazy behavior as performance and artistic folly. But to Jim, he was actually testing the limits of a long and prolonged derangement of the senses to try and find true enlightenment and try and find a true message that he was able to communicate honestly and without taint to 
a willing audience. Yeah. He wanted to see how far we could go yeah, and what he could say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the same as like, art, like this is the same as I came back in school. Yeah, yeah like exactly. It's, it's, it's yeah. Like, how how, 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 how ha, far is too far? You only know when you go past it. And he's pranking them almost yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, it's almost a prank because yeah. he's, he's totally, totally he's totally made up a persona. Yeah. And, and it's everyone's performance just believing art, it. for once mm-hmm. of a better word. A life of performance art. Yeah, yeah. It's easy to walk away from too. Then right. Yeah. So this type of behavior came crashing down around him. Fairly quickly, though, because yeah. in 1969 at this dinner key auditorium in Florida, Jim allegedly exposed himself to 13,000 fans. And at the time, nothing was done, as is depicted in the movie. But uh, a warrant was put out for his arrest and he had to turn himself into the FBI and was found guilty at a trial in 1970. Now, one guy came out as a witness during yeah. the trial and said, I saw Jim trying to pull his dick out and I ran yeah. over and I grabbed his pants and I put no one how many times he'd been arrested. And I yeah. pulled him up and I absolutely made sure that his dick did not pop out because we didn't want him arrested for indecency because in Florida, you get done for that shit. Yeah. So he said, no way. Nobody fucking talks about the fact that in this dinner key auditorium that the fellow who was running the gig mm. pulled out all the seats that were yeah. made for 7,000 people and fitted an extra 6,000 people in the venue. So it was grossly packed out. Mm. Yeah. He caused basically a riot. But it's not because of Jim, it's because these people were yeah. absolutely smashed into this auditorium yeah. to see them. In Florida, in the in Florida, fucking heat. Yeah. In the heat. In like, May, like it was in May, wasn't yeah, it? In yeah. May, like crazy, it's fucking right. crazy. Just see uh, in the the documentary, no one here gets out alive. So mm, which right. is which is was filmed in like 1979. So it's only like it's very close afterwards. And so Manzarek tells the story that like he does this that that Morrison takes off his shirt and yeah, he goes, yeah. you know, you guys are here. What, what you know, why? Well, do you want me to show it to you? Do you yeah, that's what and it he is. does it's this too, kind of yeah. tea towel fucking matador yeah. kind of type of thing, and he goes, "All I can say is." thousands of people believed they saw something yeah, yeah. there in their minds it was true and you oh god go, that's yeah. it completely that's and in it. the movie like in moving the- statues we've we've had yeah. we've we have had we have had grown-ass adults go on national television in this country See, within my I lifetime several times and say i saw a statue move mm-hmm. a fucking statue move yeah yeah because in the movie, I in the movie he, he puts his finger out to his flag. Yeah, exactly. Which is like deadly. We've yeah. all done Which that. Which is a prank We've joke. We've all done again. that. Look, he's pranking again. And Absolutely. I love that shirt yeah. thing. That's exactly. another prank. It's fucking, it's, we've all done it? that to the mosque. Exactly. We've all done yeah. that to the girlfriend. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm surprised yeah. you just didn't do Ant-Man. Put his underpants on his head. Like, you know, that's the best I've done one. it. Yeah, so have I. Ant-Man is deadly. So, the thing with Jim, though, and getting arrested and going to trial and all that stuff, it did take a massive emotional toll on him. Psychologically, physically, emotionally, and monetarily, of course. But but most of all, his ego bubble was truly burst. Like, this was the end of the prankster Jim. Mm. The new rebel was curtailed and his in- invincibility was checked in front of a nationwide audience. Like, that's got to be embarrassing. Yeah. You know? Again, he got a bollocking in front of his family and friends like he did when he was a kid, except for oh, this is yeah. on a, on Ooh, a, on yeah, a yeah, massive yeah. level, you know. Yeah, he, in front of the country. No, yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, yeah. it does have that, that overtone, right? It, it is. He, he played up this defense and he forced the record label and management to go to court for the crack. Yeah. Like, he, he actually asked for it. He could have settled. He could have went, yeah, okay. He was sentenced to 60 days of hard labor. Yeah. And then he got out on bail until uh, his appeal yeah. was finished, but he never lived to see the end of the appeal because he yeah. died uh, a few months later in 1971. Mm. Yeah. But it's another great reason to disappear, right? Yeah. You have a fucking court case. Yeah, yeah. Fuck me. 60 days is a long time inside. Breaking yeah. rocks. Yeah. 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 Doing that strawberry suit. And again, you've seen that, like, Manzarek talks about when he gets his mug shot done and they're like, wait, can we get you down a date, boy? We're going to take care of that hair. <laughs> he said, like, it scared the shit out of him. 
Yeah. Cool hand, Jim. Like we're going to see about that hair down there, boy. Dade County Prison. I like to have something to hold on to. Absolutely. When you watch the Miami Mega Jail documentary yeah. with Louis Theroux, mm. you know you don't want to be in that motherfucker. Yeah, you don't want to be there. I'm like, how much is the bail? Yeah, yeah sounds. The hardest of the hard are, are, are like, so I yeah. don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah. fucked. Mm. Yeah. Fucked, man. So yeah, I mean, the 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 alter ego, Mr. Mojo Ryzen, uh, mm. which is an anagram of Jim Morrison, this is the this is the kind of the 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 shamanic dancer, yeah. the arms outstretched. Hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, this this is this is a creation of his long and prolonged hmm. uh, derangement of the senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, it has to have left an indelible mark on his mind. Like he traveled around the whole world performing, drinking, doing drugs. Probably can't remember half of it. If we want to find out what Jim Morrison would have ended up like. We can look at somebody like Shane McGowan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Which is, I think, probably the closest thing That's a to good, it. good comparison. Yeah, it's a very good one. Do you know? And yeah. I've been in the presence of Shane McGowan on a few occasions. Yeah. yeah. And it's a unilaterally unforgettable experience every time. But you expect more from it every time you see it. And you don't get it. And you don't mind. Yeah. It's a weird magic that I was has. at his birthday, his 60th birthday party, and he was uh, brought out on stage in a wheelchair yeah. to sing Summer in Siam with Nick Cave. Wow. And it was like, there, there he is. And he, they gave him the microphone and he sang it. It's like a musical Stephen Hawking. Yeah. And he, he literally, <laughs> he just sat there in the summer in Siam. To all the graphs I've loved before. <laughs> but that's now, the thing. It's, 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 it's the he he has a prolonged derangement of the senses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'd say, he can't remember the nineties at all. No, he can't. There's so much he can't remember that it has to be recounted to him, and he go really. Yeah, that's almost like, like a, a, I'd like to have been there. Well, you, tell him, you tell him what happened an hour ago, yeah. something done, and he's like, yeah, <laughs> can't yeah. believe it. Like bananas. Is yeah, it, yeah, like is crazy. he is it, he in there? Is he still he there? Is, or oh, is, very okay. much so. That's the thing. Shane is still there, but it's just. Everything is slow. Yeah. Down. Not when he's after taking a handful of yolks, just which is neurologically. The times that I met him, neurologically, he was them uppers, man. They bring mm. him back to normal. Mm. Okay. But he's very highly em- emotional. Mm. Do you know? Like he's he's on. Like he's not he's not a he's not a pisshead as you would say. Yeah, yeah. Like it's almost like that's petrol to keep him. Yes. At the operating level. Yeah. And it is. That's what it is. If, if he didn't have that, he'd be asleep or just yeah. like not talking. If he stops drinking tomorrow, he died. He died. Yeah. They said like, I remember hearing a story that Lemmy's, Lemmy's doctor told him, don't, don't stop taking speed, man. You've been taking it for 40 years. Your fucking heart won't work with that. That's <laughs> it. You need it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lemmy's old joke you know, is like, it's, it's, what's it's my become, cure for hangover? Yeah. Uh, don't, don't stay drunk. Just, just, just never stop, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop. He lived, Lemmy lived a good portion of his life on marriage bars flat seven up and speed <laughs> that's what he that's all he lived on don't don't feel sorry for him i mean he was lemmy yeah no, i felt bad that it wasn't alcohol yeah, not, not, yeah. Not flat oh no that's up. that's like yeah. alcohol as well but they, yeah. they, they were his is like oh my god i had food for dinner <laughs> mars bar yeah <laughs> like tuesday that means it's mars bar, <laughs> mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> helps, you, helps you work, rest, and rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> helps you work, work, rock, yeah. and play. Work, rest, and play. Yes. Yeah. Don't know why they didn't get. Why they didn't get fucking Lemmy to, to advertise Mars Bar. They got Mr. T to do Snickers. Yeah, did, you know? So I, I, I think like this long derangement of the sense is probably yeah. the best example for you by Shane McGowan. Like, God bless. Yeah. He's fucked, man. And I, I met him like 10 years ago, and I met him about four years ago. Yeah. 
and he's he's not changed. He's got t- new teeth now. Mm. Yeah, because so, I mean, he, he apparently looks, he came, he came down to having only one left or something yeah, that yeah. he called Chomper. Yeah. I don't know that's a Simpsons <laughs> joke. Um, yeah. no, he had one teeth tooth left or a couple and something. So that was it. Was it? But, but his gums were getting affected. It was not. It yeah. wasn't. No, like, I see. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the yeah, alcohol yeah, was going straight in on top of like gums yeah. and it's not good man. Yeah, yeah yeah okay bleeding gums and yeah, yeah. not yeah. good like uh, infections and loads of stuff and he ends up antibiotics and then you can't drink or you can and then you get fucked and it's like yeah <clears throat> you just have to stop the infections you know it, 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 you fall you fall apart yeah it's like he's like a Scary. he's like a 1981 is he still Daphne married Sonny. to coach he, no, no he was know. never married to coach so. uh, oh no she's married to elvis costello yeah, isn't it? he's Sorry. married to victoria yes whatever her name is Sorry, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But but uh, like he still comes out every so often. He's still, yeah. yeah, he's still around. Like yeah. he's not brown bread yet. Not at all. He was on on the stage. Uh, he was talking he, on the Late Late Show like three or four months ago. It was it was a disaster. For yeah, but I mean, he was able to make words. Yeah, he was able to show up that night of his birthday and do yeah. a fucking gig and, and and sing a couple of songs and uh, accept a, an award from the president and even make a joke uh, about it. You know. The uh, what was it? He he had a glass in one hand of champagne or something like that, and the president gave him an award. So he had a microphone. Yeah, he had the microphone and he had a drink, and the president wanted to give him this uh, a lifetime achievement yeah. award. It's hilarious because he kind of went and he lifted the drink <laughs> and he lifted important. the microphone, and the crowd lost their mind. <laughs> it was almost like he knew and he was playing yeah. up to it. He's this is getting up, yeah. a laugh. Exactly. So he just all you hear is. He drops that microphone. Yeah, of course. It takes the award, keeps the drink in his hand. Yeah. So that's that. that that's. I was like, he did that on purpose. He he, he felt the laugh. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He played he's, that. He's in there. It's just everything. I know who I am. Don't be. Don't think I don't know who the fuck I am. Completely. I know who I am. Everything yeah. is slow. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Jim was slowing mm-hmm. down towards these Definitely. last days, and at twenty-seven, like you're, you're, you shouldn't be no that fucked. Good no. God, you should be uh, just gearing what, what up. What have right? you done to yourself? Yeah. That I you, stopped drinking at twenty-seven. Like I went, yeah, that's no. <laughs> as soon as I passed the birthday, I went, did I die? Okay, no. Okay. Oh, okay. I drank that whole year like I was going to die. Really? I was 27 that March. And on the 11th of January, I drank 22 pints of Guinness at my grandfather's funeral. Jesus. And that was the last supper drink I ever had. Wow. Whew. I don't know if it's quite a farewell. I was like, fucked. <laughs> But still, you like, sober enough to chats. move around and do all that stuff. It was yeah. a long drinking day and it was Guinness, mm. so it wasn't too... You but paced like, yourself. Yeah. I pissed myself. Yeah, I did. No, I said you paced yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it, it was, it was... Once you get used reached, to, you can get good at drinking. Like, you, you can, can get... I was very you, good. It's a skill. Yeah, you, can, good. you can definitely yeah. acquire the skill. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but by the time my birthday, I was like 28 on my birthday, like, a couple of months later. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool. This is where it's going to be now. Yeah. And I didn't drink anymore after that. Yeah. Seven years now, do you know, mm. it's not bad because I thought, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, like if I made it past 27, like what's the point in dying at 28? You know, remember, <laughs> no one remembers that. I'll be the only, I'll be the founding member of the 28 club, yeah. Fuck that, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, the way, like, the way Jim kind of deteriorated, like, some of the worst effects of alcohol could be seen from his, his like, his size towards the end, mm-hmm. uh, his gait, the way he walked, his hips are fucked, he's starting to have arthritis at 27, yeah. Uh, he had inflammation of the joints. Uh, his persona was changing. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, uh, Mr. Mojo Horizon and Jim Morrison, the the, the, the nerd, the, the lovely, quiet, soft-loving yeah. man, both of those things were, were swallowing each other and it was becoming one kind of mushy, permanent 
yeah. drunken performance, you know? Um, and then obviously the psychological behavior, like the, 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 the bouncing between, between lovers, the infidelities, the violent outbursts, and the stuff you see in the movie that I think is even downplayed for the movie. God, yeah. Like, I mean, this is the guy that held a knife to yeah. a 15-year-old girl's face. Andy Martin's yeah. face. Like when, he's, when he's... When he's famous. Famous. And he's been and famous for years. And he's like invincible, basically. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You can only imagine what his insides look like if that was what his outside was was Whoa. going on. Yeah. Do you know you're talking about, um, like pancreatitis, uh, uh, like bowel inflammations, yeah. hemorrhoids, like probably guts, oh yeah, like something re- going really, on the guts, like, really unsexy body stuff yeah. goes with that. Like yeah. you know that it's like yeah, yeah, rock god your way out of this. Ultimate Morrison scutters, <laughs> like, absolutely, and, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, do you know what I mean? Shit in your leather yeah. pants. Why yeah. did you, you start wearing leather pants? Uh, I I couldn't control the explosive diarrhea, <laughs> yeah. so I needed something that was more easy to uh, derobe from. So that wore these coveralls. Yeah, pop. I've got my Jimmy flat back there, like yeah. <laughs> It's very difficult to yeah. you know drink the way you a have whole a whole bottle of Southern Comfort, yeah. then have a Denny's Grand Slam, yeah, absolutely, and have diarrhea and leather pants. <laughs> you See know that room in there? That's yeah. my toilet. No one else goes into that room after I've been there. No one I call it Morrison to. Hotel. <laughs> yeah, some man. people have a kitty flap. I have a <laughs> shitty flap. Yeah. Yes, it's it, like you can only imagine what was going uh, on, especially been. in a relationship with Pamela Corson. We were talking about it in a second, but like it, it, it must have been just so destructive, messy, messy, and messy, you know? messy, messy. I so mean, to give to give fuel to this fire of Jim's fake death, maybe this was the, the the result of the alcohol abuse that left Jim an unknown soldier in a strange land when his memory finally started to fail due to what has been possibly described as Vernicki Korsakoff syndrome, which is a brain encephaly. Wow. That shrinks the brain and causes memory loss and personality disorders. Fuck me. So it gives this retrograde amnesia, and it means that only new memories can be formed and the loss of old personalities and old memories. So he'd like forgotten about his childhood, probably drank away his teenage years, and he was into his mid twenties, and everything was just like now, now, now. Yeah. You lose the practice of remembering the past, and then you drink away the ability to ever access it again. And there's Jesus. no one in his life that was there when he was a kid. His sister's not talking to him. His yeah. brother's not talking He's to him. His mother's not talking to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, and he, and he the has band no... members are starting to get fucked they up don't. for them at this point. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like... And they probably don't know much about his childhood. He's ruining live shows. He's yeah. walking off stage. He's getting yeah. too fucked. Forget yeah, arrested words. the whole time. Yeah. Like, you know... Like Densmore yeah, has like I think it's during I think it's during the the soft parade sessions or something like this. But like Densmore walks out and he said like Densmore breaks out in a rash mm-hmm. like you know for two days like just with the stress of dealing like. We've all had a friend at some point who just like, oh man, you just became a messy drunk asshole that night. It's like, you know, you can handle a night of that, right? And it's like, but don't fucking make me do that again. Don't make me responsible for you, you fucking asshole. But I did it that one time, but fucking I'm not doing it all the time. I'm not here to be your butler. But it's like, I'm Jim Morrison. Mm. You are here to be my butler. But you can hire a butler. You're, you know, yeah. uh, this, 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 is, this is my career. This is my job. This is yeah. my livelihood that you're fucking with as yeah, well. Like, absolutely. You know I mean? Yeah, yeah. Beyond all the in friendship, it it's like you know, come on. Imagine man. if Bono was a complete fucking asshole yeah. doing that sort of Imagine. shit. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's actually not. He's in lovely. that respect, I love Bono. Yeah, he's lovely. <laughs> I've never uh, met him, but I love we, him. We get some shit for that, but it, like Paul Hewson, the man, yeah. mm-hmm. is actually a lovely man. Yeah, thanks for saying that, Gordon. <laughs> it's really great <laughs> to hear that. I really needed to hear that today. 
you know, in, my, in, in I, an uncertain times. Only 75,000 people showed up yesterday. So my, they, only 75,000 people told me I, they love me. My, my ego is a bit bruised. <laughs> so he I gets really, a lot of shit. Really he's really great. Yeah, he's know, yeah. fucking yeah. great. My, you know, my, my old fellow hates it. He really does fucking bottle bashing. What the hell, man? Look what he did. Look exactly. what he achieved. Yeah. Is he out of your mind? Who cares if all he does is talk a bit of shit? Like, who cares? <laughs> like, really, is that it? Look at the work, man. Look at the work. You try sing Pride. Sure. <laughs> it's, not, it's not even the music, though. It's it's the extra stuff. Oh, exactly. Yeah. But it's, I think he's great. I love and the whole package. get totally fucked up on drugs and, nope. you know. Not even close. Uh, not even but- close. He so loves, he loves him. Yes, he loves the sauce. But sure, look at that's what the glasses are for. <laughs> the, the the cardiomyopathy and these physical yeah. ailments that we're having, like <clears throat> cardiomyopathy, heart attack, hematosis, and anemia, they're big results of destroying your body with alcohol. <sighs> so when, like they say, that Jim was a twenty-seven-year-old who absolutely couldn't have died in a bath that young from drinking. I think they may be wrong. Yeah, people yeah. said that it's a heroin overdose, and we're going to have a row about that in a minute, Rob. But like. The way he was drinking and the amount he was doing, he was yeah. sleeping, uh, uh, you know, eating really bad food. He was with oh, yeah. the crowd of yes men that's portrayed with Billy Idol in the movie or whatever. Yeah. Like they're they're and uh, uh, and Tom Baker and and the other yeah, guys but Tom and, Baker, yeah. like, but it's an effigy of the uh, sheer amount of people yeah. who were there like that in the movie. It's like three four dudes. It's like yeah. his crew. In real life, there was many many more, yeah. and they and hired they were in every the city, and there were there were his entourage. It was similar with Elvis and the, the Memphis yeah. Mafia and all that stuff. Like he had his Morrison Mafia, yeah, and, and some of there. them were supposedly bouncers. I mean, yeah. hired by the record company, but they weren't there for his his like. They weren't actually mental mates. well-being. No, they exactly. weren't mates. They no, were along for the ride, but yeah. they were getting paid and they were getting free everything. Like that'd mm. be awful because like you're not friends no. and like you're just getting rattled. And the band the wanted absolutely nothing to do with that behavior. They absolutely. had all families and yeah. wives of their own. They weren't. It wasn't like the Doors anymore. It was yeah. Jim, and then when it was music to be played, then it was the Doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but Jim yeah. was still living a rock and roll life, and there was no rock or roll next or yeah. near him. He was just an and, addict. And it was, was just it was an addict. Yeah. Point. My, I was past Miami, and that that like that fucking changed everything. Like yeah. that, and that would have taken. Like that's the kind of you know you can imagine the bitterness coming out then, yeah. or the fear and stuff. Well, you're drinking for a fucking reason then, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're drinking for fear then at that point. Drinking for a reason. Before it's fun. And then when drinking turns into a reason for drinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bad. When you you drink for fun, all right. But when you have to drink, I need to drink. Yeah, that's, that's no fun. Well, mm-hmm. he, he like people say that the, he died of a heroin overdose, Marianne Faithful being one of them. We'll talk about her in a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's not uncommon for people who actually ritually abuse narcotics and vast quantities of alcohol to get these conditions like cardiomyopathy, mm. which is what allegedly Amy he died Winehouse. from. Same. Just uh, fucking uh, uh, hard uh, skipped a again, few beats and game over, man. You're done. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, pancreatitis could also be a huge cause of his death. Uh, the, the pancreas gets inflamed and it's overworked. It would create yeah. insulin <laughs> resistance. And Jim put on about 60 pounds before his death, which would also put a strain on his heart for a prolonged period. So that seems like a recipe for a heart attack. Yeah. If you're getting... And if there was any heart thing in the family line, or if he just was one of those random yeah. people who gets like, you know, sad... and So alcohol poisoning could have also been a huge factor. And this is... I, I, I don't think the reason, but it's like could be partially something to do with it. Yeah. Alcohol poisoning could have been a huge factor because the symptoms that Pam reported... Yeah. For the last minutes of, of her experience with Jim seems to be in line with alcohol poisoning. He had an upset stomach, he was off balance and he wasn't himself per, like per, personality wise. And because he had such a high tolerance of alcohol, he wouldn't be like someone you'd see with, with you know, at a college yeah. party, you got alcohol poisoning who's balubas and yeah. then they turn yellow and then they try and get sick and then they choke in their own vomit or whatever. Just clear symptoms of alcohol poisoning and nervous muscle sensitivity loss. Yeah. 
that would account for that heart arrhythmia because it's all done with nerves. So if you're got alcohol poisoning, what happens is your nervous system just shuts down so you're not able to operate your muscles properly. Yeah. That means like you shit yourself. Yeah. You piss yourself. You also, if, if, if sick starts to come up from your stomach, that's your diaphragm is uh, hunching that liquid and detritus yeah. out of your esophagus, through your throat and out of your mouth. Yeah. But if your mouth is filled with sick and you don't have the the muscle response to close off your airway. Yeah. And you try and suck in air using your diaphragm when it goes back down, it goes like whoop, and pumps the sick out. And when the diaphragm retracts, yeah. it sucks the sick back in. But because Ugh. your muscles aren't able to operate in your throat because of Ugh. the alcohol poisoning, it just sucks the sick into your air pipe. And there's no way to get rid of that. Because yeah. if there's no air in the lung, you yeah. can't exactly cough it out. Mm. No, your thanks, brown bread, that's, John, that, that's John Bonham. Yeah. If you're Jimi Hendrix, yeah. that's yeah. Prince. Yeah. If there's no one there to pump it out of you. Well, I mean, you're going to have to get like uh, yeah. Heimlich or whatever yeah. to yeah, get yeah, rid yeah, of it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're in the bed, that's it's brown, your brown bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. basically just inhale, you've inhaled like acidic water. I mean, it's it's going to fuck your lungs up. So Jimi Hendrix died because they tied him to the to the, the bed in the back of the ambulance. And he was after taking like nine of these super strong sleeping tablets along with a lot of alcohol. And the sleeping tablets put his muscles into, it was a muscle relaxant. Mm-hmm. And his muscles weren't able to handle it. So oh. when he got sick, he was getting sick. And the, and the people in the atmosphere were like, let him get sick into that bowl. But they weren't realizing he wasn't getting sick properly. And he was like, oh. uh, and 90% of it was going out and 10% was going back into oh, his lungs. Jesus. I didn't know Like that. it's their fault. No, I didn't know that. So no, I didn't know that. And he was strapped to the so gurney. Sad. Strapped to the gurney. So he couldn't oh. sit up and get sick properly. Fuck. Yeah. But, but, but then again, you know, and he should have been seen to a long, oh, yeah. long yeah. time oh, before yeah, yeah, yeah. that because yeah. everyone panicked and was yeah, yeah. hiding shit and but like one of the things you're not supposed to do if someone suffers from alcohol poisoning is like stick your fingers down their throat to yeah. make them get sick mm-hmm. because they're actually not like they're physically not able yeah. to handle that function of the body yeah. presumably it's the old get them into the old recovery position recovery mm. position let it come out naturally let it come out. lift their back put their knee up and let them get sick upside down if it's yeah. going to happen it might come out their nose but at least yeah. they're not breathing in gravity yeah. can't they pull can't it back br- in yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. gravity can't pull it right? back in yeah. that's the fucking like that's all you can do and pray that they, <laughs> they're able to get it through that their liver works out yeah. I've had alcohol poisoning like three or four times <laughs> And I'm fine. It's, and I'm totally fine. How There's no crack. How have I got away with that? Yeah. You have to drink a serious amount. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, that's true. I, like, I, I, you also I, I have really, to drink really quick do that. Because yeah. if you wait until too long, like it's kind of like uh, Bluto from Animal House. That's how quickly you have to drink. Yeah. You've got to get a lot in a very, yeah, yeah. very quick or else. It's not just drinking a lot over a night. It's you got to yeah. drink a lot in a, in a short time. So yeah. That was me just banging like that. Two large bottles of vodka in the space of an hour. Yeah. Yeah. I drank an aftershock, a bottle of aftershock all in one go mm-hmm. when I was like 19 or something like that. I'm going to say you because aftershock is horrible. It's also it horrible. A yeah. <laughs> it's like a bottle of spirits, you yeah. know, a bottle of cinnamon flavored spirits. And then I drank a rake of cans and just bananas yeah like very you're like real bad like spirits I, I have a mate who's always like Jesus when I do it like you know I've just got a pint oh we were going to head off to Sinsa. oh yeah well no problem and I just knock the pint back yeah and he always gets a bit like bloody hell man how'd you do that and I'm like it's just knocking back a pint exactly. man yeah. Yeah. I'm a grown exactly. man I can do it vodka. if I was gay <laughs> yeah, I could yeah. deep throat you <laughs> yeah if you were gay <laughs> you don't have to be gay no, that's true. You don't but it have, helps. It, it, it does. Uh, that just means I'll enjoy it. You don't have to be gay to work here, but it helps. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, we're a fashion designer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, al- alcohol poison could have been it. Like, all of the symptoms of what happened to Jim there were clear symptoms of poison. Yeah. The, nerv- the, the nervous muscle sensitivity loss, 
that's the heart arrhythmia the loss in body temperature so when you get alcohol poisoning your body temperature flies down so that could be the reason why Jim mm. wanted to get into a warm, warm bath because yeah. Yeah. your whole body yeah. Yeah, goes totally. cold and when you go into convulsions people think that's your detoxification it's actually not it's an, an irreparable uh, temperature loss like you can't you have to put them in like uh, a warm thing with the you know the tin foil yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you have to do that or else they will not stop shaking like that blanket they wow. put around Kiefer Sutherland when he uh, in, in flatline yes. yeah just yeah. like quick bring them back yeah, right? yeah, yeah. but what happens is with alcohol poison they think they're going into a fit so they inject them with the, the EpiPen or inject them with the anti-spasmodics um, yeah. it doesn't help it exacerbates the whole thing because what you're doing is putting an anti-spasmodic so a muscle relaxant into someone that has alcohol poisoning is going to further relax their muscles oh yeah so they could fucking do their heart to stop if you put an anti-spasmodic that happens yeah, so yeah. many times people who are like what's he after taking mm. it's just drink What's he taking? It's just drink. He's fitting. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's just drink. You're lying to me because you don't yeah. want to get in trouble. You don't yeah. want to get your friend in trouble. It's, 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 it's clearly it's drugs. I'm going to wow. make that decision right now. That's it. And yeah, they did. Yeah. Wow. Brown bread. Wow. Um, so yeah, he wanted to take the bath to raise his temperature. Loads of people online say, why the fuck would he haunt the bath in the middle of the night? But maybe he was dying of the cold. He wanted to warm up. So he got into a warm bath and then his heart had a funny turn. Yeah. And he, and he died in the bath, smiling. Yeah. Like that could have, to- that totally could have happened. Mm. Totally to be honest, happened. if you're going to go, it's probably the best way to, to, to go. In a warm bath, you're a bit bananas. Do you know? Yeah. You, you've lived a legendary life. You're 27. You give your missus a kiss. I mean, you've, so, you've, you've made five amazing albums. You're pretty secure that you're... Uh, well, yeah, well a woman hadn't amazing. come out at that point. Like You're pretty secure that people will be still chatting about you. Yeah. LA Woman is out at this point. LA Woman is, kids? is, is kids? out. Not in 71. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Is it out already? Yeah, yeah. It's out, yeah. It's been okay. out for about two months, I think, at this right, point. Right, right. Okay, okay, okay. So he moved to Paris before it was released. Before That's what it was I released, thought. exactly. Right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was fun. released while he was in Paris. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And that's another thing. When he was saying goodbye to the lads for the last time, he was like, "I can't wait to tour this. Yeah. Uh, this album. It's yeah. going to be great. You know, because yeah. it's a real blues feel. Like, yeah. I, I can even imagine him doing the tour, like getting a high chair and sitting on it, doing Johnny Cash, and just yeah, hello, hello, with the beard and the, the beard, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, the old blues man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what he that's what he uh, aspired to. I think. Yeah, yeah definitely. Right? Yeah. So the twenty seventh club is is one of the things that Jim is like. He's one of the Eponymous members. Uh, him, uh, Janis Joplin, Jimi Hendrix, and then most recently, uh, uh, Amy Winehouse, and a little bit before that, then uh, Kurt Curtis Laban. Yeah, and Brian. And Brian Jones as yes. well. Yeah, sorry, yeah. and some classical com- composer as well. A few of them. I have a list here. I have a list. But but the Twenty Seven Club is like a bunch of famous people who died when they were twenty seven. Now I don't really ascribe to the theory because it's just like a bunch of people. Now yeah. they they may be some of the most famous people. Are they the most famous because they died? Are they the most successful? And then they died in the name Twenty Seven Club after them. I don't think so. I went looking through uh, loads of stats and we are going to do a 27 Club episode cool. independently on its own and look Sweet. at the actual phenomenon of yeah. 27 Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were very, very famous people. 27 seems to be a very... Um, it's an important year in an artist's development. Yeah. For, well, musician's development specifically. I think so. Because you're, you're, you're kind of leveling up as a human. I think, I think you've mm, put it into adulthood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're becoming... Yeah, like, I mean, I think if... If you look at artists, and you, especially ones who've been on early and stuff, so I, I, I think you two is a good one because they were famous since uh, they were got signed at like eighteen or something like this. See, we've pretty yeah, much got young, them yeah. from twenty years of age, mm-hmm. and like twenty seven is well, that's a Joshua tree. Yeah, 
best like, album that's, and you gotta go bang that's yeah. right on the nose fucking bang but they've Did had you, enough time it's like 10,000 hours absolutely all that stuff yeah. I think like 27 when Pink Floyd or 27 I think we're getting real close to Dark Side of the Moon like I think it's yeah. like it might be Dark Side of the Moon or the one beforehand it's like you're really we're cooking on the, on gas guys we've got this shit we yeah. know who we P- are probably we're, the same numbers for uh, uh, Radiohead and, and I think isn't uh, Sergeant Pepper isn't that weren't they 27 at Sergeant Pepper it's a little bit older I, th- it was I 60. think Sgt. Pepper was 67. Oh, yeah, I'd say we were in the mark, yeah. Yeah. So, so there's all these funny things, and I remember going, oh, yeah. That, and it seems to work for musicians that musicians, if you've been famous younger, you transition from that, like, I'm just young and full of fucking energy, and I want to fucking do stuff. And then you become like, oh, no, I'm a serious artist. I'm, I'm yeah. becoming a proper. And I've honed this talent. I've kind of honed it, exactly. I've mm. been working on this for a while, and here comes my magnificent octopus. You're dead yeah, right. Yeah. 27 <laughs> was, John Lennon was born in 1940. Wow. Wow. Now, okay, so that's yeah. spot on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. It, seem, it, does, it seems like a magic number. Again, I don't want to be airing on me dirty laundry. I, I feel that my, there's a lot of feels in the Jim Morris next one. <laughs> I feel that my life is running in cycles of seven years. Yes. So like when I was seven, I had, you know, a whole, like I came online kind of to the consciousness. And, yeah, yeah. Then my brother moved away to the army and I was like very aware of world politics and that he might die at war. And it was a whole thing of like, oh, shit happens other than like, that can happen. You know, yeah, yeah, that's a thing. And then at 14, then I was like graduated into into high school, like life. I, I shook away the the childish things, you know, the Enid Blyton. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, a child. And, yeah, yeah, like just, just shake it off and try and like embrace the whole thing. At 21, I stopped drinking for the first time. I, I took it up again at like t- oh, just under 24 yeah. and went hard for a good three years. Then as like a second, like, a, you know, a second, yeah. a second go around. Yeah. See if I could do it properly. Master it. Master it. Exactly. I went back for my, for my post-grad in, in <laughs> drinking. Uh, so at 21, like I moved country. I, I learned a new language. I completely changed my life. Like went all around the whole place. Um, basically ran away from my the home of my birth and just disavowed everything lost everybody changed everything and then at 27 after coming back being a comedian for a little while like trying this whole thing working a job doing all the Dublin stuff then stopped drinking and went okay it's time to get serious and seven years later now I have this podcast and mm-hmm. I turned 35 like two months ago mm-hmm. and I'm about to go off on this massive American trip that's going to be the next seven years which is like producing this TV show and trying to make this whole thing yeah. so I can see like you get the stages where you want to get serious. Maybe it's like a biological imperative. Maybe the 27th mm-hmm. love is a thing of like, this is the time when people should be having kids and yeah, yeah. they're secure enough in their careers to be able to afford them. Yeah. And they're also, you know, they have uh, properly measured expectations of life. Like you're I not 21, you start, yeah, you like uh, uh, Ed Sheeran getting a giant lion tattoo on your fucking chest like a dope. Yeah, to try and d- d- distract from the fact that you're massively ginger and you look like the gi- you look like a grown up full human version of the baby on the back of that giant retard in Mad Max Thunderdome Master Blaster. <laughs> like Ed Sheeran looks like that thing grew up. Do you know? Yeah, they're red. I, I mean, he's oh, coming here to play a fan. Yeah, and I just be like, you know, yeah, play play Master Blaster. Well, I'll, I'll come see you on Wednesday. Stevie Wonder, see what yeah, happens. Yeah, like Master Blaster. <laughs> Honey, ah, no. <laughs> then I'm on the bank of a retard. Like, <laughs> like, 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 that's Ed Sheeran to me. Do you know? <laughs> so, like, 
how how can how can like is he twenty seven yet? Is that called twenty seven? Oh no, 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 he's, no, he's like he's like twenty four or something like that. Still that young? I, I would I think wouldn't. so. I mean, I don't know, but I would he's think ginger. So, yeah. I he's, he's he's one of these ageless like porcelain, yeah, fucking you know, drink, blood child blood drinkers. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like twenty seven, right? You know, he has to be close twenty seven. Yeah. Uh, at 27 you know anyone out there that's 27 and you're going through a life change some shit happening and you're trying yeah. to finally realise like boom here we go well, you're not a kid anymore like you've already been in school you've gone through college you're yeah. probably out of college at 22, 23 yes. you've had a few years in, your job. in the job maybe yep. you had two jobs like have a year job for two yeah. years and you're like I changed job for another two years you really know what you want to do this is time to change I mean if you're to look at the gym fake this death theory it's probably the best time to go yeah mm. he also had seen Janice and Jimmy yeah. yeah. Fucking brown bread. Actually, yeah, at this point, yeah. You know, he's going I was like, even saying it's people, I'll be number three. Uh, yeah, oh, I was yeah, saying yeah. it all the time. Absolutely, There's yeah. even a theory that he thought that the CIA were out but there. But look what he was doing. Like, of course society. he was. He, they're, they're, yeah. what, 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 he thought the CIA were out to, out to destroy these counterculture, expunge society of these counterculture icons, that Jimmy was too dangerous. So they fucking off them like in the well, back Hoover of the was still in operation in the sixties yeah. and, and actually threatening that. Elvis met with Nixon and says, yeah. I'll keep an eye on these the Beatles fucking, kids for yeah. you. A few years later after Jimmy, like they fucking got rid of John Lennon and there's a whole documentary the the, the US versus John Lennon. Mm. Yeah. Where it just basically paints it out and goes, Yeah, he was too dangerous, he had to go, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mind control Mark David Chapman, good luck. Yeah. Mm. You know, and I often think of that lyric of Jim Morrison's like uh uh uh, she killed me in a darkened room. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe he for for was foreboding for sure, that. Yeah. Lennon did it. He was there going to crucify me. Yeah. yeah, you know, he has that really um autobiographical song. Yeah, the ballad of Johnny Oka. Isn't that yeah. the ballad of Johnny? Oka? Everything in yeah. that song is like, oh, we did this, we did that, we went over there, we talked yeah. to this guy. This all this shit happened. And uh, yeah, I'm actually afraid for my life. I think yeah. they're gonna do something to me. Yeah. They wouldn't let me into the country. Is all drug yeah. charges and. They're, they're, they're going to do something to me. Yeah. And he's, he's talking, said, it sat in my bed for a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's bananas, man. So like at 27, that's probably the time when you're going to bounce. Yeah. If you are going to bounce. Mm. Well, it's the it's, first, I remember like 27 is, you're no longer a young, you're no longer a young man. Like at 25, you're a young man. At yeah, 26, yeah. you're a young man. At 27, it's like, there is something about Shit, it. Like, nearly 30. Click. Exactly. Shit, you're nearly 30. Say, you're so nearly what you are, is you're now a young adult. So now it's like, oh, I'm, I'm beginning to become an adult. I can't call myself a kid anymore. You can kind of get away with, with like, you know, hey, what do I know? I'm only 26. It's like, hey, what do I know? 27. You should know a little bit better, son. That's what you <laughs> yeah, should yeah. know. You should know a little bit fucking better. You're 27. But think yeah, about what yeah. 27 was like for people in the 50s. Yeah. That was already a mortgage, a car and two Absolutely. kids. And a job for life. Yeah. Think about your own father. 27 yeah. Christ at 27 my dad was already working for 13 years full yeah. time like it's crazy and he had uh, one kid yeah like the average age and I think in mission control when they went to the moon in 1916 I think it was 24 that's bananas mm-hmm. that's like sending a lot of children imagine sending three 24 year olds up in a fucking spaceship now I don't know, they were older but the oh, people I, the people running the computers were 24 yeah yeah <laughs> oh I guess they're pretty competent but it's, I mean, like, you know. I, I'm saying that, like, from an old man, like, fucking yeah. kids. But you know what? 24-year-olds are really competent, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just such a, a prejudice check. I'm biased, people. Check yeah. your sources. Yeah. Check your bias. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, with the 27 Club, then, one of the weird things about it, they had a white lighter, <laughs> which is a trope uh, for the 27 Club believers, because the members of the club all died in possession of this white lighter. So, Bick is the producer of these lighters. 
and they were allegedly found on the bodies or on the persons of all the 27 year olds Beelzebub is coming <laughs> <laughs> I was desperately trying to think of something um, these 27 year old dead, dead famous people all had this white big lighter on them could this be a source of their powers at the devil's lighter? Yes, or, or I totally believe that. Did Bick not start producing these types of lighters until the late seventies? And <laughs> that's all bullshit. And it's all, all been bullshit. made up. <laughs> and they found white lighters on the ground around Kurt Cobain's body. And went, <gasps> they all had a white lighter. The no white one can light. check pictures white of Jimi light. Hendrix. Yeah. Um, but, but other but famous sh- musicians. Surely other people would just make white lighters now. Yeah, they wouldn't have been the only people making white lighters. Right? Yeah. But it was a specific type of Bic lighter. Oh, oh, oh. So in which case, it's like, so don't buy the Model 4.7 Bic because that's the one that fucking kills you. I had a a white Bic lighter on on me nearly at all times. Just to make sure. For years until I was 27. You star fucker, you. It's the. I'm uh, saying. I'm joining. Can I join? Let me in. It's the guy who came back. I gave up smoking like... Not getting rid of the when lighter. I, when I was 29, because I was like, fuck's sake. I'll I'm never not, be in the 20. What's the point of smoking? <laughs> yeah, God, yeah. Fuck this. <laughs> Got rid of the lighter. I was like, no. Nah. There's no 35 club. No, you know? There's no Just 35 club. Threw it out the window club. and it bopped somebody out of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, some lad picked up and was like, oh. <laughs> I hear music. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. But uh, other other famous musicians who were part of this 27 club include Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, Janis Joplin, Robert Johnson, Soul to Soul to the Devil mm-hmm. at the Crossroads, mm-hmm. Amy Winehouse, Brian Jones, Richie James Edwards from the Manistry Preachers, Dave Alexander from the Stooges, and loads of others that you'd never know or care about. Mm. Uh, but 27 isn't a magic number as such. And I looked up some of these. Some of the other artists that were very famous died at 26 and 28, and indeed 23, 4, and 5 as well. <laughs> uh, the 26 Club includes Otis Redding, Hillel Slovak from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Graham Parsons, Nick Drake, and Randy Rhodes. And the 28 Club includes, most recently, Avicii, uh, Shannon Hoon, who's the singer from Blind Melon, oh, yeah. uh, The Big Bopper, Steve Gaines, the guitarist from Leonard Skinner, The Rev from Avenged Sevenfold, Lord of Mercy. Uh, and John Glasscock from Jethro Tull, who were all very, very fam- like top of their fame when they died. Yeah. And they were 28. They don't get a fucking club. No. So I think maybe the 27 club may not be. Um, Just good marketing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But in well, fairness, maybe when you say like, J- like Jimmy, Janice, Kurt, and, Janice Jim. and Jim and Amy Winehouse and Brian Jones. But actually, if you think about like And Richie James Edwards, to be fair, I'm a massive Manistry Preachers fan, versus like Avicii and Shannon Hoon and your man from Avenged Sevenfold. Like, yeah. it, they're not exactly... But also, like, you know, Janice, Jimmy and Jim all died within, what, two years of each other? Like, three years, yeah, three just years. under so three so years. Bang, so. bang, bang. And Brian Jones would have been the same as well. So Brian Jones would yeah, have died. A little bit after uh, that. And yeah. also as part of this uh, huge counterculture, this huge movement. Mm. A similar in, movement, yeah. similar time, similar oh, yeah, music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And they're all pop off with that. It's almost like the equivalent of... Uh, uh, Kennedy, MLK, yes. RFK. Yeah, you know, yeah absolutely. Uh, the political. Yeah, version. it because it's like, ooh, that pattern happened very close yeah. together. We but can lot, see the pattern. This a was lot all of, part of this thing. A yeah. lot of very serious, like politically motivated people, all died well before their time mm. of mm. extremely suspicious circumstances. All, mm. yeah. Within like 10 years of each other between yeah. 1960 and 1970. It was insane. It was like you look back and go, how could you not have said like to yourself, mass extinction, mass this, is, this is a wipeout. This is a massacre. What's going on here? Somebody didn't want any of that to happen. You have literally, the train's going down the track and you have pulled the lever and the train's gone another way. Yeah. Mm. 
It does seem like that, but it's totally unprovable, and that's the... Mm. I mean, hopefully, in some time to come, there'll be a deathbed confession. And there has been, like, the fucking the, the CIA dudes are like, yeah, I'm the one to kill Marilyn Monroe. I was told <laughs> to do it by the, by the government. Or yeah. this kind of stuff, you know? Or that guy who, who actually said, no, I was on the grassy knoll. You know that Yeah, chap? that guy as well. I mean, these things will come to pass eventually, I hope. Yeah. And if not... We just make sure they don't happen again. But they are happening all the fucking time. Yeah. Mm. And even more now because it's just like white noise hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Shit's fucking happening all the time. Like, mm-hmm. So who would be, I mean, like who, so, so maybe this, this, like I, I, who, who would be Donald Glover presumably yeah. would be like, but you know, not, kind he's of, not, he's not any kind of a target. No, no. Kanye. 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 I think Kanye. But can, can I mean, Kanye, to, I mean, to He's my mind. He's people, man. Prince. Oh, no, he is. He Prince is as well. Man. Prince was talking about chemtrails and all that stuff. And, and he was... Uh, uh, he turned Jehovah's... the establishment, Michael Jackson. And he was planning this massive comeback as a guitar player. He was yeah. going to, you know, stop fooling around with... Not fooling around, but like he was coming, <laughs> he was coming back as, you know, I am one of the greatest guitar players. Like, yeah. yeah. He was touring and everything, and it was all building. And uh, But a, a lot of his... Um, Songs and his agenda at that time, and as I'm sure the live show would have mm-hmm. been, it was woke as fuck. It was woke, woke, woke. Yeah. Hmm. Brown mm. So, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Dick Dick Gregory, the old uh, politically driven comedian from yeah. the '60s, great pr- friend of Prince's. I yeah. watched an interview with him, and he, yeah, just he does that. a presentation. He, has, he stands in front of like a a, a, a slideshow on a computer. That's he's right. Like, and then. And they killed this motherfucker. They, they killed him. They killed Prince. Yeah. They killed him. They put, He's they not gave, a conspiracy. They gave him something on that plane. He said, yeah. someone was on that plane and he was assassinated. And, mm. and slowly but surely. Slipped him a Mickey fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, uh, you know, because uh, a, la, a la, what's his name in London? You know what I mean? Like, they, yeah. know, they know how to do this shit. But they had, but they Dick had, Gregory says. They had Prince on TV only a couple of weeks before talking about chemtrails right. and going like. In Minneapolis, think, in his what, hometown. Yeah, why do you think black uh, people are fighting each other? Because they're yeah. spraying shit in the air that gets into your fucking water that and makes you angry and want to kill people. He says that he, the, the, the anger that would be the very next afternoon, he's like, and he's almost saying it's crazy, like, but, but you know. But he's now, yeah. he's now I believe it. And I think we'll he be was doing an episode he, on he was politically, well, he, he was going, right, I'm going to do this tour now. I'm going to talk about all this sort of thing. You know what I mean? I'm going to blow this shit right open. And, and I'm Prince and I'm making a comeback. It's going to be huge. Everyone's going to be talking yeah. about it. Because Jackson is dead. So it's like, I got the field to myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And those two lads were best. They had nothing but love and respect yeah, for each absolutely. other. Absolutely. It was marketed that there were, there were these rivals, but yeah, they were yeah. like, we're doing this, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Jackson is very tragic. Very tragic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had an episode on Michael Jackson. And yeah. It's, um, but even, even Prince, <clears throat> he died at 50. Yeah, it's like, it's nothing. It's grim, man. Fucking nothing. Grim. Four for Prince? 54? 57. 57. 57. Yeah. Like, well, that's that's the other thing. Like, uh, a more troubling statistic when you talk about the 57th yeah. club, uh, or the 27th club, is that it's not really the highest uh, proportion <laughs> for the age of musicians and famous successful musicians dying. Mm. In fact, the real club that people should be in is the 56 Club. Right. Mm. That's the real bum note of the music industry. 2.3% of famous musicians died at 56. Wow. And that's the highest frequency, closely followed by 60 years of age and then 66 years of age. And only 1.3% of musicians' deaths happen at 27. Yet it has this magical quality to it for some reason. Yeah. So we have a 27 Club episode. We talk about that more and the stats to it. But more musicians die at age 56. Like... Prince died at fifty-seven. Yeah, close yeah. enough. Do you as know, it were. like yeah. it, it's 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 a lot more like that's very young. 
Yeah. If you've lived your life and you weren't in die of a drug overdose, especially when you see fuck, when yeah. you see Prince performing in the couple of weeks leading yeah. up to his oh, death, he was, a, he was just, like a spry it's young fella. It's just fuck. Prince. Yeah. He's sure, a man. Sure, he looks a little like older in the face, but he's yeah. fifty six for Christ's exactly. sake. Yeah. yeah, give him a break. Uh, and he's been you know popping this and that, but uh, yeah. he was still Prince. Amazing. Yeah. I watched the Super Bowl video. Damn, yeah. that's so good. It's incredible. Bring it's a tear to a glass eye. Yeah, yeah. So let's then get into the final conspiracy part of it. Then, yeah, okay. the actual, the, the the most interesting conspiracy parts. We talked about the da being like an agent. Talked about Jim being MK yeah. Ultra. Talked about the the effects that trauma can have on a young mind. Mm. But more than any of it, and mo- makes I think Jim the most. I think. um mysterious and untraversable character of all of the musicians. The thing that has elevated him and his work above an awful lot of similar, uh, well, I guess like similar musicians is the fact that he died in such a weird way Mm. and his death was shrouded in so much mystery and question, Mm. almost like Kurt Cobain. I mean, like Nirvana were big, but if he didn't die the way he died, would they be still as big? Yeah. Do you know? Like, Dave Grohl is a good worker. Like, he wrote the whole first album on his own for yeah. Foo Fighters and all that stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, your musician. Where's Chris Novoselic? Nowhere. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking... He, he, he's an old dude batting off interviews about Kurt Cobain still. Yeah, yeah, Getting yeah. a few bob here and there. Doesn't give a fuck. Presum- I mean, presumably enjoying the music. Royals, enjoying the money. Royalties-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just, just chilling. He just yeah. decided to go, you know, fuck it. Fuck don't want to do this anymore. Fuck it. I don't want to get shot in the face with a shotgun by Courtney Love, so I'm saying nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Or, or you know what? Fuck that life or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Like so. Like the the way he died, I think, is as well known as uh, and as yeah. important as the way he lived. Because, yeah. like you said, he's he's only famous for five years. Yeah. And R- Raymond Eric, uh, Bobby Krieger, and John Densmore lived on in the shadow of of Jim's death. Made some albums with his, uh, you know, posthumously published yeah. uh, audio poetry and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, even after his death, like Tupac was making music. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is is this is this like as important as his body of work? His body? I think so. I think there is something to it. Absolutely, of course. The character of it, like he died to himself. The ascension back up because we never got to see him with her. Exactly. Yeah. So he's forever young. If if Kurt Cobain had just died of a heroin overdose, everyone goes, "Saw that coming." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it would have been like, "Oh, that's tragic." And that happened to that poor fella from Blind Melon. Yeah. Yeah. That band was fucking whopper, and they were going to be as big or whatever as any of the Pearl Jams and the Jane's Addictions and the and the Alison Chains's. They're, they're often like held up there as like, yeah, yeah, they were the same. Blind Melon or fuck all. Mm. They got one song, No Rain. That's yeah. right. Because they didn't get a chance to really bloom. And your yeah. man, the lead singer, is fucking brown bread. And the rest of them were like, well, that's that fucked. Yeah. Pack Great. up the Back gear, let's go. Shoes. Yeah. Because I remember like, uh, Temple of the Dog was a band that had everybody yeah. in it. Eddie Vedder was in it. Yeah. And wasn't that right? Yeah, there was, a, there was the a certain band that they were all in. And then Stone yeah, Temple a, a Pilots a chap, a chap and died. Temple of the Bar. The Survivors. Yeah. The guy died, and they yeah. all kind of went, and everyone went, oh, and they all went off and did their own thing. They said that they gave birth to Soundgarden, Stone Temple Pilots, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Temple of the Dog. Is that, yeah. Temple of the Dog. It is Temple. You it just is. said, yeah, 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 yeah. You just said oh, that, did yeah. I just yeah, say? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, but the, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's a survivors thing. Like those those lads went on and started making other stuff. I think like Janice, I like a great singer, such a such a soulful singer, mm. Mm, oh but like God. on paper, not very commercially successful. On the charts, not very commercially successful. No, 
It was it was the, her the, the band. What was the band called? Janis Joplin and the. Oh, actually, don't know. Sorry, the, I don't know. There you go. But it's Janis performing uh, live. That's the legendary. Yeah. That's the legendary Janis. It's Janis live, live yeah. on TV or live in concert. But it yeah. wasn't all about. Uh, it wasn't album sales and all that. But it seemed like she because she was only on a third album or something like that wasn't it? That, like it was just starting to I, kick in for her and stuff like that. It. That. And let's face it, it was kind of mysterious. Everyone was like, "Why wow, she's got this crazy voice?" But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Janice died of a heart attack, right? Yeah, from from, from boozing and yeah. But it was hard to read me at the same as what they say Jim Morrison died from. Mm-hmm. Is the Cosmic Blues band is her band? Cosmic Blues and Full Tilt Boogie, like all those guys are all session musicians that were just put around her. Yeah, and then she was just filled up full of Southern Comfort and just let let go, like like God. a spin top, like <laughs> yeah. do your thing, baby. Yeah. They just no, did, they just let her do it. Like just get her going, you know. Yeah, and. She was a heartbreaking character. Right? On on paper, great Netflix documentary on her, by the way. Yeah, yeah really, good. really, really. But good. on paper, not, not, not a great, not like, not like, not like the Doors, you know, like no, number no. ones and all that stuff. No, yeah, no, yeah. No, it's no, just no. what made what made what has that special quality there, you know? Yeah. yeah. What is that? Like I would, I would. Jimmy Hendrix, man, he was famous for three thing. years. He I had mean, no, he had no number one hits. Like he was in the charts, sure. Yeah. He had some great like Albums. Electric Ladyland, and all yeah. that mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, Voodoo Chili. Voodoo Chili, yeah, it's one of the one of the best yeah. ones. Um, a slight return, yes. When it, you know, it's like acid reflux, and it's, it's <laughs> that's it's, what she said. <laughs> it's one of those things like they didn't have commercial success; they weren't appreciated in their time. I know Jimi Hendrix is regarded as one of the greatest guitarists of all time ever. Yeah, like Jim Morrison is revered as like the greatest frontman of any band ever, and it's not just because he's able to do like oh blah, blah. like it's not just the voice yeah it was the life the lifestyle exactly. the, the electro records dudes doing the proper yeah. promotions like it's it's the improvised poetry in the middle of a everything. fucking rock gig uh, exactly but no one how to say it and what to do trying, trying, Bono, exactly Bono, Bono still does that he's, he's trying to do that exactly i he mean just, uh, uh, what's his adam clayton might as well be going boom 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 yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom you know we gotta like you know fight Absolutely. this and do that. every yeah. time i click my fingers <laughs> A child in Africa dies. Well, stop clicking your fingers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a famous line. It is. Yeah. He does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just so <laughs> weird that Jim was almost like encapsulated in 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 nostalgic amber, and frozen there in time mm. with yeah. his his young lion, his top yeah. photograph, yeah. Yeah. and and the, the sounds that were made, like so much sound and so much stuff, like committed to tape in such a short amount of time. Yeah. It seems just so frenetic, mm. and then the, the the candle that burns twice as bright lasts last half as long. So it's it's, it's like a, a, a you as know, famous for his death as he was for his sparkler or a flare or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jim, the night he died, mm-hmm. uh, it's claimed to be one of the tamest nights in rock and roll history. <laughs> and his girlfriend then, uh, uh, Pamela Corson, she called herself Pamela Morrison, but they weren't uh, uh, married. He was married in a pagan ceremony to Patricia Keneally. Yes. Uh, he was found dead in the bathtub by her and was declared dead by heart attack by a doctor who was never found again after he signed the death certificate. Uh, she claims that they went to the cinema that night and then they went home to listen to records. So he got a jippy tummy, got into run a bath, yeah. right? He ended up being found by Pamela Corson at different spurious yeah. reports say two in the morning some say four some say even eight in the morning yeah right. so she rang for help yeah right the doctor physician came who he had seen already in paris before it was a it was a doctor known to them and he signed the death certificate yeah pamela signed it as a witness and then the the paramedics came in and the funeral directors and all these guys came in 
get the body out, clean all the stuff. Yeah. And the water was warm. And they thought, we can save Jim. Like, this is fucked up. Yeah. Like, like, is he dead? Is he not dead? Yeah. He was, it was still warm. So that his body was warm. So like, maybe we can save him. Found out he was dead. He had some like crusty shit around his nose and somewhere yeah. around his mouth. A little bit of blood kicked in with it as well. And he had a smile on his face. Yeah. And the fact that only only Pam and the doctor were the two people that knew that that knew him and saw his dead body. Yeah. It was in a closed casket. Yeah, it, by the time their manager arrives, the casket yeah, is closed. Casket is closed. Like All that's unprecedented. Cl- yeah. Closed, yeah. Yeah. So and he, he was buried in a ridiculously quick time like, as like well. That yeah. day, it was like the next day the or next something. Morning. Yeah. So yes. we I'm talking about Pierre Pierre Lachey's yeah. uh, cemetery now in a second, mm-hmm. but like the fact that his death was so quickly concluded. It's very suspicious. It's very suspicious. Especially yeah. in a place like Paris. Especially American suspicious. out of your country in another country. Yeah. Very, very odd. Where's the paperwork? Where's the, you know, yeah. put him in that, put him in that drawer there. That's let's the talk thing. to the authorities about this. Let's exchange information. So the doctor that signed the death certificate along you know. with Pamela Corson cannot be found. And Pamela Corson died herself of an overdose three years, three later, years later at the yeah. age of 27. Yeah. Yeah. Mad, I mean, she she was she, she's mad for the heroin. Account, yeah, but she was mad. mad. Well, yes. Loved the she other doll for the heroin. Yeah. Yeah. So we go through it like that's what I mean. In a book yeah. called The End, Jim Morrison, uh, by by Sam uh, Burnett, who's a for, like a French-born journalist for the New York Times, he claims that Jim bought heroin in a Paris nightclub, took some, died of an overdose in the Jacks, mm. and was then carried back to the apartment by two lads and put in a warm bath as a way to deflect from the drug dealers that he was with. Yeah. And Burnett claims that Morrison showed up. In the early hours of July 3rd, 1971, which is the, the, the day that he died. So he showed up after midnight looking for a bit of smack. And when he got some, he disappeared into the jacks for a toot. Mm-hmm. He was famously afraid of needles. So we can only assume that he snorted it, according to reports. But it was too strong. He put too much in. Had an overdose. He said there was foam on his lips and nose and a little blood. And he said, yeah, he definitely snorted it. And then the dealers appeared and assisted that he was alive. He was grand. He was going to be grand. They gave him some a little yeah. bit of sauce. And they picked him up and put him in a car and brought him back to his apartment and they ran a bath and put him in the bath and then went to Pamela Corson and don't fucking say anything to anybody. Yeah. I mean, and that could be believable. The so bit that I heard was that he was off buying heroin for Pam. That's the thing. And she was so guilty Yeah, that she ended up like going into a heroin binge and overdosing yeah. herself. And another, another witness that would corroborate this heroin... Yeah. kind of story was Marianne Faithful, the mm-hmm. actress and singer. She came out in 2014 and claimed she knows who actually killed Jim or at least exactly what happened on the night of his death. She thinks it was her drug dealer ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. who gave him heroin that was too strong. Doesn't say anything about a Paris nightclub now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe she was scared into it because your man Barnett says that Marianne Faithful was there and she saw it happen and she was told, don't fucking say a word. Yeah. And in 2014, she was the only one still left alive. Yeah. She's age 67. She, she, she She's helped. the only one left left alive to, to, that was a witness to it. So she went, look, yeah. I can't fucking die yeah. with this on my conscience. And she, she was instrumental in bringing the body back to the uh, yeah. apartment as well. Or, as they say, is still... Still living. Still living, Jim. And they were like, okay, he's OD'd. Uh, let's get yeah. him. And they wanted to throw him into a coal bath. Yeah. Yeah. Throw him into a coal bath and shock him back into some sort of consciousness. Yeah. Right? Because apparently that was a thing you do. Yeah. Have you heard all of this? Yeah. And and then the, the, it didn't work. He's dead. So they put warm water in the bath. Yeah. And when, Which like, will change the time of death, you see, because then the body will heat back up. So you couldn't identify the time of let's death. Let's just make it look like he died in the bath because we, we did our best here. He's dead. Yeah. He's dead. So they put warm water and in the bath. And Marianne Faithful said that. 
she hasn't said that but at the claim all. Was, this is, the claim this was, is, in this documentary that I saw, this French-produced documentary that absolutely blew my mind, and I've never seen it since because it was on TG4 randomly. Yeah. But I, it stuck with me, that, yeah. that, that, that all that information, yeah. and that she was there, and they put the hot water in the bath because it didn't work out. And uh, they just, that was it. Like, again, you know, yeah. everybody shut the fuck up. Yeah. We, we, well, we've just, and the, and the Paris nightclub DJ announces yeah. it around midnight because he, he got wind that Morrison's after copping it in the, in, in the jacks. In the jacks. And he announced it to the nightclub mid record. Oh, you know, it's with heavy heart I tell you that uh, Jim Morrison just died. Yeah. And is there people in the nightclub that were witnesses that Paris, and they remember him saying it? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Depends on who you ask. I mean, it's, it's certainly, I mean, yeah, it certainly seems so like. That seems like a story that could be believable, and yeah. and the the, uh, the drug dealers were just like, "Get him out of here! I don't want yeah. to link back to me." Totally, we pulled apart if we were the ones that killed Jim Morrison. Exactly. The, the heroin was far too strong; he just couldn't handle yeah. it. And, and, and the, uh, the, the, he wasn't the a nightclub. habitual heroin taker. He no, was a, no, exactly. He was, he was only, only into it since he got to Paris. Yeah, yeah. And, and Pam wanted it and all that. Yeah. Sort of. but I remember watching that documentary, and as a Doors fan, and all you know, I, I watched that documentary, and I went, "You know what? That is." So believable. Yeah. yeah. I'm it, buying this. It has a bang of truth off it in a way that the other ones kind of don't. Absolutely. And that, he's, because I'm sure if, he was an absolute if, shit heel, this if guy. If you find Jim Morrison, uh, who, uh, Jean like, de dead in your jacks and you're a nightclub all, you know, what yeah. you do? Call the cops. You go, you're doing your you're whole cops. <laughs> Get the everyone fuck. in this club this is, is all smack, you know. Everyone in this, there's, there's the worst. There's people fucking yeah. in here. This will be, be the fucking the shrine to Jim yeah, Morrison yeah, we'll, yeah. Have, we'll have to close the place down it'll be turned I, into a I will be forever hounded yeah. by yeah. authors and interviews and all that and, I, and I'm not in a good way you know yeah. what I mean yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, when I saw that I, I, you'd be answering for a crime for the rest of your life yeah yeah, yeah. it was totally served your time or not it was yeah. totally believable to me that yeah. somebody so weedy like would, would try and get out of that because people have done that before like yeah, yeah the, it's the, human nature yeah it, I mean, it, it maps onto human nature there's the guy in the interviews that uh, talks about uh, being a dealer to uh, to Whitney Houston and yeah. a few other people. Oh, like yeah. That. You know that guy? That guy. And he comes across in an interview, he's like, what, man? I'm just doing my job, all right? He, he was, he was, he was blacked out. Just sold him. He was blacked out face or whatever. And then he contacted the documentary That just screams to me, you know, a CIA operation or some 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 disinformation it's just like here's a random guy who's willing to he was so himself. like he was so, he was so not giving a fuck oh, I don't care yeah, but so it what? seems like it belittles the artists so that like drugs don't seem like so much of a problem yeah it seems like a like a, a psyop yeah that will make people not care that their favorite artists are dying from drug overdoses nay thousands of people hundreds of people a day thousands of people a year are dying from like opiate overdoses because big farmer are throwing out like oh, overzealous opium prescriptions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah nobody yeah. wants to know, hear that shit. Yeah. And, and drugs that are 50 times far more powerful than heroin. Than heroin. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. let's let's yeah. put a fucking dealer out there who just goes like, yeah, people want it, they're going to take it. And it's just re reaffirming that kind of junky mentality to yeah. people who don't take drugs to go, oh yeah, they fucking deserve it. Yeah, then. it, they lack mm -hmm. willpower. That, 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 I saw that in the Whitney Houston documentary, screamed that fucking shit to me. Mm-hmm. That they're putting out fake drug dealers to go like, what you're gonna take it? What are you gonna do? Yeah, because I, I was care. really shocked to see that guy money. on camera. Yeah, bullshit. Like that. It looks like fucking what drug dealer in their right mind? Go, yeah, would I did ring that. up a fucking thing and go, I know I'm gonna get Whitney Houston there. Or, or <laughs> and I sold her the spoons for Bobby Brown exactly. to scoop the fucking dry shite out of her arsehole as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what I, they used I'm to do with Death Dave. They called her and Bobby used to do the term, long term masseuse spoon because they couldn't do poos. They just fish poop out of they each other's bums manually evacuated. Yeah. Uh, 
what is it? Uh, Manual uh, evacuation. In, in, impacted colon. Oh, Lord. It was just full of hard poo from all the cocaine, so they had to scoop it out like a rotten ice cream. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't know that. But that's the same guy. He didn't sold her need to either. Yeah, yeah well. <laughs> I knew <laughs> <laughs> that's those concerns guys yeah but Marianne Faithful seems to be the one spilling the beans like she she uh, she thinks it was her drug dealer ex-boyfriend mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Jean Labrituel yeah uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right and coincidentally this 2004 revelation came mm. mere weeks before her newest album was to be released what they said 20, 2004 yeah for Mo- Mojo 2014 I said yeah. No? Yeah. yeah no he said 2004 oh, sorry 2014 album and it made yeah. a bit of impact because it's on it's in Mojo magazine but if you put that into you know a yeah. search engine it made sure that she got she her got a lot of coverage all the top uh, yeah, publications yeah, yeah. say hey Mar- the story. Marianne said this yeah, Telegraph yeah, yeah. Guardian Absolutely. Rolling Stone they, yeah. all, they all quote Can, the interview like, to, of course it's the fucking cauterization of, of a massive story in rock yeah. lore but yeah. she she's said, the last one alive so she can't be disavowed like yeah. and she also said in the same so interview that uh, Amy Winehouse was very wary of her yeah Amy Winehouse is like oh, I know you know you know that I'm yeah, I'm, 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 yeah. I'm in a gym-esque place yeah. and you're not happy with me because yeah. I'm wasting my talent yeah and she actually said there was times I wanted to shake it and shake her, take her by the shoulders and shake her and say you stupid little cunt you're wasting everything yeah now I'm quoting that there yeah. I don't know I far from think that that's what she was. But that's what she said in the interview, yeah. She was a... I see Marianne Faithful has seen, seen a fair share of crazy shit, man. My God, Crazy yes. shit. Like she anyone said, that's left over from those times. Yeah. Stories. But the, uh, my favourite quote from her, she said, heroin saved her from suicide. So she'd lost all hope and then she found heroin and she went, this is, it's worth staying alive for this. I can, well, go, to, I can go to this other place. That basically got her, that kind of gave her a, a rope ladder back into reality. And kind heroin of, probably used the heroin uh, high board. as, as, as uh, create, create creative. I don't know if it was that. I mean, I think it was just, it gave her hope when she was feeling hopeless. Mm-hmm. That, like, or maybe, you know, maybe it took away the pain of her hopelessness. Yeah. That's, that's enough. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. that's enough. I'll have Sometimes, some of that duck. Yeah. I'll have some of that duck. That's it. Can I so, please not feel this anymore? She had this Bertil as her boyfriend and she said that he came over to uh, the apartment to deliver yeah. some drugs. He himself also died in 1971 of an overdose. And uh, Faithful said that she feels guilty for keeping a secret for so long. Like he died very soon after Jim. Yeah, presumably from he died in June or July that yeah, year. So like a guilt. couple of couple, couple of months. months, couple of months. The rotten right. guilt. So Jean, who's also known as the Count, he was played yeah. by that French actor guy in uh, the movie, yeah. and it's a kind of a like a, a a character that pulls Pam Corson away from from the relationship with yeah. Jim, and he's seen as kind of like a, a slight villainous character yes or it's like he introduces her to he kind of introduces yeah. her to heroin yeah. in, in the movie yeah and jim catches her and then puts her in the closet and sets yeah. her on fire or whatever as you do but as you do but he was a sometimes lover of pamela corson but it was a kind of a dream of his to be a dealer to the high-end flighty yeah. in hollywood he wanted to try like be a drug dealer to the stars i like the sound of that and he hung around the warhol crowd and he taught himself like you know, I, I am I am Hollywood's heroin man. Yeah. And he called himself the fucking count for fuck's sake, right? <laughs> so Faithful decries this as hubris and said that he was nothing more than a two-bit dealer who was just full of his own shite, smelling his own farts. And she's the only one left alive to corroborate this. But, like, it is pretty weird that, like, Jim died, the count died, and then, like, a couple of years later, Pamela Gorson died. And she didn't die with any dignity, to be honest. Like, no. she, she was notoriously heroin-dependent and she would have been she would have had heroin in the apartment like she wanted to put herself into a place that was absolutely replete with heroin and mm. paris was this notorious heroin spot 
uh, in the late 60s and early 70s, partly due to army soldiers returning from fighting in Vietnam during French occupation, they were all fucking addicted to the stuff. Yeah. So not too dissimilar to the way American GIs were coming home in the 70s addicted to mad drugs. Yeah. And no one wants to think of Jim Morrison as a heroin junkie, but no. that could have very well been the case, you know? Def- I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know whether he was addicted at that point. He was certainly... Like, he had a massively addictive personality. Yeah. I mean, his oh, behavior absolutely. is... I mean, he was... He, Do you think maybe he was on the way to being oh, a, definitely. a, a I, heroin I, addict? Yeah, I mean, well, he, he, he had, no, control. He had yeah. no, no impulse control by the sounds thing. It's like, he never gave anything up successfully other than the hallucinogenics. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's even stories about him getting a little bit into <laughs> cocaine and stuff like this, like around the time of, I think it's the soft parade again. Yeah. Uh, I think, I've but it was just to stay awake from all the drink. Yeah, he was drinking so much. Yeah. He was like, Fuck, I need some yeah. wake up powder. Thirty six bottles out. of beer in a yeah. day, and it's stuff that, like it's that thing where you go, well, I need this for this and this for yeah. that. That to go up, that to come down, that yeah. to level me out. Yeah, yeah. I put yes. a lot of drinking on top of that, and it's obviously going. Yeah. Like, he didn't fucking die a sleeper, like yeah. he was overdose with sleepers and alcohol. Oh, God knows yeah. how many cigarettes a day as well. Yeah, but that's I mean, it. he was, he was on a self-destructive binge. Awful. There's this. I don't like. I don't know whether it's true, but there's this. I read it. It's a. Some American tourists and his, his girlfriend bumped into Jim, and I think I'm Pam, and then Pam goes home early, like four or five days before he dies in Paris, and they spend the day with him. And your man just describes how Morrison is smoking the cigarettes, like just these huge, great big drags of the smoke and stuff like that. You hear the cigarette crackle. Yeah, exactly. And and I I get this image of uh of like someone who's mentally ill and how how somebody with mental profound mentalness and profound mental ill pain mm. and how they smoke just this like you're holding on to the fucking like like you're breathing through the cigarette and, and, like, and, the, and the deep inhale the deep inhale exactly the really deep inhale and he said like your man's like Morrison's cough was just horrific during the day almost like a death rattle like yeah absolutely he said I'm just drinking all day long so you like if that's four days you kind of go his body's bollocks at this point and they said that he couldn't die he couldn't die from alcohol poison or alcohol like abuse abuse at 27 your body wouldn't give up that soon it's like depends on which alcohol you're drinking absolutely bro. Totally. what else you're taking bullshit of course you can do that of course you can do that yeah if you really need put, is like a slightly jippy heart that's and it. you get a bit of arrhythmia that's it oh, it's slightly jippy heart that's slightly. it and, and lack, lack of sleep lack of sleep huge will fuck you up huge man. thing huge fuck you up well the reason they went to Paris is because the French connection like it was it was that was the name of the French heroin trade, for fuck's sake. Like, it was, yeah. this is the capital city of heroin in, in the 60s and 70s. The Corsican Mafia in Marseille ran a, a global distribution chain for the manufacture and traffic in heroin, and they'd hide the drug in false-bottom suitcases or in the panels of large American cars for import or export. And in the late 1960s and early 70s, France was under surveillance for this, and the DEA was founded in 1973, and they went to war on France. Mm. They said that 75% of all world heroin was produced and consumed in France at the time. <laughs> How times have changed. That's wow. That's, that's phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, phenomenal, right? I thought so, it was just that old dude. <laughs> <laughs> William Friedkin's 1971 movie, The French Connection, yeah. further solidified yeah, this image uh, of this debaucherous France in the American psyche, yeah. and this could have the origins of why America hates the French culture so much because <laughs> it was propaganda all through the 70s. Protesters paraded in front of the French embassy in New York on the 24th of June, 1970, claiming French manufactures heroin, heroin kills, drugs come from France. That's a great sign. Drugs come from France. Mm. As you're parading around. And this feeling of distrust and unease between the US and France has remained still today. And uh, some put it down to like the World War II surrender monkey sentiment 
are you know their their nuclear yeah. their nuclear support or their Which, support of other like non-cooperative political in, uh, entities but it was more likely the the heroin that killed their kids and you yeah. know no i must say uh, yeah i would always I, put the, the old the world war ii surrender monkey yeah, trope I, yeah. yeah it's not that it's because of the french connection and the idea that france produces yeah. and distributes heroin all over the world wow in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 75%. So where were they making... Presumably they were still well, making... Well, they were getting in the, the Afghanistan and cutting, like, it, yeah, cutting yeah. it up yeah. and whatever, yeah. But making it consumable. Yeah. In France. Selling, manufacturing it. Weaponizing it. That is a yeah. lot of heroin. And, and, 75%, man. And a lot of Americans were, were dying heroin in tourists. Daily, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Heroin yeah. tourists. And right. then New York, of course, alone was just like people just dying. But this was in like 1960s. It hit New York in like... The late seventies, early eighties, yeah. no, right? Yeah, and yeah. that was that was the end of it. Then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was evident then to Jim that Paris was absolutely the place to go to keep Pam happy. Yeah, and have a quiet life away from the spotlight. So who would want to bother them when they're smacked out of it, walking around smoking fags in one drag? And then this epidemic of heroin trundled on into the eighties in France and destroyed loads of provincial cities with AIDS and HIV rampant and many deaths from overdose. So it wasn't like too dissimilar to many built-up city areas in the the US after a time, but like largely ignored and kind of forgotten by the world media because like when you, france is not yeah when you, you think about think, that well, i just said that yeah, yeah. When, when you think about that time you think about new york you think about the, 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 the new the, york chicago yeah la and, and like really in detroit and places detroit. like that which is a, i never never thought of like a european cities like that but when you think of like pharmaceutical uh, uh opiate overdoses you don't think west virginia yeah yeah no that's the fucking biggest place in the whole in the yeah. whole in the whole you think country. west virginia yeah yeah absolutely mountain mama <laughs> that's <laughs> an Denver, eating yeah. vegan all the day yeah, yeah. That, that's yeah, what exactly. it is like yeah so i think the french connection definitely uh heroin like i i, I doubted rob earlier on when he said to me uh, oh yeah you definitely got a heroin order so it's like no nah, i was drink man go away with that he wasn't taking heroin i didn't want to believe it mm. didn't want to believe it but mm. now after looking up all of this stuff, yeah, I'm absolutely in. I mean, he could have he could have died of alcohol. I mean, it could have he been could alcohol. Have. He could have. I th- I think the the arrow of likelihood leans more towards heroin. Like he didn't know how to say no. He also he didn't know how much to put he in. He wasn't used no. to it. It was too strong. I'd say yeah. he was taking heroin in the same proportions he take coke. Exactly. He just like, pumping it, fuck it, slash it into yeah, because grand. he had this like yeah. hubris. Yeah, I can smoke yeah. fucking sixty fags. Yeah. I can drink anyone else under the I'm fucking table. I can do anything. Except take like a big key of heroin yeah. in the Black jets. Persian. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Pamela herself then, she, she died of an overdose in 1974, age 27. And uh, Jim was uh, like, uh, you know, already in the ground, unlucky. Yeah. It's kind of a guilty, like a guilty self-destruction maybe. I mean, like, she was she was already addicted to heroin. Yeah, so she was already say, on the path. She was, going that way. She, she was Jim Morrison's girlfriend. Yeah. How fucking hard was for, that, For man? six years, like yeah. seven years. So it's like, also going to make most other men seem somewhat of a compromise, I imagine, <laughs> yeah. as well, because because she would yeah. have had the the year the memories of the years when he was the young lion and mm. it was all exciting and it, like the, you the, 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 the you road never get to ever. experience the transition from anonymity to stardom twice. Yeah. You don't get that twice. Yeah. Well, Courtney Love tried to do it once. after Kurt died and tried to take on a tried. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, like the Gomja bar. <laughs> She, she, like, Pam waited for ages. She tried to, she tried to, uh, you know, get herself clean. Didn't work. She was so distraught after his death that she used to talk to Jim's dog as if it was Jim. Yeah. Uh, she was trying to get the, the estate money cleared. She was trying to get her inheritance. But the other members of the Doors contested it and his legal costs left her in poverty. 
like it was a really bad turn for those few years in 1972 yeah. she moved in with a woman called ellen sander but she moved to Sausalito with friends and she couldn't she couldn't settle herself down mm-hmm. she couldn't find any place any place to she crawl she was home. lost at this yeah, point absolutely yeah. lost little girl yeah. she was she yeah. was racked with the guilt of jim's death apparently and she collected all these papers of jim's poetry and she sold it to michael mcclure to be made into a book she still had money troubles and she was evicted from her hollywood hills home for not paying the fees so now she's homeless like the doors producer said that pam would come to his house nearly every day this is rothschild the, the yeah. paul Rothschild, the, the mm. producer the mm. first uh all the albums except la woman or what was it yeah yeah uh, all yeah, of them yeah. except la woman Bruce Botnick produced that one. and um he said that she comes to his house nearly every day crying like mad over on drugs and apologizing for not being able to control jim going like i'm sorry i couldn't do like sorry oh, I it's do my more. fault it's like blah, blah blah all this fucking guilt 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 and then rumors went around that pam murdered jim for his money and her and the count made a plot to make it look like he died of a heart attack by giving him heroin and telling him it was cocaine so that she had to fucking deal with all that shit and then in april 1974 she received twenty thousand dollars into her bank as the first payment of her settlement yeah. from her uh, inheritance from jim's estate and she bought a little yellow car and a little white bag of what heroin heroin and she bought a little car a little volkswagen beetle i'm gonna keep she barely, that, i'm gonna keep that heroin for next week i'm gonna have a little bit of that heroin every day next week not too much now that'll do me for a whole see that bag <laughs> that'll do me for a whole week that will that's what all let's the heroin get every said every heroin let's get an ball it lasts us all weekend <laughs> all the heroin addicts they get those you know M T W T F. they get those little boxes and they just tip a little bit of heroin in each day and it's just they just stick the box and just that's it now but just so in April, she got 20 grand. She bought a Volkswagen Beetle that she didn't put 20 miles on the clock. Didn't even put 20 miles on the fucking clock of this car. And on the 25th of April, mere days after she got her money, her friends found her on the couch in their house, brown bread from an overdose. Yikes. And she's, so she's 27 then. 27 so that means then. she was 24 when Morrison died. And she was 18 when they met. Like, I mean... What a life. Like, yeah, wow. What a fucking hope, man. What a it's, life. Less than 10 years. Yeah. Strap your life onto this, like, you know, <laughs> fucking merry-go-round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't have an IQ of 149 by the sounds of things. <laughs> no. She didn't have a fucking chance. Didn't have a chance. Here's a lawnmower. That's going to be... Like... Yeah. That's tragic, like isn't it? That's, that's, absolutely. Yeah. That's sad. Sorry. Yeah. That's a sad story. It's it really what, is. It's, well, it's funny. The older I get, the more tragic her life becomes. Yeah. Because yeah, you're thinking like shit. Yeah. What happens if I had a daughter and met the wrong absolutely, guy? Absolutely. I'm sure, I'm sure she was like the, the cautionary tale for so many parents Abs- all through the 70s yeah. and 80s. It's all like, oh, you're hanging around one of them Jim Morrison types. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> absolutely. Do you know? Yeah. Mad. One of the, one of the strangest one things of them, about... One of them uh, Osmonds. You what? We're going to get you one of them Osmonds for a boyfriend. There's <laughs> loads of them. Lad, lovely big teeth. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, one of the weirdest things about the whole Jim story was the, the, the cemetery where he was buried. Yeah. And I went up looking at this Perle Chaise stuff. Perle Chaise. I've been there. Is it cool? Uh, well, I was there in 91, the year the movie came out. So the, wow. Yeah, so the, the, bus t- the bus was being away, being cleaned when Is we it? were there. But we went there like on a Saturday and stuff like that. I see, because you, you had the whole, the doors and all came over to do all the signings and all that. I'm they? sure they all fucking did. There was a whole big deal and stuff wow. like that. Like it wasn't, we went there on that day. We just went on a Saturday. Right, 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 right. And uh, there's just a shitload of people around. Always. And they had to put it's, up fences now around it. And, and it's beautiful. So I didn't really like Voltaire and fucking Oscar Wilder mm. in there as well and stuff like that. But you it's, were over rubbing Morrison's oh, back. 
absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I would imagine. I, I I've been to Paris a few times, but I, I never went there. Like, cause yeah. it's on the outskirts of the city. It is. It's, it's a good bit out. Like, and you want to spend a day there. Like, it's a. It's, yeah. And you're gonna be walking all day. Like, it's, it's a fucking massive cemetery as well. Ma- though. You have thing. no idea how big this fucking place is. I, I, I like. I looked up this pair of shares stuff to try and find because I knew like, I've heard the stuff you know around smoking circles, and you're all like. <sighs> Ooh, man, Jim and Jim Morrison, man, he he fucking arranged that whole thing, and he chose that cemetery because there's you know special rules and shit like that. Like, and I went to look it up to find out exactly how it all works over yeah. there was fascinating, right? So, Père Lachaise Cemetery is famous for housing the graves of some of the most respected artists yeah. in the world, like you said, Voltaire, Oscar Wilde, like scientists, philosophers, poets, yeah. like so many fucking famous people who lived in the city at the time, yeah. You know, were allowed to be buried there. Yeah. Right? There was a massive uh, 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 catacombs built under Paris to house all the dead bodies and what have you, right? Yeah. And the way they organize the laws around how you bury bodies makes it kind of like, yeah, we'll bury you in a nice place until everyone belonging to you is dead and then we'll just dig up your bones and <laughs> put, you in, put these. you in a small box and then put everyone, put 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 new people in there because they're, right. they're yeah paying the money and where my bones go into these catacombs just into the, the city. catacombs yeah, yeah yeah well there's boxes and stuff like in, in Père Lachaise but like the catacombs were built okay ho- a couple of hundred years ago and where that's where they used to bury people because it's like fuck yeah. so many people dying yeah 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 you know yeah. what I mean so uh, there wasn't enough land to bury all the motherfuckers you know that's what so, I kind of thought I was like how did fucking because this isn't like uh, where's the graveyards yeah, in New York yeah, yeah exactly do you know what I mean I remember walking around Père Lachaise going let's get the graveyards yeah. cremate the fuckers yeah, yeah. so uh, it, it, like uh, Paris has had like I said problems with graveyards hundreds of years trying to put them underground in catacombs and in in, in 1804 Père Lachaise was opened and it was away from the city so it didn't attract many funerals and it was difficult to get to so it had like a kind of an exclusive vibe to it even yeah. back then they were like you know unless you could afford to bring your body all the way out there on a horse and cart to pay yeah. for the extra mileage and all that stuff you weren't getting buried in Père Lachaise it holds approximately 1 million bodies now and it was enlarged a few times in the 19th century from 200,000 with its original creation up to a million. Uh, but the rules about Perlachaise are the most interesting part when it comes to Jim Morrison's case because they're really strict, right? You have to have died in Paris or if your home was there, you could be buried there if you died somewhere else, right? They're the rules to get in. Uh, you cannot exhume a body from there, but for, for, like, for legal inspection or anything like that, but what? Yeah, if something goes wrong, you can't exhume the body. You're not allowed. Okay, but there are thirty-year leases that you can get on grave sites, and families may bury children in a family plot, but you have to wait for the thirty years for the body to be fully decomposed. <laughs> right? The graves are no bigger than a phone box. You're yeah. not allowed big graves or big mausoleums, and if your lease runs out, what's left of you will be removed and the plot sold to another family, and the abandoned remains are put in a little box and moved into uh, an amort ossery, yeah. which is basically a shed for bones here at, at Père Lachaise. And only the ones who pay the rent are allowed to stay in the graves. So you get 30, 50, 100 or infinity lease where yeah. you pay like a massive amount and then you can just, yeah, you have yeah. it. Mm. So people buy a 30-year lease, you get buried in the ground, right, for your family. And then if your kids want to continue that lease, <coughs> they'll buy that, mm-hmm. right? And they'll put themselves on top of the parents. Yeah. And they'll decompose into the ground, into the ground, into the ground. Sometimes they get a family plot and they'll dig like 12 feet down and they'll put uh, uh, panels in between them. And then when they all go, uh, uh, like they'll, they'll bury all the way down again and dig up the bones. If you miss out on your rent 
after you die. Mm. That's how fucking bad the rent is in Paris <laughs> that you still have to pay for it after you die, right? Yeah. You pay a 30 year amount and if you don't want to continue that on or your family don't or you can't afford it or whatever, they just go in, scrape up whatever bone matter is in the thing, put, in a put all the dust out, put it in a small box sheen and it goes into an ossuary and there's lo- there's pictures of the ossuary online and it's just like a mad library of people's <laughs> random bones. So in that box then, could there be like a few members of, of one family? Like? Possibly, yeah. All... Yeah. Uh, Commingled. Yeah. They're wow. small bone fragments. like Something yeah. comforting about that, probably. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> I think you just fucked them all in the sea or burned them or something. Like, it's yeah. demented. Or, or, or why would you want to like, you know, knowing that, you know, why would you want to be buried there then? What's the point? Kind of get, you go, oh, is that the deal? Oh, you know what? Fuck cool. What you don't oh, yeah. want, I'm what dead. you don't want, is your fucking skull like embedded in a wall, like some kind of an ornament, <laughs> where cunts will be like drawing graffiti and stuff on you, like yeah, like they see in those what? movies when they go into the underground, or like they throw you into videos. a box and everybody well, sure. rattles about, and now your so skull much... is uh, nestled in your mother's pelvis. There's oh, loads of graffiti around <laughs> any of it's the uh, so bad. for eternity. <laughs> Sheila, <laughs> hey, it's not rattling anymore. Stuck. <laughs> That's what you want to do now, Jim. <laughs> so that's isn't is that amazing? Like the rules that's there, like saying, "Wow!" Be, it, it, like technically, if you think about it, it'd be the perfect place to bury a body with an indefinite lease paid up in full and no ability to dig it up to check if it's actually Jim. Yeah. Do you know, like perfect, uh, 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 hiding in plain sight of yeah. a fake body. Like they said, it was a closed coffin. Some people say it was full of wooden blocks and wasn't actually Jim at all. Yeah. And they threw him into the into the hole in Paris Chaise, and that was the end. Yeah. The end of it. That was uh, when I when I got, got, got to that part of that documentary, yeah. and uh, I, I was shocked to see that it was really like a like a, just get him in the ground, you know, yeah. get him in. And do you know what's even weirder? The, the little the, ceremony was performed. The, the yeah. burial cert for Perlishes that they signed and they signed the least because his plot is indefinitely bought. Yeah, right. On the, the on the cert for the lease, it says Douglas James Morrison and not James Douglas Morrison. <laughs> You've got the name wrong, as it were. Well, maybe they did, and maybe yeah. it's not James Douglas Morrison. Maybe yeah. it's Douglas James Morrison. Yeah, that's in there. I mean, or some superstition to kind of go. Well, I'm not going to put my actual name on like, a death search. I'll just do a, a version of it, like you know. Yeah, Jim. Jim. I mean, he had the means. One last prank. He had the motive, yeah. and he had the opportunity. He moved to Paris. He knew there were the rules. Very specific place to be buried. Yeah. No exhumation. Make sure you get me. Guy had an IQ of 149. I mean, if you were doing it, that's how you do it, right? Smart enough to figure it out. And it's away from America, so you wouldn't have actually any mad cons who come along with a JCP and dig you up at night time. That that was the other thing. The media didn't find out for for ages from Electra. Four days, I think. Yeah. And then they they immediately went, boom, let's get over there. And that was it. It was too late. It was in the ground. Because yeah, Sissons, I think, he? is the is the Bill Sissons is the manager, I think. Yeah. And he said like From Electra. Yeah. So his wife this the story like yeah, in the documentary the story goes like, you know, the phone rings and his wife goes before he answers it, his wife goes, It's Jim. Right. Yeah. And it's the phone call from Paris and it's it's Pam saying fucking Jim's dead and mm. stuff, and he's like, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. Fucking don't do anything, but by the time he gets there the casket is closed. Mm. Yeah. Shady as fuck, right? Shady. It is, it's, yeah. Now, so on one side, you kind of go, yeah. So let's say, so so what have we got? On one side, we've got a doctor who can't be traced, who signs yeah. a death cert incorrectly and doesn't follow protocol or procedure and has a sealed co- coffin. On the other hand, who's the person there? Well, she's a heroin addict. So doctor, dealer, 
maybe a doctor who was a dealer. Like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, he could be a doctor like the doctor in Angel Heart at the start, you know, mm-hmm. like that fella. Yeah. You know, shoot you to doctor, Palookaville, doctor. Dr. Mengele. Yeah, 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 yeah. One Absolutely. of those uh, rock doctors. Yeah, can, <laughs> right, he, he, exactly he can never rock. Be <laughs> <laughs> I'm a doctor of the school of rock. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got this. <laughs> Seven got years. This. Do you need uppers or downers? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, depends on which side of your suitcase I open. And then being able to, you know, recommend yeah. these uppers yeah. or downers because the fuckers on exactly. and then Kaiser Soze just <laughs> like that just, he was gone yeah but it is it is it's, like a sketchy yeah, part he's a rock the, doctor yeah <laughs> it's the rules like learning about that puts the fact that Jim Fecht is dead squarely in, in my sights it's possible yeah, squarely in my sights now I went looking then online for evidence of a found Jim yeah uh, one of the one of the small dalliances uh, with this theory I found was that he's alleged to be uh, this New York harmonica yeah, man so yeah. there's the New York bum uh, Jim faked his own debt and is now a New York bum sitting on fire escapes, drink of parties, yeah. playing the harmonica uh, with a bad case of lupus. Yeah. And in 2016, a man named Richard found this old dude spouting nonsensical poetry bullshit on the streets of New York and he started dancing with his arms out wide like the Native American dance from the movie. And then it came out that a YouTuber called Broken Star uh, has been visiting this dude since 2009 and making videos, but all examinations of the video seems like it really is not yeah. Jim unless he's got a new nose or whatever. And uh, the, the, like I said earlier on, the Ray Manzarek book, The Poet in Exile, talks about the fact that Jim fakes his debt and that Morrison talked about doing that stuff all the time and how he would do it and where he'd yeah. go. Mm. And it kind of coincides with what actually happened in real life, the stuff that Manzarek says. Um, and like I said, it was supposed to be made into a movie and, and Ray... Uh, uh, went up to the to the big keyboard seat in the sky. Yeah. Uh, before the movie could be made into a, a, a you know a reality, yeah. but I don't think it was the New York bomb. I've seen the video. He's a bit like, and you're like, nah, bro, you're not. You're not fucking. Another real thing, yeah. And and then another one came out. Another rumor came out about Jim Morrison being in an assisted living complex in Paris, where he was bounced around. He was bounced around. Uh, from room to room, minded and kind of like the uh, like Google Gaga after having some brain damage uh, from heroin overdose that he right. was then put into assisted living. So uh, Reuters Paris reporter Belda Suave uh, investigates. Belda Suave. Yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? Be- Belda Suave investigates. Jim isn't dead rumors for the last 45 years. She goes all over the world checking people claiming to be Jim. And she says, quote, I was contacted by a nurse from Petite Soeurs de Pavoise. I don't know if I pronounced that right in French, but Petite you can have pa- it. Des pau- pauvres. So ah, pet- pauvres. You say it, Little Rob. sisters of the poor. You say it? Petites sœurs des pauvres. Petites sœurs des pauvres. An a living hospital for the I have a Belgian accent. That's how a Belgian person would pronounce it. Yeah. I'd say it like that, would I? But no, I, no, I don't know. It's about, I've been told by French people I speak French oh, like a Belgian. You, you do. You speak French like a Belgian. You do a lot of things like a Belgian. <laughs> I make waffles. <laughs> I solve crime. <laughs> I don't know any other facts about Belgium. <laughs> Name the third I, thing. <laughs> I eat my frites with mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> so Miss Sauvé told yeah. uh, th- th- this website that I found yeah. it on that th- this nurse informed her that she was caring for a patient named Jacques-Henri the Toulouse Lautrec. Oh, really? Toulouse Lautrec. <laughs> yeah. 
what's to lose the trick he's an artist he's an Moulin artist. Rouge yeah, artist Moulin Rouge yeah you know, like, so that almost oh. seems like a fake name yeah that's definitely a fake name alright cool yeah that's like what's your name my name is the Gordon ca- Rushford famous Moulin Rouge Pablo Picasso <laughs> the, 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 right and he was famously a short little man yeah. and uh, he used to to lose the trick paint, paint the Paris nice style I thought, I, style. I, thought I heard that name yeah. before yeah. yeah to lose the trick to lose yeah. the okay. trick yeah so, so this this uh, patient was called Jacques Henri de Toulouse Lautrec, and in this patient who suffer from alcoholism and liver and kidney failure, as well as moderate dementia, like from the encephalic mm-hmm. uh, 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 syndrome that shrinks your brain and makes you forget brain. your past, he told her he was the grandson of a famous French post-impressionist artist, Henri Marie Raymond de Toulouse Lautrec. And everyone believed this story because they knew that the older Toulouse Lautrec was a, a, a raging alcoholic that converted with prostitutes. Oh, and presume it is, yeah. It's the dude that that's you're the talking same about. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, that's him, officer. To be that's the, the man. He yeah. claimed to be the grandfather of the Moulin Rouge Le, Toulouse Lautrec. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like the rantings of a, a prankster, Jim. Or, yeah. or you get. But it was claimed to be him. They did a facial thing, and it's like, this is the fucking guy, man, who's ranting. I don't believe that one, but I tell you the one I do believe. Because I've seen it with my, my own two eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready for this one? Yeah. yeah we're going to finish up on this. This is the one I absolutely believe. There's a guy in Oregon called William J. Lawyer. Okay. Right? A man by the name of Gerald Pitts claims that Jim is alive and that he is his agent. He claims Jim is alive and is living on a ranch in northwest uh, uh, Oregon. Uh, he's living the quiet life as an American cowboy away from the Hollywood scene. And this man's name is William J. Lawyer. Uh, of Eagle Point, Oregon, and and uh, 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 Billy Lawyer told his neighbor <laughs> Billy Lawyer, yeah, Billy Lawyer told his neighbor Billy Wilson, loads of Billies, uh, in a fit of drunkenness that he was in fact a real Jim Morrison and he faked his death and he was hiding out in Oregon and he'd been all over the world and this is where he wanted to spend his life, you know, in a quiet solitude. Uh, Wilson then straight away went and told uh, Gerald Pitts and another <laughs> another cohort of his, David Logan, who went on coast to coast AM and uh, made a film with his new production company called Rodeos West about this new gym. And this is in the late 90s. Yeah. Uh, Like, they made these videos, you can find them on YouTube, they put these overlay pictures of a young uh, Jim Morrison over Lawyer's old face, and they match really well, to be honest. Like, jawline, bones, William J. Lawyer, L-O-Y-E-R. And uh, the bones match the muzzle, you know, the muzzle that Jim has, you know, around his cheeks and uh, 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 a mouth. The nose, spot on. A little bit bigger on, on Lawyer than it was on Morrison. Eyes, eyebrows, head shape. The whole shebang, man, looks real good. And what about ears? The, the, you know that ear thing? The yeah, ear, that ears is like a fingerprint. The fingerprint of the yeah, head. Yeah. Is that, would that have anything to do with it? I, 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 I didn't see the ears now. Okay. I don't think they have copies of that. But it's just hilarious that it's actually Billy Lawyer. You ever, you ever heard of Billy Lawyer? Billy Lawyer is, yeah. is, is an old British movie. Uh, and it's, it's basically Walter Mitty. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, and it even made it to a rather moderately successful British seventy sitcom that we used to watch when I was a kid, and it was called Billy Liar. And Billy Liar was prone to uh, absolute fantasies, <laughs> a la Walter Mitty. So you said Billy Liar, that's why I laughed because I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" So like, would Jim have known of this character? Well, quite possibly. Quite possibly, the 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 movie was quite successful. Yeah. So this is in like. 
we didn't see that the and it was a 60s movie too Billy Lyre was like mid 60s it yeah. was like yeah cause isn't it um, what's his name Albert Finney it is Albert Finney Albert Finney right. plays yeah. Billy Lyre yeah, yeah. so it's just a man who's prone to yeah. fantasy and he would have known that hyperbolic stories yeah. not unlike Jim and Morrison and he would have known that through McClure because McClure is an English poet and, and Morrison and McClure were very very pally and stuff like this and Morrison stayed with McClure in England yeah. like several times and stuff and it was McClure who said to him like you gotta stop drinking mate it's like it's not fucking working for you and Jim is like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to ignore that advice, but thanks very much for yeah. saying it. So, like, he would have, he could have, you could imagine him being familiar with that. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe he went to the movies one time and Maybe really he liked this the movie. movie. He yeah. saw called Billy yeah. Liar. That's mental. Because he himself was prone to yes. uh, crazy fantasies. Hey, kidnapped gypsies. Wow. I've, got a, I've got a brain tumor. Yeah. Well, the J stands for James. <laughs> so it's William James Liar. So it could have been Jim Liar. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's like... My name is William James Liar. You can call me Billy. Yeah. Or you can call me Jim. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Liar. Yeah. Yeah, it does it does match up. But like for all for everything else and all the other evidence, my eyes have seen the picture mm-hmm. yeah. of the two of their faces and I'm like that could, that could very be a, that's very well be him, right? Yeah. So they put in this movie they put the, the, the pictures of the young Jim over the old Jim and they say that he came out of hiding to honor his family. And his recently deceased mother, so uh, Clara, his uh, Jim Morrison's mother, died in two thousand six, and this lawyer yes. guy came out to the public and was like, "Yeah, you know, this is this is the thing." And and your man um, Gerald Pitts arranged for all this to happen because he was his agent, yeah. right? So lawyer states that he had a near death experience with drugs in Paris in nineteen seventy one, and it scared him straight, and he he made plans to disappear. Now he's talking as William James Lawyer, right? mm-hmm. so he made his living as a brick mason and remarried a woman named Marcia. Now. This all seems like pretty far-fetched, but there are loads of celebrities who apparently faked their death, like Tupac, Michael Jackson, Andy Kaufman, all of whom were eccentric and had the means motives to do it. Jim was facing jail in Florida, don't forget. He was being told that the government were out to assassinate the counterculture operatives. He, 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 they were opposing Vietnam War and they had to be got rid of. He saw Janice and Jimmy get snuffed in a similar fashion and he made a decision after a, an almost... Mm-hmm. overdose death mm-hmm. to go do you know what do you know what yeah this let's... death thing ain't so cool when yeah. it's actually happening when it's yeah. Too, yeah 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 when it happens quick I won't yeah. know about it when it's now. poetry it's good now I don't think yeah. I don't think on the 3rd of June that was when it happened like it wasn't like they turned a, a, an opportunistic overdose into yeah. an escape plan for Jim Morrison to get out I think it may have happened much sooner than that maybe straight away when they got over there he tried heroin he's like oh fuck that's too much okay yeah. Maybe it could have been planned from America, and I think it was planned like long in advance or whatever. But this this Billy Lawyer comes out and he's given all this information to, mm-hmm. to Billy Wilson and then later on then to Gerald Pitts. So with Jim's dad being like a military guy, Jim had first experienced these mind control techniques, manipulation techniques, and, and this faking your own death is indicative of a man who knew exactly what he was doing. But I, I think the story about Lawyer doesn't really hold water when you look at the people involved. So Marshall Lawyer wrote to the press, disavowed Gerald Pitts in 1999, said that he no longer represents the family or or, or she doesn't want the idea that Bill Lawyer is uh, uh, Jim Morrison going around. Maybe that's like a double jeopardy. Maybe she's going like, oh yeah, we better not say it, Jim. Come yeah. on, like you're after coming out now and stuff. And then in 2006, this whole thing comes out because the mad died and, and, and Billy yeah. Lawyer's like, yeah, go on, say it then. Like Gerald Pitts, they're having this little, it seems like they're all sitting around fucking smoking a doobie and just went like, Hey, you know what? You look a bit like Jim Morrison. Let's yeah. just say you're this and we make a few bob. 
So uh, Gerald Pitts seems like this is a fucking billion dollar story if you, if it's even close to being right. Yeah. If you're able to make a movie and make it look and sound like this guy is Jim Morrison, yeah. you'll at least be able to sell enough to make a load of money just on the name of Jim Morrison alone. Definitely. Like a great hoax money spinner, right? Absolutely. So Lawyer and his family were fans of the Doors and Pitts originally promised that he could get them a meeting. I'm guessing Gerald Pitts looked at him and went, he looks very similar to Jim Morrison. I go up and chat him up. Do you like the Doors? Yeah, I love the Doors, man. Want to make some money? So do you want to, do you want to, no, do you want to meet the oh, Doors? Yeah. Do you oh, want yeah. to meet Ray Manzarek? And he was like, yeah, sure. He's like, okay, sign this thing. I'm your represent, I'm yeah. representation now. So he said he could get them a meeting and then, <laughs> strangest thing of all, William James Lawyer named his ranch the Jim Morrison Ranch in Oregon. And <laughs> You know, in Eagle Point, Oregon. Like, that's... What year did he name the ranch, the, G- the, the Jim Morrison I, I, I don't know, it didn't say. But the fact that it's named that <laughs> is, is, before he meets Gerald Pitts and is told, hey, you're Jim Morrison, do you want to come out into the world stage again? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Where is William James Lawyer now? That's what I want to know. Could <laughs> yeah. you find out? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what I want to know. So... Billy James, if you're out there, To continue with on, touch. Jim's brother-in-law, Alan Graham, who runs a podcast called House of Detention on the Ghost Radio <laughs> Network. Nice. He has a ghost hunting and paranormal investigation team. They often go chasing leads of people who claim to be Jim Morrison. Now, it's Jim's sister's husband who has a podcast who goes ghost hunting. <laughs> right. It's a bit close to the bone. So I, I, think, I think that is about as close to a double blind controlled uh, scientific experiment <laughs> as you can possibly get. Yeah, so yeah. whatever this guy says, I'm just believing Absolutely. him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he has got no reason he to lie. He's the most famous he, he is, dead brother-in-law. He's got yeah, no reason honey, to lie. Honey, where are you going? I'm just going out to hunt the ghost of your dead brother, honey. I'll be back later. <laughs> Pick me up some rye and uh, some pastrami on the way back. Sure, honey. So, Graham, when he's asked about Jim faking his death, he says, quote, I don't know. The only person who knows is Pamela Corson, who died in 1994 of a drug overdose. But don't forget, the body was put on ice overnight. The morgues were closed. It was left on Saturday and Sunday until Monday morning, and the body was really blue. She never saw it. Nobody saw the body till it came from the morgue in the coffin, ready for the funeral. Pamela wouldn't look at it. Nobody looked at it. The likely could could have been somebody else is extremely high maybe douglas james morrison said james douglas morrison yeah and uh, 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 morrison could have seen it w- went into hiding and said this is my chance to get away from my life and i look that's that's quite me. a good sleight of hand there in this you know kind of the body uh, the jim's body and then jim saw the body like, whoa, 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 whoa wait a minute back that truck back yeah. up that's why i stopped in the middle and did the little thing yeah. but that's how that's how that quote goes it's like nobody saw the body and then the next thing yeah this like Jim's Jim's out there and then now he's come back as a fucking cowboy yeah it is unbelievable but at yeah. the same time it's very believable if you want to believe it but you look at those pictures of that James Lawyer guy yeah. William James Lawyer and look at Jim Morrison pictures. but then like Val Kilmer looked the fucking spitting image he of him as well he didn't really he well, did until he, you have a picture of him beside him yeah I used, yeah. To, I used to think all. he was oh my god he was the image of him and I used to yeah. have the image of Val Kilmer in my head but that was only because my introduction was as I said at the yeah. top that, yeah. James uh, oh, that original totally soundtrack different. and the movie yeah, yeah. yeah. are different the muzzle is different Jim's but I wonder if, so you got, if you got old Val Kilmer now like like old Val Kilmer no. so uh, so what's that one that he's in recently where he's put on all the weight and stuff like that and you kind of go him and Jim Morrison go this is Jim Morrison at 7 you go yeah Jesus yeah look look they've, they've got I that I think it's all about the hair man like the hair and the oh, body the language helps. and yeah. the accent and the licking of the lips and the slow blinking. Like, Val Kilmer got all of Jim Morrison's 
affectations. And to be honest, I read that Jim it took fucking a year for Val Kilmer to get out of that. He had to go. He actually thought he was Jim Morrison. He had to go and like deprogram himself. He had to go and uh, talk to uh, shrinks and stuff, a a therapist at least. We'd just talk him out, talk him down out. Yeah, because he would find himself, you know. Well, he went method. He went method. Yeah, and he got into Jim Morrison's persona, which made a great performance, but. You're fucked. He had to kind of deprogram himself a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was no danger, I don't think, but it was. he was a bit like, oh, God, that's still in my head. Fuck, because that's yeah. what sometimes happens to actors. He, he still went a bit about thing. it. Yeah, like fucking Daniel Day-Lewis had to go to Italy to become a cobbler Absolutely. for a yeah. year to get out of a role. Yeah. He had to just go and actually work like a cobbler <laughs> nine to five to shake yeah. it off. Like, <laughs> do you know? But I think I think William James Lawyer has got a, a horse in the race as far as... Yeah. Looking the fucking spitting image of an old James Morrison when you put yeah. overlay oh, pictures, you know. Where is that guy now? Why is he not talking? Is he brown bread? Is he dead? I don't yeah. know. And is, is the Jim Morrison rant still open for business? Uh, uh, how did that guy just approach him randomly? I'd be say, going to the Jim Morrison ranch when I get to hit Oregon in uh, uh, mid-2019 for the TCG TV and by uh, God, documentary if, trip. If, and if, I, if, if I find a lawyer is still there. Telling you, boy. I'd be, I'd be playing the guitar. Dum, dum, dum. Dum, dum, do you know how you, do you know how you get into his house? I'll do one. How? Through the back door, <laughs> man. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I thought I was gonna go in through the patio door and just break on through. Just take a left hand and then you walk on down yeah. the hall. Yeah. But there's no stairs because he just loves those bungalows. <laughs> he just loves those bungalows. The bungalows in the back of the roadhouse, the bungalows in, in LA. It's yeah. all the bungalows. Well, it's time to get off the fence. Uh, this has been a long one. I'm gonna, there's going to be bits cut out. Some parts of it were live for the Discord folks. So if you want to get onto patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys, uh, you'll be able to join in and listen live to the next one. Uh, so you don't have to wait around for the outtakes and stuff like that on Discord. Uh, we're going to get off the fence now. Uh, who wants to go first? Let's let Rob go first. Off the fence, Rob. Uh, the lizard prince yeah. do you think that Jim's formative years and his awful uh, 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 abuse as a young lad forced him into making this alter ego or do you think it was an artistic choice as an older man and using those traumatic stories as a young person to legitimize his uh, artistic persona I'm not, I'm, so so did he cre- like was was Jim Morrison the, was he genuinely disturbed or did he make it up and use those stories as I think he was genuinely disturbed I, th- I think he also then would have amplified it I think he knew what he was doing there was an element of like stagecraft like he, right. he knew he was manipulating groups of people and stuff like that but I think his his motivation seems to have come from a kind of a dark place I mean Manzarek and, and, and the guys talk about that they say like uh you know, there was a darkness about him, but he was also a great crack. Like, he was this really fun bloke to be yeah, around. sometimes the funniest he wasn't guys, a, like Robin Williams. Totally, totally. So I don't think, I don't think he was balanced and, you know, kind of, well, I'm, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be Jim Morrison now from Monday to Friday, nine till five. And then the weekend, I'm going to go back to my stamp collection. Like, so I don't think yeah. he was that. I think, I think... He, I, I actually liked, I liked the explanation. The guy uh, who co-wrote uh, No One Here Gets Out Alive said that actually he'd wanted to be a poet, but he couldn't figure out a way to make a living as a poet. But being a rock rock singer would give you a way to do poetry mm. because he actually put his money where his mouth is. I mean, he put out two books of poetry while he was fucking Jim Morrison, the lead singer of The Doors. Like a lot of people talk about it and when, when the pop career ends, I'm going to go and do something artistic. He was fully there all the fucking time. He recited poetry in the gigs. I mean, so many things, so many tropes. Like, he took the kind of the beatnik. Hey, 
yeah you know kind of he incorporated it into the the kind of rock uh, and put keyboards underneath it and spell it up a bit and a lead guitar yeah. solo and away you go yeah exactly you know looked fucking deadly uh, i think he knew what he was doing i think the look his beauty his beauty was a big draw huge uh, absolutely yeah. the the look and the the voice because he could actually sing he had got like beautiful tones to his voice i mean crystal ship is <sighs> like his voice is fucking amazing, it's amazing like yeah. it's amazing yeah. it's beautiful and um, so i think i think he amplified what he had i think he was a damaged individual you couldn't get through that child and not be it yeah but he was super fucking smart man so let's go to the dad and let's key. get off the fence about the daddy yeah was it daddy's abuse was he a cia operative false flag man the army man was he a was he a ball pup um and was his mistreatment of jim that made him his authority yeah, I would, th- I would think so. And I, I think, if anything, you might say that Morrison's whole career was a big fuck you, dad. Like, actually, because it was like, I am going to become everything you don't want. You live by rules and regulations and regimens and stuff like this. And I am going to, I'm going to write songs against your job and I'm going to live a life. Hating that fucking that is, man. I am going to be the exemplar of the opposite way to be you. I mean, it seems like the, the Oedipal thing, right? Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, he, he even wrote about it. I mean, I liked, I liked the, the explanation of uh, that bit from the end. I mean, so oh, I was thinking about this the other way, like, you know, um, the snake is long seven miles, right? Ride the snake, right? So the snake could be the Grant Morrison hyperdimensional centipede of life. And seven is, well, the seven ages of man, because like man has seven ages, like, you know, going to four score and 10 and stuff like this. So on. you can find these little literary uh, illusions and stuff like that to it and the guy was well read i mean rothschild says he was Stupid never without a book read. he was never without a book like he was a, he was a very literate man they were deliberately trying to be avant-garde these are people who knew them who worked with them i mean rothschild was there rothschild said his greatest ever experience was recording the end he said that was the most perfect recording moment two takes right yeah two takes the start, first half from 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 one take second half near the take I mean, it's it's there. It's there in the music. It's fucking. It still makes the hair stand up on the back of my yeah. neck every once in a while. I mean, I, I I just wish, I wish I could discover it for the first time again. I envy people who haven't heard the Doors, and I kind of go. I guess like there's going to be about two hundred thousand people listening to this over the next thirty days or so. Yeah. I guess out of that, there has to be a proportion of people who have never listened to the Doors. Well, then There's I envy a person those people. today that asked. Yeah. yeah, Amy says she'd never. Yeah, heard it. Jim Morrison. I assume that wasn't a joke. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming I mean, that wasn't what a joke. Age you are. The doors, oh, she said not, she was twenty. She said she was twenty. Like for us, yeah, yeah it's it's quintessential yeah. music listening. But for a twenty year old, there's so much to go back over now. Yeah, exactly. And with iTunes and, but, and, and uh, Spotify you're and all that right. stuff. right. Like, there's a lot of people today, young people. Said the yeah. old young man. People. Young people today. Uh, will ask us when we're singing in bars or stuff. They will. You'll, you'll think this girl is not gonna, is going to ask for something, you know, whatever is, uh, you know, hot at the moment. Current, you know I mean? yeah, but yeah. they do. They say, "Will you play that obscure, you know, Fleetwood Mac track, or yeah. will you play Toto's Africa or something yeah. like that?" Because it's, because it's all out there. And then a little bit of you goes, oh, "I might be in love with you." <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's why I'm like, Just "Oh my little. god, you're very cool." Good for you. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah, I'd be jealous of somebody like yeah. somebody sit down and, and for the and very, for, first, for very time. first time. Like I said, I will, I'm, I will close my eyes and I am there in that sitting Do room you know what? listening to that. There's a lot of music I love 
that if I was listening to it now for the first time, I wouldn't like it all. Dolores <laughs> <laughs> is not one of them. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, but there's, like there's a lot of music you used to like that. If you listen to it now, you you go. Oh, for well, I still sake, like it, yeah. but if I had listened to it for the first time now, I'd probably be like, nah. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I only like it. Because yes. of the nostalgia wank. Yes. Like, it's like, oh, I used to like this, so I still like this. Yeah. yeah. So I know it's so, it's like, it's comfortable. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, like, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't be caught dead wearing it out in public. <laughs> you know, but I wear it around the yeah, house. Yeah. So I wouldn't dance at like, a wedding. Yeah, yeah. That music is like track pants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no. So what about then, um, like, his well-read youth? Like I said, he, he was in college. He yeah. studied art and psychology. He's like, I mean, obviously he got a few tips and tricks there. Yeah. Very well-read young fella. So I'd yeah. say autodidact as well. Yeah. He got access to that psychology library and he went, you know what? I'm going to focus in here and just, yeah, Johnny Five is alive Absolutely. and just horse it into him. Yeah. When he moved to UCLA, UCLA he became a film student. Do you yeah. think that he could have, if he was nurtured or if maybe he was like 10 years further on, that he could have ended up being a, a, a film director to try and get those those messages across and maybe the doors wouldn't have needed to have been created. I mean, I suppose, I've never thought about that. I suppose anything's possible. If he had a struck gold with film, I mean. The bit that, the bit that, the bit that always occurs to me is the story, uh, is what he says to Manzrick and Manzrick says, hey, what have you been doing? He goes, oh, I've been just living up on your man's roof, roof. I've just been hearing music for this concert in my head. And he goes, really? Sing me one of them. And he sings a Moonlight Drive. Yeah. I'm like, that's uncanny. Like, that's fucking... Like the guy had no frame of reference for that. I can't get over that. That's that's like an that's an artistic intellectual leap that is happening entirely in his own head without input, without without, in, without any reference. Yeah, man. And I'm like, that's not average. Like yeah. that's not every not everybody who knows nothing about music can just go and go. I I, I think I've got twenty two ideas for songs, and they happen yeah. to be the songs minus Krieger's input for the first two Doors albums. Like that's. That's not nothing, man. That's mm. something else. Yeah. That's, again, again, like, like Prince. Prince had that. He would have yeah, whole like albums. Prince. Yeah, he'd have yeah, right. So we're now comparing so prolific, Morrison. But he was. He had, I don't need a Krieger. I've got it all. Yeah, I can play exactly. it all. Exactly. Which yeah. is when I'm live, I can't play everything. So. Exactly. That's it. 26 <laughs> instruments that man I'm investing in gene splicing though. I'm going to have Octo Prince. <laughs> Octo Prince. He can play 26 instruments. Yeah, yeah. So like grade six level and then top, yeah. top grades for like piano, guitar, yeah. mm, mm, mm. all other stuff. Like that's kind of Mozart level shit. Like, oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like we're talking we're talking an unprecedented musical genius like and this, just, this, and this th- coming out of him when he was about 17 and yeah. stuff like that yeah. like I love the story about him like he went into his mum's I, I don't know whether it's true or not but maybe it's not but like he wanted to learn how to play the guitar as good as Jimi Hendrix and so he spent a year doing nothing but playing guitar for 10 hours a day and at the end of it he could. That's it. I want to say when he was a baby he went into his ma and he was and he went over and his ma went like, do you want some milk, honey? And he was able to get a tune out of her left hip. That's what I thought you were going to say. He just blew into it and was like... He really could play at in that, like. You know what I mean? Put, put his, hand, Actually, over, put his now, hand over his man's fan. Like, I would give anything to see footage of Prince playing the trombone because I, I, I bet you that wasn't one of his 26 instruments. I doubt it. I can imagine the little dude trying to pick Because yeah. it would be like or great, bigger than him. A big tuba. <laughs> you know Prince rapping? Bomb. Bomb. I can't play the high notes on the tuba and my arms are not long enough. <laughs> that would be hilarious. But that's Prince, it, man. Yeah, Prince yeah. playing, yeah, yeah. What the about tuba. then, what about then, would music, like, the answer I'm looking for there is, like, get off the fence, like, would Jim have been successful in anything else other than music? Like, he was in film, he was in all that stuff. Would he have been, I'm if he s- didn't do music, would he still have found I'm going to say no. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you why no. I'm going to say no because 
his initial forays into film were nowhere near as on point as his initial forays into music. There was something like, like, yeah. it just came Shite together. With it. Exactly. His, yeah. his movies are shit. Like they're shit. And even yeah. Highway or HWY, like an American pastoral and stuff like this. It's like. It's arty muck. It's arty muck. Exactly. It's arty muck. And whereas, whereas he could hide arty muck in the music and the music was still accessible to people. And he could be like, because they were very seriously heavily avant-garde. I tell you, have you ever listened to The Doors music a cappella? No. It's not great. What do you mean a cappella? Just, just Jim singing. Just Jim singing. Just Jim singing. Yeah. It's like... Jesus, it's like bad karaoke in a bar in Lanzarote but or something. Again, like, like, well, like we said earlier, that's like you know, one BG shit, two yeah. BG okay, three BG magic. Yeah, yeah. He needed the the, the that whole yeah. the whole soup. So if he was singing around the place, people would never be like, hey, Jamie, you're a great singer. He was just really lucky to find him other three motherfuckers. He was really lucky to find Mansrick and Mansrick said, because they said. That's the romance of the whole movie is when they meet and it's like, okay, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they were musicians looking for a singer and, you know, I think that's the magic of it. Did you see that? uh, The meat cute, you know, the... Exactly. mm, mm. Did you see that there's a lovely interview with Manzarek Manzarek from, um, I think it's like from when the the album is, when the movie comes out in 91 and stuff and he's gone like, I hate the movie, like Jim Morrison's really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, what do you think about it? Oh, he's dead. Like, he's dead. And he said, uh, well, what would you say to him? And stuff like this? I'd say, I I love you, man. I love you. Mm. And it's kind of, that's just, you can see, man, Ray Manzarek loved Jim Morrison. Like, yes. loved him. Yes. His He's, page and plant job. Like. He, he was kind of like in awe of this guy. He's like, okay, I'm just going to build some shit so that we're going to make you fucking famous because he, he had the ideas. And like something in Manzarek, when he heard the lyrics, went, that's it. That's the thing. Mm. Like that's because mm. Morrison was nothing. Morrison was just up on your man's fucking roof taking acid. But Manzarek heard it and went, that's it. That's the thing. The only reason That's why the I think thing. he loves Jim Morrison just as much is because when everyone else was in the crowd looking at Jim, yeah, Ray was on the stage looking at those people looking at Jim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. didn't get to look at Jim ever. Yes, yeah. He just got to look at the back. Yeah, but he got to see the faces. He got to see the awe. And yeah. same, same yeah, as yeah, dance as well as, as screaming, knicker wetting. Uh, yeah. but, but the actual those. But they knew it wasn't they for just, for yeah. them. Yeah. They knew it was for Jim. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they got to bask in that reflected yeah. light. Like, like I love the story. I love Manzarek's and, and Densmore's stories about that night when he, he does the Oedipal section in the end. And they all, they're all also the same thing. It's like, everything goes real quiet in the whiskey. And he's like, you know, the killer awoke before dawn. Put his he boots put on. on. <laughs> and, he, and he goes, yeah. and he said, you could hear a fucking pin drop now we've all been at those gigs we've all been at those yeah. transcendent gigs mm-hmm. like it's we've been at loads of gigs and they're just good gigs yeah yeah but you've been to magic gigs like a proper i'll remember it for the rest of my life like yeah. it's like something extra was there it wasn't just yeah, 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 yeah. the thing and you hear that story and you kind of go that was one of those nights like that's how those nights play out just this like we're all witnessing something important mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's profound it's yeah it's yeah it's yeah I'd love that. Would be one, one of so those. So your off defense is that he he wouldn't have been successful. No, I don't think he music. wouldn't have been successful as a music, as a as a filmmaker. Okay. Definitely not. So then let's go to the night he died. Then yeah, are we going with something nice and easy like he died of alcohol? Nope. <laughs> he definitely had heroin. Or <laughs> he definitely just a bit or of heroin. He faked his death. I, I off defense on what right, you think I, happened. I think he died of a heroin overdose. I think that's him buried in Perlachez. Yeah. 
I wish it wasn't. I wish it wasn't. I'd love the idea that he was still alive and that that he'll be some crazy bastard. And some at some point, what'll happen is some obscure person will die that no one even notices and then all of a sudden the media will be filled with stories because there'll be books and like his journals and like it was me all the time and here's here's photographs of me leaving paris here's photographs of me building my house and it'll be this entire thing it's like i pranked the entire world for Mm. 50 fucking years i would love for that to be true of course that would be just if it was true it would never be allowed out into the public Oh, the, not in that haphazard way. Uh, that yeah, I think yeah. it'd be it'd be like, so a, like a website would like suddenly a heroin, appear and just be like, everywhere. <laughs> like a heroin addled Pamela Corson gathering up all his poetry oh, yeah, and sending it to McClure that. in a yeah. fucking in a bin bag. You're like, <laughs> that is the grimmest thing. Oh, it's like awful. like those things were were golden gems Absolutely. of of Jim Morrison memorabilia. Yeah, smashed into a bag and given to McClure to try and pedal into a book. Yeah. And you're like, oh, Pam. Yeah. She could just get a few quid out of it because she... But she was getting fucked by the other lads in the doors. Like, they were a bit unfair to her. But at the same time, she was kind of... She wasn't Mrs. Morrison officially, so she could be... Like, it's so... It's also, you know... So get off the fence now about Pamela Corson. Like, was she a succubus or was she... No. The unfortunate... The unfortunate uh, uh, shadow inhabitant I think she sucked the the wrong boss. The reflected light... (laughs) Yeah, and I, th- I think she, I think the latter. I don't think she was. I don't think was she was a victim malice. of Jim Morrison's success. Yeah, I think too. she was a damaged kid who was trying to run away from home and just saw this fucking dude, and he was like, oh, "I'll have a bit of that." Got daddy issues, and daddy turned out to be the devil. And you know, by mistake, I'm just, just lucky burnt, I didn't get picked up by bits. Manson. I got yeah, picked absolute, up by Morrison. Absolute. There you go. Exactly. Like she could have been just as easily that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say. Do you I think so? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It's good stuff. And you don't think William William James Lawyer, Billy Lawyer, is, uh, is it could be Jim Morrison? No, Have you seen unfortunately, the I, and I want to be, I want to believe, but I'm like, no, I just, I don't, I don't, it hasn't, put it this way, it hasn't convinced me. So I'm very, con- I'm more persuaded by the um, heroin overdose in the toilet. I believe that that toilet story rather than the, the Marianne Faithful. Paris nightclub. Yeah, I believe, okay. I be- that one's, that one, as you said, Emmett, like it, it feels like that's what people would do if that happened. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It makes sense. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. sense. And I, so, think, I think Marianne Faithful rewrote it in a way that makes her not part of it. Yeah, but she could very well have been in the apartment. But she pretty, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it could have happened in a nightclub, but she just doesn't want to say it because she doesn't want to get iced by some. Exactly, exactly. Mm, yeah. Old ass drug dealers. Yeah. So, Emma, off the fence for you, sir. The lizard prince. Yes. Was that was that a, a genuine reaction to abuse as a child, or was that a, a, a very intelligent man who is eccentric using a narrative device to be able to create an alter ego that has a powerful uh, centrifugal force of his character to be mad? Yeah, the was it genuine, or was it a, a manufactured character? It was a manufactured character. You think? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but he's smart. I mean, he was Rob smart. is going. He, he thinks it's it's a it's a a, a symbiote. A, I would say it's a, a symbiote. product of it's a, a bit of each. Yeah. A bit of each. I would absolutely agree with that. The, yeah, the, the abuse was there, and it, it, it affected him greatly. And he could actually go and get lost in this character, you yes. know. And he and he built it up. And I, I absolutely believe that the uh, 
the, the dead Indians on the road thing stayed with him. Think about yeah. that as, you're, as a child. If you saw that as a child, you're, never, you're not going to forget that. I mean, I remember the first time I saw a dead freaking chick, uh, you know. As dead chick at the end of your bed and you're like, oh, man. No, I no. Up this a, dead, a dead chick in a nest on my, not way, again. Uh, on my, way, on my way to school one day. And it was the first it's time like I... boogie nights. Get the shit, this <laughs> bitch out of here. I, just, I think it was the first time I probably saw something just like small, tiny and dead. And it stuck with me. I still have that memory, right? Yeah. So, But this is four dead Indians on the road. Like, These so. are people. So yeah. I think that stuck One with little, him. two little, three little Indians. I, I think that stuck with him. And uh, yeah, he, so he's in Jesus. school. He's uh, hyper intelligent. He gets bored. He's acting out. And, Probably uh, has some like OCD or ADHD. Yes, or some yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or, or it's 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 not being nurtured really, yes. like as it was in, uh, uh, in in college when they when they uh, he was uh, allowed into the. Um, Dean's list, the Dean's list, sorry. Yeah. That didn't happen in his high school. Well, I mean, it's, you know, it's fucking yeah, Florida exactly. and then Albuquerque. He wasn't in a high school long enough yes, to be properly, yeah. properly recognized. So he's like, you're not listening to me and I'm, I'm not being, and he didn't even know it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this is all very confusing for him. And then as he gets older, he starts acting out. And then uh, I think that violent outburst with Tandy was a direct result of his father's... Uh, abuse physical behavior, abuse yeah. of him. Yeah. And and the fact that his, uh, his mother didn't do... Anything about it? She didn't seem to do much about it. It gave him a, it gave him a kind of a distrust for women. I think. Yeah, yeah, perhaps, yeah. So uh, mixed with all that, then yeah, he could very easily then go on to create this uh, character that he can go get lost in. It's a part he can play and go out there on stage every night and just be a good actor, as somebody well, said he would be. So getting lost. So I'm I'm always interested in this, the kind of the calling it like a part and stuff for this, as if there's a piece of him that he's holding back, as opposed to this is like a part of his psyche that's just extruded itself and he's possessed by it for once for better word. Yeah. Like there's not a bit of him going, and now I'll do this as Jim Morrison and now I'll do that as Jim Morrison. Well, just that, talk, Rob. It, like if you have a trauma and you're d- behaving badly to try and medicate, yeah. self-medicate for that trauma, then when your conscience catches up with that behavior, you go, oh yeah, well I'm traumatized so I'm allowed to do it. Mm. So it's like, it's that's it's that. Yeah. But it's not planned supportive, beforehand. Self destructive self talk. It's an instinct in the moment. Yeah, it's of an course. instinct in the moment. As soon yeah. as you, yeah. everyone knows it as a performer. You, you, there's a part of your brain that goes, goes off. It turns yeah. off, and yeah. now this part takes over. Yeah, and you just run with it. Yeah, I can't do this up. shit in, in in normal life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, that exactly. shit, no way. And and there is no moment of going. Okay, hang yeah. on a second. <laughs> and <laughs> stage gym. Yeah. <laughs> Showtime, as Jack Lemon used to say before uh, every take. Uh, 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 no, he would just drift into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that character then would, would, would you know, probably uh, he, in interviews and yeah. the whole rock and roll life and all that. I think every part of that was 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 him yeah. re- retreating just, into that character. And it also must have been. But I mean, he's retreating into the character whilst boozing and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the booze is probably inflaming that character. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. One one informed the other. Yeah. So then about his dad, like. Was his dad purposefully creating Jim as a CIA operative, a mind control thing? Was that part of that? Was he an MK Ultra? Like uh, the strange scenes inside the canyon, is that a genuine narrative? Is that something that you think could be believed? And, w- w- you know, was Jim really that way or was it a natural rebellion against his very powerful and autocratic father? I think on a microcosmic level, his father was well aware of, uh, you know, I could, I can control this errant boy yeah by shouting at him and i can i can you know but was it like the father's plan 
to get Jim to control the nation of children. No, I, I, I think he just wanted to control his kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, 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 he couldn't rebelled. see that. He couldn't see that coming in the kid. There's no way that that army dude could see. Ooh, the artist in him. He could go on to be a, a rock yeah. god. He'd be like, "Oh fuck that! I don't want that for him at all." Uh, so uh, you know, and the other two kids are all right. So what's wrong with this one? And, and, and try to uh, mold him that way. What, mean, what, what mean, about Jim's then? Uh, and like mind physical, control techniques, like the way Jim was able to manipulate a crowd. Do you think he was doing it on purpose as an experiment, or was it just a byproduct of his per- performance persona? A byproduct. Was he going, I'm going to make them all take off their clothes tonight? Yeah, because yeah. I can do that. Yeah. I'm super smart, and I'm, I'm hypnotic in my, with my words and my body and my... Uh, there was a story from late in his college days, and he's, like, he's with one of his mates, and it's something like, you know, he wanted to set off the fire alarm and cause a riot. They were, they were at a thing, and, yeah. like, and everyone was like, yeah, let's do it. And then he went to start doing it, and they were like, oh, no, we're only fucking messing, man. We're only fucking messing. He was like, no, so I said, Exactly, I, and that's it. And that kind of, like, Dying, okay. Yeah. So, so I think that it gave him the platform to like, let's see what we can do with this. Crowd. Yeah, let's, let's see. Let's see. What we... psychology is so interesting, though. Yeah. You know? Let's create a religion and was yeah. it something about a murder, a plan a murder and create a religion or something like that? Oh, okay. do you know that quote he says? It's there is some there is yes I, I can't remember let's plan a murder and create a religion it was almost like can we do that can yeah. we actually do that do you think we could pull that well, off I mean, yeah. he saw what Manson did in sixty nine yeah, like, yeah yeah he's like yeah that, and that's two years before, that's what am I talking about of course that's that's, that's an, an obvious yeah. uh, nod to Manson yeah uh, yeah, yeah but um, no the old the old man oh yeah, absolutely one hundred percent rebellion against his his father he hated right. him he hated him he hated yeah him. and his mother too was like fuck you and literally said that to her one he, night because yeah. she didn't fucking do much about it and yeah. he, he come in front of a lot of people yeah, ironically, yeah. The, because he used the to ter- get the terrorized uh, you know re-embarrassment of his parents or yeah. absolutely you did it to me now I'm doing it to now you now I'm doing it to you now fuck off and I want to see you see again see how I you mean, feel my god and every how, night how, I'm going to fucking how sing this song how pissed off would you have to be to just say look yeah, I never want to yeah. see you again even though I'm this massive you know mega rock star I don't, mm. don't ever want to talk about it again Yeah, give me a drink it would have been really traumatic. Unbelievably so. To dis- disown your parents. like Disown, disown your mother. Yeah. Whatever about your dad. There's, there's, there's you know, the eatable sort of thing. You can go, yeah, you know what? Yeah. But you owe me mum. Yeah. Yeah, your mama. So then what about um, him being a filmmaker? Do you think from our from our t- tither and hither from, from Rob, the question has been distilled into, do you think, get off the fence, do you think, he would have been successful at anything other than music. Yes, as an author, as a poet, as a wordsmith. But not as successful as a musician. No. But a very successful... Enough for him? Um, Did he not need that ooh, yeah. unilateral I'm thinking, global adulation? Um, um, what's his name? Howl at the Moon guy. Oh, what's, what's that? Ginsburg, it'd be oh, on yeah. a level of Ginsburg mm. because I don't, I don't know. As a poet, you can really like, you know, especially around that time, sixties, yeah. seventies. Could you go any higher than that and be some sort of rock star poet? I think that's it. You would plateau yeah. as a, as a, as a uh, uh, cultural icon uh, of poetry. Yeah. yeah, like I mean, he wasn't going to be a Kerouac it's, it's or he wasn't going to poet, be a yeah. actor, rock star. And he, he, yeah, he, he no, 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 no. Per, perhaps or Hunter he, S. Thompson. Perhaps like, he would have. Yeah, he yeah, would have. He? Yeah, but like the, that's still not on a level of global. You know, fucking rock star. Everyday yeah. household name, number one in the charts. There's no fucking billboard but, but, for poetry. But in right? 2018, you know, Kerouac, Bukowski, we were still talking about them. Everybody has a copy of their books in their house, yeah. but I assume, you know, and you would have a Jim Morrison book of poetry. Yeah, similarly. Yeah. So then the night, the night he died... Uh, I think he would have been a, a successful poet. Yeah, right. actually, I'll, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Okay. The night he died then, mm. off the fence, was it... 
alcoholism. Was it A? Was it A, alcoholism? <laughs> B, heroin? Or C, he never died at all? Yes. Would you like to find a friend? It's what they probably should have done as soon as <laughs> yes, you... Yes, yes. Yeah, can't. Uh, right. I'll go 50-50. Half alcohol, half heroin. <laughs> yeah. We'll try I'm cutting down. Uh, I really bought into the the, the the heroin overdose. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and The evidence is there, man. The evidence is there. And, and the, also the evidence is there, but it's, it's happened before. Like with that Hendrix incident, look how murky yeah. that was with people going, oh, crap, and tidying up and not calling anybody yeah. for ages. It happened to freaking Bruce Lee, for Christ's sake. Yeah. It happened to a bunch of people. Yeah. But they just went, this is all gone horribly wrong. Let's yeah. tidy up everything. Let's get ourselves sorted first before we call anybody. If he wasn't so famous, yeah. he would have survived. And this is Jim freaking Morrison, yeah. for Christ's sake. Absolutely, I Morrison's that. dead. I didn't touch him. I didn't say you touched him. Yeah, yeah. I didn't touch him. We didn't burn him. <laughs> you know. Uh, so it's it's very credible that he he died in, in, in that Paris nightclub, yeah. and they panicked yeah. and they tried to get him home and stick him in the back of a car, drive there, get him into the. It seems like a plan that a lot of heroin junkies would completely, come up with absolutely a bunch of skeevy fuckers all off their tits, especially like Jim Leahy that, and that guy. Just seems like a total of... shit. He's banging her, uh, yeah. his missus. The count. The count is banging yeah. in Pamela, a young, impressionable heroin addict, yeah. who probably was like, oh, I want a bit of heroin. Do you have any heroin? She's 24. Yeah. She's 24, yeah. And she's she's been hanging around with this dude for like three years now at this point. More, like he's, yeah. He's been in the, I mean, they go to New York and they meet oh, Andy Warhol. Oh, the count, yeah, for three years. Yes, yeah. yeah. so they meet Andy Six, Warhol in the 67. factory in like 67, September 67. So it's now 70, years, 71, yeah. yeah. I think that it's, it's very believable that all, all of that took place. And Pamela probably was even like, you know, aware of it. And But, you know, we're all fucked. If we if this comes out, we're Absolutely. all fucked. Like, I, mean, I, hate, I hate that this is how it is. Yeah. But, sorry. You can really hear the conversation. Like, the yeah. count is like, well, if he dies, I mean, you get half of everything, okay? Mm. Calm down, yeah. Pam. Yeah. yeah. It's done now. Go He's dead. Down. He's dead. It's, it's too late. We'll just move on. We'll, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we uh, come to it or something. Like that. But yeah, you could so. see like how she fell apart like a wet date. Oh, well, yeah. same, so same with him as well. You know like I can't mean? believe she didn't spill her guts about that, what actually happened in those times. And maybe she did. Mm. Maybe she landed in a Paul Rothschild's house and said it to him and he's like, I won't tell anybody. Yeah, I'm going to forget well, that if, she said um, that. What if uh, Jean de Boudoux, what if he is like, you know, underground, under the scene, people like, you fucking killed Jim Morrison, we know you did. Well, he died two months later. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So he's probably died like friendless and, and shunned. Yeah. Maybe he was like buying heroin and giving like shitly cut heroin so when he, he probably, took it himself to give him a bad dose because you're like, you fucking killed Jim Morrison. Yeah. Or, or some other people died because of oh, his you're heroin. you're a bit mouthy. I mean, like that whole thing, he liked to consider mm. himself the, yeah, uh, the top dog, the do- top to dog the stars. stars. So in order to do that, then that means you've got to go around telling people you're the top dog dealer to the stars. Are, are the stars happy that you're walking around telling people yeah, that you yeah, get yeah. some heroin? Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, well, I never told her that. that was There's a lot of people on the down low, man. That's a fucking cr- Like uh, the, the vitriol that was coming out about heroin in America. Like, exactly. That's the another thing. thing. Yeah. If you were on heroin, you were lost at low. You were scum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, do you Remember, like, the 60s, Ray Charles was going around the like he was getting heroin caught in the planes. They were planting yeah. it on him. Like it was, it was a big, it was a big deal, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You fucking junkie. Do you know? Really yeah. big deal. So, um, uh, so you don't think Billy Liar is could or possibly be Jim oh, Morrison? Oh, also, that 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 ridiculously shady burial. Had, oh yeah, Pierre uh, Perlis shares. I forgot not, that's not uh, informing uh, the the media the, 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 that long wait. 
everything just seemed really dodgy and then it was like by the time people came running up they were like come on he's gone it's like Basil Ford he's gone that's it no Jim dead basket ground sorry no you can't see him no, I'm afraid not. Pam doesn't see well, him. Well, you could see him, but the guy who comes to see him, it doesn't arrive on Tuesday, and his leg was broken, and so we've and just buried him. Did Pamela see the body, Polly? Yes. Uh, hello, Mr. Forty. Uh, uh, and so, the singer's uh, name was? Yeah. Uh, Mr. Uh, <laughs> uh, I had the wooden blocks for the coffin. <laughs> no, he no here. He in ground. He's he more than blocked for going the box, Mister Faulty. He go toilet and uh, he die. He in ground. He take heroin. Fuck up, Rambo. I don't know why that turned into an yeah. episode of Faulty Towers. That would be the greatest episode. <laughs> Faulty Sketch Faulty of Faulty Towers. Towers. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison. We get the Jimmies. Absolutely no. With, with uh, the O'Reilly men. I Did you do, watch that? I that, that, was a, that was a parody of a uh, uh, an episode of classic uh, British uh, sitcom Faulty Towers listeners. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in case from, you're going, what the hell is that guy talking about? From the guys all, from... All, uh, all, uh, all of that was dodgy. The wrong name and yeah, the, the quick yeah. burial and the, the rules of the uh, cemetery. It's like all... all like as strange as like the death of Graham Parsons, like he died at twenty six. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and his mate robbed his dead body and drove across the country with him. Uh, <laughs> upon a Graham, apparently Graham Parsons' uh, request. Yeah, that was part of the deal. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to like, take me out to the desert and burn me. But that's the thing. Like, it's, it's, it's. Those guys had these notions, you know. Yeah. And at the time, the law wasn't as enforceable as it is now. So they could just go, "Yeah, let's fucking do some mad yeah. shit." Like, he went to Paris with purpose. Mm. There's a reason they're in Paris. Be it the heroin or be it the. Very... What was the extradition like between uh, France and, and America at the time? Because that was like one one of the obvious reasons was get the fuck out of America yeah. in ca- before they issue I'm an sure, arrest I'm warrant. I'm sure he jumped bail. Like I'm sure that he wasn't allowed yeah. in his bail agreement to I would have in thought Paris. So. You know, I would he, have thought yeah, so. yeah. And also, it's only sixty days though. Like it's not really a whole. But I was like, oh, get the fuck away. Yeah, but from the they, can, they like, can make your life very uncomfortable for course, sixty days. And he was looking at three years if the appeal failed. Yes. Yeah. And three years is, is a bit mad. Ooh. You don't think that Billy Lawyer then could be could be Jim Morrison in any way, shape, or form? <laughs> no, I think it's just one of those uh, lucky likeies. Yeah, lucky likeies. And tonight, ooh, Matthew, we we could all make out on this. And the fact that Jim, Billy Jim Lawyer, told him in a fit of drunkenness one night. Now, what year did that take place? Uh, uh, early to mid nineties. So early to mid nineties. Right, time the movie came out. So Jim is still pounding the booze pretty hard after all, all those uh, physical ailments he had yeah. in the seventies. Fuck me! But, yeah. but think about it. Like the twenty years. He's twenty seven, nineteen seventy one. Yeah. Nineteen ninety one. He's forty seven. So he's about fifty. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's not. He's obviously any kind of Jim Morrison would be brown bread right now because he's in his <laughs> mid to late seventies. Yeah. 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 Maybe seventy. But all I those think. ailments you listed, uh, uh, you know, towards the end that he had. Yeah. Well, they were, you they keep were pushing that for another they like are, they were potential, years. Yeah. They're potential uh, uh, symptoms of alcoholism. They weren't the symptoms that Jim Morrison had. Mm. Yeah. But the amount of drink he was putting into him should have resulted, should have in, resulted in, in symptoms like so, that. Like they were in the post. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Gordon, for you, off the fence, here we go. So uh, the young lizard prince... Uh, do you think his, his young life uh, what did that do to him did it transform him into uh... I mean does anybody remember your youngest young life like I remember as a very young child and I said this on the show before uh, getting caught by my grandmother pushing my 
like pulling apart my arse cheeks and pushing my anus onto a very cold window. It's <laughs> real. And that traumatized me for a really long time. I don't care about it now. I'm able to tell a whole crowd of people yeah. and try and get a laugh. Like that's that's a that's yeah. a funny, weird story. <laughs> but for a long time, I was very, very brutally embarrassed about that. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And what did that? You know, and kind of, and what subconscious patterns did that lay down? That that now are just like these are the tracks that my personality runs along. I I haven't <laughs> put my bare arsehole into any windows since that day. So, I'm I mean, so glad to hear that. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it leaves kind of a weird, like, kiss mark. <laughs> it does. It does. Huge kiss. Yeah. Big Huge white kiss. White kiss. Yeah. But, like, uh, 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 that's one thing I remember. Um, Some other stuff I remember, I'm not going to say on the show, but, like, it's, it, you know, I remember some stuff. Yeah. Some of it, like partially traumatic. I, I rarely think me, about it on a day to day basis, and I had to go digging deep. Like me like, too. And if it makes you, if it makes you make a little fist, or it makes you go, or it makes you really force another thought into your head, then yeah, that was that was that was trauma. I have a, I have a couple of those, of course. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I don't think it would affect my day to day living. Yeah. Um. I think most of my formative trauma was done in my mid to late teens. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Have you seen? I mean, so if you, if you take it and compare it to to Morrison, so. The story being four or five dead and dying Indians after a road accident and stuff yeah. like that on the ground. Have you witnessed anything as as horrifying as that? I, I mean, I haven't. I, I haven't. Mean, I've seen me, one traffic accident. Me and three of my friends. And it wasn't particularly grisly in that respect. Mm, mm, mm. Me and three of my friends one summer, we heard that there was this kid in town. He was missing. And we walked along the train tracks to go and try and see if we could find his body. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we ended up buying them. And then there was this like real cool kid who lived around the town. Yeah, yeah. And he was all like, we want his body because we want to take Oh, and that's, the this- day, that's the day. I couldn't make it that day because I had to go and meet uh, the Doc Brown in that's, the Twin Pines Mall. That's the right. thing. He wanted to I show remember me that. that. I remember that. And then you disappeared for ages. And yeah. then you were like into cowboy well, stuff I, for a while. I want to tell you, I experienced something <laughs> traumatic there involving my mother. Like, I don't want to talk about it. Damn it. <laughs> Something's got to be done about your kids. <laughs> and you're like, wait a minute. Like, yeah, you owe thousands in child support. Yeah. Your name's Emmett. My name's Emmett. That's weird. You're named after my father. <laughs> it's, it's I am th- your father. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, you could think about loads of traumatic stuff, but none of it would really inform you as much as, like, some some dead Indians. But at the same time, but you could do, yeah. if you grew up on a farm, you're, it's dead yeah. animals all around you. There's all death the and yeah. disease and all this stuff. Like, I don't think seeing four dead bodies so would have th- that much of a traumatic effect on you. What I think happened is mm. his dad was a fucking brutal cunt. Yeah. Who gave him verbal dressing downs, who never supported his artistic yeah. uh, uh, endeavors. Yeah. From a very young age, he was never supported in the things that he felt were his essence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in doing that, a child's spirit could have been crushed. Yeah. But it overcame those, you know, uh, uh, hurdles and those forces against its well-being, as well as then getting bet and allegedly sexually molested by his dad. Yeah. Probably would put like a fairly bad bent on it. So instead of writing songs about... Daddy fucked me up the ass. I'm a backdoor man. Like it's not gonna. That's dun, not. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun. Father, yeah. yes, son. You are. You want to fuck me? <laughs> oh shit, that's not the lyrics. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be as a romantic of a yeah. situation if it's like, you know, I want to be a shaman and you know, big chief Mojo oh, please, rising. Daddy, don't do my hole ripping. Yeah, like it's not. <laughs> Do you we'll know? Break on through to the other side. Yeah. Hey, this is a new song from us, The Doors. It's called Episiotomy. 
Daddy makes me dress up in clothes before he has his way with me. He calls me his LA woman. Yeah, it's not. It's <laughs> not a thing. Too. I don't <laughs> like it. I don't either. <laughs> it's not a thing that you want to that you want to romanticize. No. If that like my my dash out abused me, bet me with a fucking baseball bat, and he, and he sexually assaulted me. Like if that happened, use that trauma, but mm. dress it up in something a bit more romantic, like you know, uh, uh, Indians on. What's the what's the lyric? Indian Indian scattered Don, Don, and Dawn's highway Don, bleeding. Indian Ghost scattered slowly. and Dawn's highway bleeding. You know, mm. like that. That's a much more romantic and poetic yeah. image mm. that can give then a story that informs. Like people think, yeah, yeah. it says it in 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 interviews. You know, yeah, yeah. my parents are dead. I'm an orphan. It's a very very. And I'm smart. embodied by the spirit of, yeah. of 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 a chief. You know, and this whole t- thing, go, this motif yeah. goes through his whole life, and he retells that lie again, yeah. again, again, until he believes it, and then those spirits are inside him. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. so to create, so to I absolutely think it's an entire myth. Yeah, yeah, but a very yeah. genius one, like you know, it's, to, it's trauma wrapped up in something yeah. romantic and yeah. easy yeah. to say. Like. A trauma, a traumatic event that can be used by a very, very, very smart man yeah. to, uh, yeah. But I think, I think to, get like, to answer the second dad. question. Like the da mm. was a fucking horrible yeah, cunt. Yeah, yeah. And, Jim, and it happens a lot with people Jim rebel who are, against him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Of course, what are you going to do, life. little man? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Yeah. I'm going to show you what I'm going to do, oh. Dad. I'm going to show you. you when wait, he's shouting that, you when he's shouting that at that Florida gig, what are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I was listening to that yesterday. Yeah. And the real recording of that gig, when he's like, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. Pushing your face down into this shit. Jesus Christ. Like, that is a man that's reliving a trauma. Mm-hmm. And he's been, you know, he's bananas. So, like, the truth was just spilling out of him. <laughs> Vulnerability and truth uh, are simultaneously the thing that nobody wants to feel, but they absolutely want to see it in others because it makes them feel closer to those people. Yeah. Like, if you want someone to be in love with you or you want to be in love with somebody else, you have to make yourself vulnerable. Maybe not, like, d- dangerously vulnerable, but at least... Mm. Be, let's, let's just call it let's just call yeah, letting them in let like. yeah. somebody in and he was letting those people in to exactly what was going on and they fucking loved him for it mm. because they were like we feel that way too yeah yeah and screaming what are you going to do about it like you're like that's why it's oh, that it's like being next door and your man and dad are fighting in the next room or something like that or, yeah. and you're like oh my god I can't do anything about it like I can't help him that's fucking 50 years in the past yeah but you just want to reach out and be like, fuck Jim, man, Oh, I never, okay. I never like, thought about that. I never thought yeah. that that whole speech at Miami was actually him talking to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. exactly that actually, what I not, feel. He's not like, saying it's the crowd. No, so no, when no. he's saying, what are you going to do about it? He's, he's talking he's to quoting, Jim. He's, quoting, he's talking to he's himself. He's quoting his father. He's, he's saying, he's to saying himself, the things that his he's, father yeah, has so Jim Morrison is saying to Jim Morrison, what are you going to do about it? Perhaps, yeah, but he's definitely, that sounds to me like that's what his dad used to say. Yeah, absolutely. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? But now, yeah, but he could actually be saying, so now what are you going to do about it, Jim? And Jim is like, I'll fucking show you what I'm going to do about it. Because there is the whole thing that he went to see that that theatre group the night, the the weeks before Miami and stuff, the naked theatre group who were this expressive thing and and he, he enjoyed f- the idea of it he enjoyed and he, f- he felt somehow that like he was doing this superficial trivial yeah. pop nonsense and he wanted to be he wanted to be taken seriously yeah. and it, this this goes but he also up. want to push extremes yeah and that seemed to be extreme yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I think I think that his dad was definitely much more formative than Indians lying on Don's highway bleeding. Yeah, and I got you're right. I I, um, I, 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 it's more romantic to sell it that way. I think that would have so. been that would have been rather depressing to sell the other one. You know? Oh man, who wants to fucking? I'm a product of a beaten home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, but, who but, isn't? Get away! But, <laughs> it's the fifties, goddamn it. But the imagery, sex. the imagery though that he makes from all of that stuff, I do think maybe that like 
it definitely was romanticized, but the, the trauma that he got from his dad and the fact that his dad was so high up in the military, mm. like I'd say the guilt and embarrassment on Jim Morrison who wanted to be nothing to do with that thing oh, and God, knowing yeah. that his dad did that, he, it was very easy for him to disavow his parents and go, you know what? You are not my people. Yeah. I was a sperm and an egg and that was it and you never gave me anything else. Fuck you yeah. and the horse you rode in on. I'm out here. Yeah. Like it if it turned out that Johnny yeah. Rotten's dad was like the Minister of Defence or something like that, yeah, like, you know, imagine. in Thatcher's government. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine. <laughs> Just yeah. like, that doesn't go with the narrative. Yeah. It's fucking bullshit, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to act, like, yeah. I don't think he was used, and some people say, like, the, the Laurel Canyon stuff, the MK Ultra and the mind control over the masses, I don't think he was used as that. I think he was a fucked up drunk dude who's super intelligent and the drink, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm as amazing as Jim Morrison, but when you're bored and life is not giving you what you need to fulfill your potential or what you deem as your potential and you're trying everything you can, you're trying your best, but you're just not in maybe the geographical location or the psychological mindset, the, the place of monetary freedom or even like a place of self-confidence and self-esteem to feel that when you create something that people are going to appreciate it. Mm. Alcohol really helps to make those those dying dreams not scream so loud as they die. Do you know? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can you can silence that stuff mm. by silence it and then go to sleep. Rip replacing replacing those thoughts with trivialities like fucking get some pussy or you know trying to yeah trying to finish it trying to finish a computer game to the end and get 100 percent, and then finally you know you get 100 percent on red dead redemption and you finally have some kind of sense of achievement for the time that you've put into something when you're breaking your balls just pouring an endless uh, a jug of dirty water of your effort onto a fire that will never go out mm. like just fucking ha everything you have you're pouring out into it and you're not getting any result the fire is never going to go out and you don't have a bigger jug like you've no tools to be able to combat this mm. this thing like so what what did you, you just fucking empty out the water the jug fill up with whiskey and drink that motherfucker yeah because then you just don't care if shit's on fire you're like yeah. Grant, at least i'm warm mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah yeah like that's as easy as i can explain it like because I, I felt that shit like you're trying and trying and trying not you're doing this work and then you're like if only if only if only and you live in a world of if only and then eventually like you don't want to you don't want to keep going so you just like you just make it easier and I can see him being in a situation like where he started drinking long before he got famous oh yeah absolutely and then the fame get, put the money in his paw to mm. be able to buy all the drink and yeah. all the coke and all the fucking transport and you know when he gets fucking banned out of this bar he goes to the next bar and then everybody loves him and then he doesn't the irony is like when you're not rich and you're not successful you never have to put your hand in your pocket for a drink ever anyway that's yeah. true yeah and there's so much chatter going on that's it's, it's but silent. then everyone's watching it and then you have a whole new set of problems yeah 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 and then so if you're falling around the place there's no one you're like look at that mad con falling around the place but then when you're famous like look at jim morrison falling around the place cool yeah. a lot of people cool. think let's yeah. do that too yeah and then he's like you're not doing it for the same reasons yeah. like it's all those fucking levels man like that's about as as like that's me maybe like 10 years ago mm. like trying really hard as hard as i thought i needed to try but then not trying fully hard because like if i tried fully hard and i failed that's almost even worse oh yeah so like success i'd say was was like a tonic and a poison for somebody like Jim Morrison because he's like 
I like I like the stories about the fact that the, the crowd stopped showing up for the art and started showing up for the pantomime and that, mm-hmm. that he knew this and this is what drove him mad. This is yeah. what caused the Miami Same thing. as Kurt Cobain. Uh, yeah. Kurt Cobain thought the very same thing. He was like, they don't want me for my songs. They just want me to, to come and jump around and get violent and get fucked up and exactly. they're commercializing my music and that's not what I wanted. I wanted to make music to you know to have songs and I've had a shit life to have some integrity to try and exercise and communicate yeah. with people and, and they just and totally reduced it to a, a couple of sound bites figure. yeah an action figure and one song <laughs> yeah fucking smells like exactly capitalism or whatever and I like I know like we would have had like little and I'm sure you've had kind of bits about like you know kind of I, I know there was certain jokes that I basically after a while I went I just can't do this it's like it's it's like oh it's God, disgusting yeah. it's just I, yeah. I, I am disgusted with myself saying these words on stage even if they work I, I, had to, like, I, had to I stop. literally can't do it I had to stop I couldn't say those words anymore yeah. I knew they'd work and like I could say it. them for 10 matter. years it was, and eventually I get money for it yeah but that's the that, that's the thing that I had to come to terms with and I come to terms with it like at 28 yeah very soon after I stopped drinking because I started listening to those things and started fixing those things and stopped doing the things that were self-destructive that I thought I, I had put myself into a world where I had to do those things mm. and drink was making those things go, making the guilt of doing those things to get what I really wanted out there, which was fucking this show, mm. was what I really wanted to do. But no cunt is going to sit in a comedy club for five hours and listen to this. Yeah. This is what I wanted to do. Get yeah. the jokes in, tell a long story, tell all the details and yeah. have a conversation about it. But I didn't know about podcasting back then. Yeah. What I did do was try and condense all yes. of that information into like tweet-sized jokes yeah. that are also like really understandable and have to fit them into a seven-minute yeah. soundbite that's chock-a-block full of laughs Yeah, that I could get to perform and say it again and again and again. It just didn't work. Yeah. I tried it for yeah. six years. Yeah. It didn't work. And when I do an hour show, finally I got an hour show it seemed like too much because I had already been used to doing this other thing mm. to try and condense everything. It's like, okay, now I can expand and talk about it. But there could, like you've seen me do like a 40 minute or an hour yeah. show, like 20 minutes of that, there's no laughs. <laughs> like it's me talking, but it's building up to like a huge big thing at the end. Yeah. Is that as satisfying? Probably not if you're a comedy audience member. Yeah, yeah. But that was what I wanted to do. And I, like, like Jim... I know I'm comparing myself to fucking Jim Morrison, but like he wanted to be a poet. Yeah. But the only way he get people to hear his poetry is to be a musician. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to be a podcaster, but I didn't know about podcasting. So the only way I could get to talk to people without putting a guitar behind it is go and be a stand up comedian. And then halfway through, I got fed up because people weren't listening to it. And I was like, I'm going to turn these into songs because it's way easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had, I had one song called A Pedophile's Dream. <laughs> yeah. Because I was doing loads of stuff about like sex offenders and all in the comedy, and people were like, man, it's too dark. So I wrote a song called The Pedophile's Dream that's uh, about, it's sung from the point of view of an 11-year-old boy flipping the, the predator-prey relationship and he's singing a romantic, sexy song saying, come on, Father Murphy, give it to me, I want it. And people are all like, this is demented, yeah, it's but it's much. also like fucked yeah, up and funny. I, like, I remember like, that, yeah. Like, yeah. That was, I, had, I had people, like I had 150 people with lighters out and they were all singing the chorus and all singing I'm a pedophile's dream like <laughs> singing it with me and I'm going do you know what you're singing yeah. you fucking mad cunts like 
but but I could see the power of it. You know, yeah. he put music to something that's going to work. Like yeah, he, he yeah. was using that. Oh yeah, as a conduit to get his poetry out. Oh, absolutely, yeah. but feeling really shitty about it yeah. all the time yeah. and shutting that up with. Yeah. Especially if it, on nights like where he realised that they're just there to see the Jim Morrison show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like there's yeah. an interview. This character, it's not me. It's the character that that's I created. It. Yeah, it's that's, that's what they come to see. It's and like, it's like if he was wearing something these, on his head. But these words that are coming out of me are, are my soul. This is I'm bare, that's what yeah. I'm trying to bear yeah. to you. you know? And that's the hardest part. If you're if you're a public figure, like I'm trying to be my most authentic self here. I'm being vulnerable on the show. I'm telling these things, like, mm. and it's the thing that people love the most. Yeah. But it's the easiest thing to tear down. And if they get to it, yeah, it's right into my fucking heart because it's me. It's not a fucking effigy that I've made. Mm. I'm not wearing a mask. I haven't created this podcast gordo like you guys will know and you, you testify i'm the same in this room as i am on the fucking street yeah like. you can bet your patreon dollar people that yeah, man. Gordo, you're getting 100 completely 100 percent gordo but it, it seems so strange that, that that's that's the thing that you need to do to be successful and people go oh people want an authentic experience so they're able to craft a manufactured authentic experience yeah. to make it look like that's the person's life and then they live a totally different life or whatever because yeah. they know that's the thing that made and i didn't realize that until maybe like six months or a year ago mm. that that's the key to the show is like do you know being yeah. a real, real shit like yeah 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 as as or kelly would say real talking Real talking. He'd also say, Op, uh, "Open your mouth." I wanted to get in there as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you got any He's younger sisters? Up a young one. What about um, uh, what about when he was in the, in, in college? You, you, you were asking us. Do you think? Do you I think, think do you I think? answered that as well that during that little rant. Yeah. Um, I think he could, he could have been he like was a the published poet. poet. He, was the poet. Yeah, he could have yeah. been a published yeah. poet. I don't yeah. think he would have been taken t- like too seriously because mm-hmm. he's a bit of a pisshead. And you're talking about like your Bukowski's and all these guys. They were not household names. They're known amongst the art community. And if he was happy enough to do that, could yeah, I said cultural icon. I meant sort of cult icon. Like yeah, a, I think yeah. He, he's spilled into the mainstream. So he might have been a poet. Maybe a poet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Bill Higgs of poetry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I don't even think like was his poetry that good. I don't think it's critically. Acclaimed. But if you think that most of it, like the stuff that's in the books, yeah. is is this like? But if you take the lyrics from the songs and say like, actually, most of that was actually his poetry. Like all that's his poetry. As yes. Well. So if you're gonna, so like the lyrics of people are strange. There's some pretty fucking beautiful words yeah, in yeah. that. Mm-hmm. There's some beautiful words in in the end and stuff like that as well. But so, when it's made into a song, it's a lot more palatable. It's a lot better. And I think man. because me remember the song. I don't, I don't, I yeah. I don't fucking like poetry. I, exactly. I never liked it. You know I like I mean? all uh, my poetry uh, delivered in a musical format, please. Yes. That's, that's, that's a spoonful of music makes the, the poetry, poetry go down. The yeah. poetry go absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think then when when they took American Prayer and and they they yeah. put music to it, it made it go down an awful lot easier than yeah. if it was just an audio thing. And they knew that, and that's why they and they made a few more Bob. Yeah, I don't think he would have been a world famous, world changing like remember, he, he, poet. Yeah, I think yeah he was destined to be a musician. Charles, Charles. And like you said, you can't learn tone. And those four guys coming together like one BG, yeah. Okay, two BGs. Good, one, three BGs one, one BG shit, two BG. Okay, yeah. Is your magic? Like I yeah. think, I think that's the. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that was the magic formula. That just those totally. three guys at that time in life mm. were destined to just come together and make that music. And alone, not very proficient musicians. Mm. I'll say it again. Like mm. uh, Rayman Zerk, maybe possibly the most the most proficient of all of them. The other two boys sound sloppy as fuck, and I play music, so I know. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to be really, really good to be that sloppy and still stay together yeah. as a, as a mu- music group. So I mean, I know they are very accomplished, but they don't sound. It's not that complicated stuff. And when you're playing the guitar and you're able to play all the door songs, then you're like, eh. 
Do you know? Totally like when, I was, when I was 16, I could play every single Oasis song and the solos and all that stuff. And I just went, yeah, d- this band is too shit for me to like anymore. <laughs> if I can do it, then they're not. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, um, I, don't, I don't think he would have been anything other than a musician. Hmm. Okay, so moving on to the night he died. Yeah. So I would like to think. <laughs> is it heart attack? Yeah. Is it alcohol poisoning? Is it alcoholism? Or is it, or is it heroin? If it is. I do think that William James Lawyer has some questions to answer and that whole thing with, with his agent and that, like that whole claim yeah, seems to be the one that rises above all others online. And this is the remit of the show is yeah. to search through the online stuff and find the bullshit. It seems that he is the dude. I've looked at so many pictures, so many videos. They're taking pictures of him from the late 90s and early 2000s that his agent released. Fucking spitting image of man. You're leaning towards that, really? In reality? That Jim faked it all. In reality? I I, I, I think in my heart, I think he, he died of a heroin overdose. Yeah. Because he was trying to reconnect with Pam after a long prolonged derangement of the senses. Mm-hmm. He was trying to reconnect with her because she was the love of his life. Oh yeah, we're treating each other pretty badly, and he had put a lot of stuff on hold, and it was seven years, and he, he, you know, he hadn't married her yet, and she was like, "Dude, you better fucking marry me!" Like, come on, you're technically married to some witch. Like, come on, like, I, I think in order to reconnect with her, let's just get away from it all. Just get away from it all, and let's do this drug that you seem to like so much. If you seem to like it so much, and I love you so much, maybe I should try it. The two of us to get on heroin together. I think it could have possibly been that and that he's got into it because he was afraid of needles and he wasn't... Well, heroin didn't seem like his buzz. Mm. And then he just overdosed, man. I don't know about the Paris nightclub thing. That seems very convoluted and carrying one of the most famous men in the world around Paris. Like, I mean... I'm sure they banged him into a car. Yeah, yeah, but if they can get away with Madeleine McCann and not have a fucking trace of a hair on her head... Do you know? Yeah. And they're at the place and they know where she was when she was abducted and they still can't find any evidence, fingerprints, anything. A drop of blood. A drop or, of or blood. F- fucking nothing. Or froth in the and bathroom. They're, and they're in, they're in the fucking crime scene. Like they have forensic, they, have to, they know exactly mm. where she was. It was in the bed. Still can't find the bitch. How are you going to get a 15 stone, six foot tall, hammered, unconscious, <laughs> overdosed, American, who is the one of the most famous people in the world, out of a, a packed nightclub in the middle of Paris, and get him home to a, an apartment in the middle of Paris mm. without anybody seeing that there wasn't part that's of the quite, cover. I, I think that'd be quite easy. I mean, I, I before midnight as well, because apparently that DJ made the announcement around midnight. Well, okay. uh, I don't think so. It'd be quite easy. Think about he, it because he didn't look like himself. I mean, he shaved off his beard by the time he's in Paris, so he's clean shaven at this point. So he's not. So he's even more recognizable. No, he's not. I mean, if you look at any of the pictures of him from that week, he doesn't look like. I mean, he looks like a dork. I mean, like he doesn't look. He cut his hair as well, right? It, it was yeah, but he cut it into this like weird. Like it's still long, but it's just. Let, let me see if I can he find. Cut it that. up, yeah. Would you know that that's Jim Morrison? Yeah, it's totally obviously Jim Morrison. Yeah, I would. Totally, would totally you? obviously. Yeah, absolutely, man. Totally obviously him. 100%. Have you seen okay. that cunt? Like, if you had... if you, Like, I, I don't know what Eddie Vedder looks like now, but if I seen a cunt and it looks like Eddie Vedder being dragged out of, like, lilies in fucking Grattan Street, I'd be like, fuck, Eddie Vedder's in bits. <laughs> of course you'd know, and you wouldn't really be... I wouldn't really be a mad fan, but I know what the cunt also, looks like. I imagine like. they'd have put something over his head, it being the most recognisable uh, bit of him. Yeah, Plus maybe. he's got, like, you know, drool and blood mm. coming out I'm just out saying, maybe, 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 maybe. What yeah. I really want to believe is that he faked his death. 
yeah. because he was the cunt to do that kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Going to Paris, perilous chaise, not being able to be exhumed. The perfect crime. Making all of the stuff, making the body. Nobody saw the body. The doctor can't be found. The fucking name on the on the on the grave is the wrong name. The fact that Man, he had Manzarek all the, said, Manzarek said, yeah, he's living in Oregon in a thing. He, 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 he talks about. He used to talk about doing that. Yeah, yeah, he talked about it all the time. Like he, he was a prankster. He, this was something like what he would do. Again, the romantic character creator. He yeah. was twenty seven. He could totally change his life. He had his life ahead of him. Millions of dollars made. Yeah, means more of an opportunity is always the things that you look for in a crime. That can't handle means to no end. The motive was there to get away from a court case and a life of being haggard after creating the best album you'd, you'd ever create for your yeah. band, right? And then the opportunity was, let's move to Paris. Yeah. Let's do all this shit. Like, unfortunately, Pamela Corson died three years later. Or maybe she didn't. Maybe she waited to get all the money from his estate and all that stuff. He paid off all of his debt to the lads. She faked her she death and then off. the two she of them go faked off. Her yeah. death, the two of them fucked off into the sunset and they're living somewhere in a Filipino island just being yeah. like... It's a beautiful thought. That, that would be... That's... that's, that's and, that, and that warms the cockles of my heart because he deserves happiness and he didn't get it. Yeah. Similar to Tupac. Similar, similar to Jimi Hendrix. She deserves it as well. Similar to fucking Janis Joplin. Similar to all of these. Similar to Elvis. He fucking deserves it. Similar mm. to Marilyn Monroe. Like, yeah. you'd love to think that they all faked their death. Yeah. You'd love to think that because they gave us so much. Yeah. And and got like... They succubused... They, they don't got, seem they to have realised what they milked what, the life out of them. Yeah, they don't seem to realise how much they've meant to everyone else. Yeah, and then and then they went, I just want a little bit of life for me because yeah. they didn't want to trade in their hours for a handful of dimes Yeah, doing two shows a night in Las Vegas until you died from having too much shit in your body. Mm. Nobody wants that. And no. nobody wants to think that because they're like, oh, thanks for all the presents. Like, if you guys know when you're kids, and especially us because we're our age and like yeah. our parents probably didn't have much money what we got for Christmas from Santa Claus. Yeah. If we knew how much our parents had sacrificed for those things at the time. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't have slept a wink until February. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. to, to have that knowledge, to know all that stuff. Like, to think that Elvis did all that stuff for us. That Tupac did all that stuff. Biggie did all that stuff. Yeah. Jim Morrison did all that stuff. And then he got a fucking tick end of the stick and got a heroin overdose and his brown bread. Yeah, we just fed off his off his, his damaged childhood and yeah. what that did to him. Like, yeah. We gave him trauma. He gave us a, as a byproduct, he gave us art. And then we give him shit and then he died of it. Mm. Yeah. That seems so unfair, man. Oh yeah, that's pretty yeah. grim. So it's really nice to think that he faked his debt and he's off having a happy life with all the money collectively that he got oh, from yeah. the record I like sales. that I like that that that's a very nice Probably idea. not true though, because <laughs> no. the world is shit and <laughs> You know, it's not fair. Like they're full of injustice and the injustices. There's a magic dead. island filled with happy celebrities. <laughs> like Michael Jackson and Prince. Yeah. Playing netball <laughs> in flappy hats. In a house with no lifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No lifts. Uh, and no stairs. No yeah. stairs. It's all smooth floors. So <laughs> Prince can slide along on his knees Absolutely. and Michael Jackson can moonwalk up and down it to his heart's content. That's wonderful. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's where I want to live. Absolutely. Forget Jurassic Park or Ilas and Nublar. I want to go to... <laughs> yeah, I want to go to... <laughs> Michael Jackson Island. Elas and Celebre. Actually, that Jurassic Park might be trying to tell us that such a place exists because yeah. these are dinosaurs. These are famous, big, bestriding Ooh. things that don't sure. exist anymore. And, and yet they do exist. And they, and they existed, have a special they existed a long time ago. <laughs> rock, <laughs> rock dinosaurs. <laughs> so that's it for those conspiracy guys for this time. I hope it didn't bum me out with that off the fence, but it just it's an emotional thing. Like Jim Morrison is a big part of my life, man. Yeah. I, I suppose if you're if you're a fan for the first time listening to the show, he, he's probably a big part of yours. I hope you enjoyed the oh, journey. Really? Do enjoy it. Um yeah. I, I enjoyed researching it. There's 
there's loads more we're going to get into stuff at the 27 club and the 27 club interview right so we should we should do this so for anybody who's listening or whoever hears this who hasn't heard the doors before and they're looking for like okay so i want to listen to a door song so one one song each oh what song wow. would you, you, you you could you could you, you, you should have thought of this like hours ago no, 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 I would have had so, so you've, already, you've already got an answer yeah. in your head and yeah. now you're just second guessing it. what was the first answer that came into your head well, for me, it, uh, I, I, yes, for you. For me, it was uh, it was the end. That Can we break. do two? Because there's yeah. always two. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right. There's like an early one and there's a late one. Okay, cool. Uh, so you do the end, and is there a second yeah, one? Yeah, because if you can get through the end and really enjoy it and like it, then you're a Doors fan straight away. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Yeah. Does the one that, that woke him? Yeah, yeah. Don't walk on yeah. that yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, another one. Another one. one. Oh, it doesn't have to be an old one, around, does it? No, I, no, it I, can be I think my two would be. Um, Alabama song oh, do you know what? from early stuff. Five to one. Five to yeah, one. Okay. That always pops into so my head. So the end when of I think five of to one. My, my early one would be Alabama song. Yeah. And my late one would be LA Woman. Okay. Of course, LA Woman. Yeah. And I would do. To show me the way. Because <laughs> it's just. Oh, don't have quite the dissonant, the dissonant keyboard stuff. You, know? yeah. you won't know that because there's a favorite guitar song, there's a favorite drum song, there's a favorite keyboard song. But yeah. if you want, like, I, it, it stands out. It's yeah. just fucking weird. Yeah. I would do, and then uh, of course, like break on true and all the hits. But like, if you want to go, like, but it, let's let's say somebody kind of says, "Well, I'm going to listen to six songs. These are these are our six yeah. songs. Alabama so song got, and LA the Woman. end and five to one. Mm-hmm. We got Alabama song and LA Woman. Yeah, and I'm going to add in the Crystal Ship yeah. and Riders in the Storm. Yeah, there you go. Nice. Riders. That's all. That's a that's a nice yeah. mix of the country, the blues, yeah. and the experimental yeah. stuff. Yeah. And like great vocals, great playing, great yeah. solos. Absolutely. So if you've never heard the Doors, they would be the first six that the three of us recommend. Yeah, that was a good idea. Good call, Rob. Good call, Rob. Yeah, that's it for this time then. Uh, glad you, you liked it. Glad you listened to it. And uh, there will be an episode on the 27 Club. And I will be making videos and stuff. We're, we're at the green screen up in the, in the studio now. And I have my little um, Jerry Springer corner. Uh, you know, the final thought corner uh, behind all those posters. So we're going to start making some videos over the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, that's it for those conspiracy guys for this time. If anything in the show tickles your fancy, you want to get in touch with us for anything. This is quite a long one. And uh, if there's bits cut out, it's going to be on patreon.com. So uh, thanks to all the, all the supporters of Patreon.com. Oh my God, I couldn't do this without you. Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. If you want to find out more, you get loads of behind the scenes stuff, video stuff. You get early access to uh, uh, any of the, the outtakes, the shows and any of the videos. And now I, I'm going to be doing a, a live stream off Discord. I don't know if anyone would have stayed with us. We're doing this nearly 12 hours now. Uh, the recording session. We did have a break in the middle for a walk and a bit of lunch, but... Um, I doubt anyone was going to listen. I, I, yeah, I don't know if I, I doubt if anyone's going to listen for twelve hours straight in a live stream. But that's how we roll over in TCG Towers, motherfucker. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, it's info at thoseconspiracyguys.com is the email address. Over on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, or anything that has a social media, that you want to send me a message. There's also the website thoseconspiracyguys.com, and we do have a Discord. If you're a Patreon person, you get access to secret rooms. But if not, come over, join in the conversation. I do spend an awful lot more time there than I do on regular social media. And if you want to get any of the documentaries that we mentioned in this, the lads are going to send me all links. I'll download them and they're going up on the BitChute channel. So it's BitChute, B-I-T-C-H-U-T-E dot com slash those conspiracy guys. All the documentaries that YouTube keep on deleting because they're cunts. But we do have a YouTube uh, uh, account as well, YouTube.com slash those conspiracy guys, where you'll find all of the uh, transcripts and stuff like that for for these uh, podcast episodes. And you'll also find the live shows, and you'll also find little videos and stuff like that as well. So the last thing is the uh, TCG TV campaign. And this is uh, like a, a heartfelt thank you to everybody that's donated. As of the recording of this, 
with 57% of the total. So if you would like to uh, help us out, uh, me and Claire are going to America in October for as long as we can. We're going to make 12 feature-length documentaries, a daily vlog, and hopefully be able to have enough to write a book with all the pictures and all this kind of stuff that we're taking over there. There's going to be 12 documentaries. If you want to find out more, gofundme.com slash tcgtv. All the information about all the episodes are going to be up there. Uh, 12 feature-length documentaries, and uh, we're going to be visiting the people and the places that we only talk about here in a little box room in Ireland. Uh, we're going to be actually in America doing live shows, meeting the people, having the crack, and driving across the country. So if you want to be involved in that, gofundme.com slash tcgtv. All it leads me to do is thank the lads, Emmett Quinn, for being here. Thanks, Emmett. Thank you very much, Gordon, for having me. It's always a pleasure. It, it was a pleasure. Today it was, was, it was, was great. Tr- transcendental. It, and it uh, uh, Robert Coyle as well, thanks for being with us. Uh, thanks, love it, man. Love if, it. if anybody wants to contact you guys, you're at RF Coyle on at, Twitter. No, it's uh, I'm at uh, Comedian Robert. At Comedian Robert on Twitter, if you want to get in t- contact with Rob. At M Equalizer. At M-E-M Equalizer yeah. uh, on Twitter. Or if you want to follow his fantastical musical group yes. with the man Larkin, uh, it's at Totally W that's right. for Totally Wired, if you want to look that up. Um, so that's it. This is Those Conspiracy Guys. I'm Gordo. I'm Emmett. I'm Rob. And we'll see you next time. Bye.